Welcome to episode four of Deviant Discussions. I'm Jeremiah. <laughs> and I'm Nathan Yale. Nathan Yale over here. <laughs> so as y'all can't tell, we're from the South. We, we're from the deep South. I did not say words like apartment. Apartment. I had to learn to enunciate that word as a child because one time I said apartment and Port. somebody was like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I'd go back to the apartment. Yeah, literally, that's how it sounded. So now I'm very like, I have to be concise about it. I'm like, oh, I had to be conscious of the fact that I had a Southern accent, which if I drink, that shit comes back hard. <laughs> and honestly, it depends I think, on who I think I'm mine around. does too. Yeah, depending upon who I'm yeah, around. I'm a chameleon when it comes to that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Especially if I start making fun of them. Well, I don't go that deep because I don't have that kind of an accent, but I have a natural <laughs> accent that comes out when I'm just around people because it's kind of that. It kind of comes with that attitude as well that you yeah. kind of adopt whenever you're around people that have accents because there's kind of a, I spend a lot of time, you know, close to Texas and there's that Texas, that Texas charm as they call it. Deep in the heart of so, Texas. Got that, we've got that, um, that holler hospitality as they like to call mm -hmm. it. That hillbilly, mm -hmm. really love. Hell yeah, good buddy. Yep. All about good vibes, man. Just those good vibes. Of course, we have the luxury of not having to deal with a lot of people. That's, I think, a lot of the problem that we have in our, our local area right now is that people are having to learn to contend with people. And you it bothers a, a lot of people. Huh? I think it's a problem for the people that don't like to be around a bunch of people. The people that moved to this part of the world to get away from all the people and all the people came. Well. I imagine it does bother those people. But, you know, if we're talking numbers, obviously, predominantly the people that live around here now are people that came from other places, so I wouldn't imagine they feel that way at all. That is true. I was actually, I was looking at statistics about this the other day, and, um... Talking about the old school people, all the old heads, man. People have been around here forever. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what happens every time I Uber. They're like, hey, where are you from? I'm Fayetteville. Like, well, how long you lived here? Like, oh, pretty much my whole life. Right. But I always like to use that line from, uh... Was it House of a Thousand Corpses where where they're like, what the fuck did he ask him? I don't remember, but he's just, Captain Spawn's like, well, how long's a piece of string? Too damn long, that's how long. <laughs> I forgot about that line. But <laughs> oh, I say that to motherfuckers It's been a long time since I've watched that movie. I say I, that to I motherfuckers watched it a few, all the time. I watched it a few times when I had it. Wow, though. It's one of my favorite quotes from that movie, actually. Yeah. But that's both another one of all fuck. You. That's my second favorite. That's one. another one of those movies that, like, I don't know if it actually exists in a 4K format, but if it did, I would like to get it. And if not, I would still like to have the Blu-rays. I want to say they did do it because they had a they had a like a steel case for it at Best Buy recently. Nice. What are you gonna do when Best Buy stops selling physical Blu-rays here? And be next? mad as fucking hell. That's well, you know that they do. announced that they're doing. Yeah, that. I know. I don't but know. When. Surely you can still do it online though. Surely you could still buy physical media online. Yeah, buy. but you could, you know, that's the that's kind of the whole, like, I don't know. This is something that bothers me. Now, I'm not, this isn't on Best Buy, but um, something that bothers me is that I discovered that you could buy, like, because there's a lot of uh, YouTube videos of people buying, uh, like, retro games from GameStop mm -hmm. and doing, like, shipping, but they will not ship here. For some fucking reason, I cannot get them to ship to anywhere in this area. You mean to the store? No, to my house. But you can get it shipped to the store and go pick it up for free. Maybe. Though. Maybe. That might be That's possible. what I would do. And I've, I've, I've not tried that option, but I know that it won't let me ship it to my house, which I think is very odd. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. It's really weird. I don't know if it's because their headquarters or their, their, where their, their inventory is at 
is too far away from here for it to be worth it for them to ship it. I don't know. And like maybe the people, cause I would assume the people like, I don't know, maybe the other people are just, we're too far South for that, man. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just where we're shit at. The bed. I don't know, but it pissed me off because there's like, there were some games on there. It was like, I mean, there was, there's the, you know, we see the YouTube videos where the people like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not there when they order the shit. But whenever you go to buy the game, like sometimes you'll go to buy a game and it'll have like the photograph of it and it will be like the disc in a paper sleeve. Oh yeah. I hate and that, that I would assume is the, well, I'm saying is like, at least that is in the, the ad or the, the listing. Right. I would hope so. Well, that's what I'm getting at is that like that, the, the, the assumption or the, the claim, I guess, or whatever. I mean, it could be totally fucking true. I don't know. Is that, you know, it's kind of hit or miss that you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, then, but I don't know because I have not personally ordered games from GameStop and saw like, oh, this showed it with a picture with a case, and that is what I received. You know what I mean? Right. Have you ever bought anything off the Mercari app? No. Is that even how you pronounce it? I would assume so, but no, I've not. Well, I haven't either. That's a lie I did the other day. I was gonna but, say what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't Mercari. It was um, Etsy, I believe. Oh, Etsy. No, I've never done that either. Yeah, so uh, I was doing a little shopping the other day for Christmas, and I was looking at shit. And I really, really wanted to buy, like, the BS Legend of Zelda on the SNES. Yeah. And it comes with all this really cool... Oh, it's more expensive now. Wow. Anyway, they made, like, box art and everything for it, so it comes in, like, the box and shit. But that's not what I bought. I bought the the four-pack that comes with the, the BS remix parallel worlds and goddess of wisdom and uh a link to the past so i'm i'm hoping i can stream that very soon because the the bs zelda you're familiar with that yes. whole thing right it was yes. like go ahead you can go ahead and explain broadcast it. thing and you had to play like certain parts like during yep. certain weeks or whatever and it was only available at a certain time they did that shit through the satellite right yeah so what was it called? Satellivision, I think it was. Is that what it was called? I don't remember. It was like a cartridge that you had that you plugged into. Yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so apparently I'd played this before, and I just didn't realize it. Like back in like seventh grade in keyboarding class, we all had like this original Legend of Zelda that was beefed up with the sixteen-bit graphics and shit. Like all of us nerds had it on our computer that we'd play. Like. After we finished all of our typing shit and all yeah. that. Were you doing it on an emulator or was it like a native think, PC application? I, I think it was a native PC application, but it could have been emulator. It's so far, so far back. I don't remember. Yeah. But either way, I played a little bit of it and it was really fucking cool. And I forgot about it for years and years and years until I, I think something popped up on YouTube. And I was like, oh man, I really want that. And then I found out they do the carts on Etsy and I was like, well, I'll just buy the fucking cart. Anyway, that was the first cool thing I purchased. So if you want to get down and play that at some point, we should definitely stream it and do that shit. Yeah. I think that'd be a good time. But the other thing I got, and this was on Whatnot. Have you ever used that app before? No. So I don't I don't know how Whatnot. I don't use any of these I don't know how that app works, but here's what really, really got me going. This guy had the, like the fucking silver Panasonic GameCube. Oh, shit. On display there, and what he was doing was, like, auctioning off chances to win it. Oh, okay. But I thought I was bidding on the console itself, and I thought I'd won it at $130, and I was shitting my pants, which I would have won it had I known that was going on. Yeah. Because, like, during one of the things, he was like, say a number, and I was like, 14. Anyway, 
<clears throat> and I didn't realize what was going on. So I thought he had like multiple of these consoles that he was doing this for because another one popped up and it says down at the bottom for the Panasonic GameCube. I'm like, oh, I can bid on it now. And I won the bid at $130. I was like, fuck yes, it's mine. And then at the end of the whole thing, when he went through however many numbers he had, I think it was like 30 or something. He was like, all right, cool. Well, we're going to do the drawing now. I was like, what the fuck? You know what? Number one, 14. Oh, geez. Yeah. So had I known that and bid on it before and actually got to pick the number 14, yeah, I would have won it for $130. Oh, wow. You know how bad that pisses me off? But what I did get, because this guy was really cool, he sent me like a, a copy of uh, The Devil May Cry like North American version or whatever. That's yeah, the first one. Like, no, five. PS5. Oh, okay. Super fucking rare. Like a lot of times, like if you look, it's selling for like a hundred plus dollars right now. Hmm. Complete, unwrapped in box, fucking. Was it like a, was it a special edition of it? I think so, yeah. Because I looked it up afterward. I thought it was just bullshit. there's like the. It's the, an ultra rare copy of the physical edition, apparently. Of the definitive edition. I the think PS5, that's what it is, yeah. The PS5 yeah. definitive edition of it. Okay. So it's like selling for like a hundred plus dollars in most cases. So I think if I send it in and get it graded, eventually then I can make up my purchase and hopefully just buy that Panasonic GameCube somewhere. But he, the thing was really cool. He had like the, the box, complete box set, like the numbers and everything were for that specific console. So I really wish I would have won that, but I didn't. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, those things are pretty sweet looking. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy. Like, those, that would be cool. Like, in a, I mean, for that price, that would be cool as shit. It would be really awesome. I don't know how much they but, go for online, but still. I don't know. Can you? I'm sure you can, but they have the same functionality as the regular GameCube as far as like adding the Game Boy player and all that shit. Too. Yeah, yeah. The only thing different is you play DVDs, I think. Yeah, it's got a DVD thing and then yeah. it's got like. I feel like there's something else about it too. Uh, something to do with the audio, maybe. Maybe. Like I don't, I don't know the. Maybe they had like a different audio card in it. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe like yeah, something. I don't know. Or maybe it was just the fact that it was a, because it was it a separate drive or is it the same drive that's playing the DVD? That I, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. But anyway. Because it has like a, it's it opens like it's not like it's this right. Like it's, it's not a top loader. The disc slides out. Yeah, yeah, it's not a top loader. Yeah, the disc tray slides out, but I don't know if there is a top load on it too. I don't know. That would be interesting. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Either way, it slipped through my fingertips, and I'm very upset about that. Sounds like it, man. Yeah. Well, you know when you think opportunity. you, yeah, when you think you like won back. something and you didn't. You know what upsets me? Like going onto this subject of GameCube and like things of the GameCube nature that you. Might still have. I'm not sure if this is another thing that, that you no longer have because it got stolen. Is having wave birds? Oh uh, no, I have my wave birds, sir. You still have them? I do. Awesome. Those things are so yes desirable and awesome. Yeah. And I still have those. I'm missing one of the the fucking dongles. communicators. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, the dongles. That's I'm a, missing one of those. That blows. But outside of that, so so here's what's interesting about that is that. I used to have all my Waybird shit at Chaz's house because that's where we'd play Smash Brothers. Yes. And then he would, <clears throat> we had it in his Wii because that's what we used to play Smash Brothers and the Wii got stolen. And I don't know how, like, my Waybirds and the, the fucking dongles somehow didn't disappear in that mix, but they didn't. So that's the only reason why I still have them. Except for the one that you're missing? 
except for the one dongle that I'm missing. But that could have just been from something else. Okay, so it had nothing to do with. Yeah, because yeah. Okay. That could have just been from something else. I might actually still have that somewhere, but just I can't find it. Can't find it. Yeah, no, that's the one thing that I definitely wish I had as far as like GameCube accessory shit. Well, I see them on the Facebook Marketplace sometimes. You should. I know you don't do a lot of Facebooking, but the Marketplace, you can find all kinds of really cool shit like all the fucking time. And then sometimes you can find it reasonably priced. Like I'm talking like where you would see a Wave Bird complete for like anywhere from 60 to $125, depending upon the condition. I'm not paying $125. I know that's the high end. Yeah. You were, you I'm said. just saying. I'm just, I guess my point is like, I don't need a game. Well, consider when they came much. out. That's my point is like having one, like just having one. Right. Not purchasing one for the amount of money that people want for it. I'm not saying they're not worth it. Right. But paying $60, $70, $80. I'm just saying sometimes you can find it for like 35 That would be incredible. If I right. saw one for $35, I would be skeptical. Well, but we all would be, but it's Facebook but, Marketplace, so you can yeah, go exactly. and check it no, out. That's first. what I'm saying. Like I would, I'd be skeptical, but I would definitely be interested. Yeah, but that's all I'm saying, fuck. Because yeah, having the wireless controller for the for the GameCube is pretty fucking sweet. Even though like the I have I have an original GameCube controller. Uh, I do. I have a couple of those too. Which you know, it's just stupid to think that like those kind of things are kind of hard to come by especially um i mean it's a different console but 64 controllers like having mm-hmm. original 64 controllers although i did find um one of the brands that like a local store sells they're like it's like a i don't, I don't remember the name it's not i don't think it's the yobo brand it's it's a well, it's definitely brand. not the yobo brand but it's one of them like that but it, the joystick is actually really solid i would say it's almost better than the original okay but you know, because those things I would like to test one out right. and decide that for myself. But you know, I actually think I have one. Okay, well, let's do that. Yeah, Not right now, but sometime soon. Yeah, because I do have. Um, I have the on my um, the smoke gray. Mm-hmm. I have that. That's an original controller, obviously. That's good. But I'm not sure how the joysticks are because I haven't even used that fucking things. I don't think I have any Nintendo 64 games. I might I do have not have any. Nintendo I might have gold games. I might have Goldeneye. Because uh, when I was buying 64 games, the 64 is when I lived with Cole. Right. And it was actually the 64 that I have now. Okay. But um, the games that I had, I ended up selling them during COVID because mm. we no longer lived together and I didn't have a 64 to play them with. And I was just like, oh, whatever. I don't really like the 64 all that much anyways. But the games that I had, because I don't really love the 64 that much. That's fair. I really don't. I, I love it, but. There's I, like I'm not a you know me I'm not I'm not the multiplayer guy. Did you have Resident Evil two and three? I did have two. You motherfucker! Why didn't you offer to sell it to me? I did have two. You could have sold that to me. I Sorry. bought it. I wish I hadn't fucking sold it because that's one of those games that I, I truly wish I still had. Yeah, I wish you still had it too, motherfucker. Yeah. I wish I still had it. Yeah. That you sold it to me. I wish I owned it. Yeah, that would, that would be cool, wouldn't it? It would be really cool. Also, I think I paid actually a considerable amount of money for that, even when games were cheap. Oh, you had to have. I did. It was like I still like eighty bucks, and that was when yeah. I was like I was picking up shit. I was fucking like cheap. hate you so much. Yeah, sorry, bro. Yeah, that was the one that I was would also about. like to find two and three on the GameCube. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, there was no like, I'm, I don't know enough about it, but I feel like there was something. There was an issue with those games. I I, I don't know, but I know that you remember the Marvins that was on college. Sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it had, like, AGA. the game rental thing for a long yeah. time. Whenever they were shutting that whole thing down, they had two and three in there, and I fucking should have bought them because I could have got them for, like, maybe yeah. $15, $20 a piece. There's been many times where I've seen them 
So mad at myself like, for that. At, you know, various game stores and been like, oh, I should pick this up, but I just didn't. Yeah. Because I didn't care. And I now, cared. And now you go into game stores and you go to their GameCube section and there's like Nothing. two games. Nothing. It's crazy. It's like that chicken little game. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but yeah, I know what you mean. No, it's I've like seen some that chicken like little game all Shovelware shit you don't yeah. want to buy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We'll get into that subject a little bit later, but what are you playing right now, Jeremiah? What's going on with you? Man, I've been uh been delving. I'm actually playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's my most... Oh, yeah, you're playing that when I when I walked in the door, yeah, I'm actually. at the very end of the game, actually. Oh, so, like, spoiler alert for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess. That was like, I wasn't going to let it go too spoilery for you, but that is like pretty much the end of the game. You said, didn't you say, like, that part that you were playing, that that was like a portion that was in the original game as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. In fact, and you know, just you know, for people that know, will understand this reference. People that don't, it won't be a spoiler. It's actually in the original game. It's introduced for the first time at that point in the game, but in this version of the game, it's actually introduced earlier. Okay. The mechanics. The mechanics are. Yeah. So you you hit kind of a portion of this game earlier on in the remake version. In the remake version, yeah. and then this portion that you're playing right now is actually at the end of the game no no you're confused because the remember this is final fantasy 7 remake which is broken right. up into multiple parts two parts and so this is a thing that occurs at the end of the the part of the game the the part of the final fantasy 7 that final fantasy 7 remake covers okay like it's a part at the end of that game but in the original version, it isn't introduced until that point in the original game. Oh, okay, that's whereas in the remake, that. it's introduced earlier, presumably to pad it out. Because if I had to say anything about that game, is that they padded it the fuck out. Like, right. It's well, like every that's... time you fucking turn around, it's like, oh, now you've got to walk. Like, oh, now you got to go over here. It's like every. It's like anytime you're doing anything, it's like you're climbing a ladder. That motherfucker's gonna break. If you're, you know, it's like, oh, I got to go around here now. It's like you go into a room and you're like, oh, okay, there's nothing in here. Okay. And then obviously there's going to be like a fight that you have to do or whatever. Like there's just like just constantly stopping you throughout the whole fucking game, which was the whole, it's mostly what everybody was concerned about in the first place. They did some stuff to kind of make it worthwhile in a way. I've been enjoying it. It's a really fun game. Like I said earlier about like, if you play it, like you don't like, turn-based jrpgs yeah i do not but that game is like almost like a perfect blend of between action and japanese rpg where you still have your it's an action game you're hammering the the square button to attack and then you hit circle to dodge and then like x is how you bring up your menu which then you can go in and like select magics Mm -hmm. attacks and then you have based on the materia that you have equipped and that's all the materia system is still from final fantasy 7 so it's basically they just turned it, you know, like I said, more of an action game. And it's kind of yeah. incredible how well it kind of worked. Well, how are you, how are you playing it? What do you mean? As far as like, like... what style are you playing? Well, are you doing you know, like a mix of both or like... Well, uh, it depends. Like, um, I actually have a, like, to be more aggressive to like, I like to, you set up your, um, there's like ability. So you have abilities and you have magic. Magic requires magic points or MP. And so I like to, you know, you just, the idea is to lean more into your abilities, which, so the way it works, it has the active time battle kind of system where as you attack, man, like just doing your physical attacks or whatever, 
you will um you'll raise up your ATB meter and once it reads like a section is filled it'll like you know it'll indicate that you can use like a a magic uh, ability or an item mm-hmm. I mean you just can't use those at any time in a battle like you have to you fill up your ATB meter before you can do that you can attack all day you can attack block do all that stuff but um the idea being that like you have to fill up your ATB meter in order to use one of your abilities and so right. I like to set it up where I have there's hotkeys. If you hold L1, you can use the face buttons. You can set hotkeys to that. And so I like to set my abilities to that. And then I just, you know, attack the shit out of them until my bar fills up and then use like the, the hotkey for like like the triple slash ability, for example, is the one that I'm using a lot right now. Okay. Just like Rex motherfuckers. And then I have everybody else saying to set up like that too. So that's like, but you can also play the game in classic style, which I've never even fucked with that. But apparently it just pauses the game when you hit i don't know classic yeah i've never really messed with it though but the idea is that it's more classic like the old final fantasy 7 right style which i don't know how far that goes i don't know i'd have to try it i've just never really been interested in it because i actually don't like mine the combat like i kind of think it's a perfect like i said i think it's a perfect blend between the two whereas you think i could get enjoyment out of playing it in just this action style yeah absolutely no that's the whole idea was that i mean that's ultimately what they were trying to do they've been trying to do that since 15 presumably right where they're trying to make it more of an like you know something that general action game gamers would like to play people like you that that don't like the jrpgs prefer more of like a kingdom hearts style that's exactly what it is yeah that's exactly what it is kingdom hearts the only difference i can honestly think of between kingdom hearts and that is in kingdom hearts when you're selecting like your magic one, there's no ATB meter requirement. It's just a matter of like, do you have enough MP to use this or do you right. have the item? But um, it doesn't pause the game when you're doing it. You literally are going, you can you can select things in the menu while you're running around. Mm-hmm. If you can make your hands do that. That was like the 15 style type shit they were doing, right? Uh, I don't think, no, 15 doesn't really. Or was it 14? Uh, 14 is the MMO. So uh, I don't fucking know. Um, no, it's more like Kingdom Hearts is like, I mean, it's, it, the idea is that it's an action game. You're, you're spamming the square button, which is what you're doing in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Right. And then you, you can scroll through your menus and go to like magic and do your, use your items or your abilities. And you can also do the hotkey situation as well with Kingdom Hearts. But like I said, whenever you're going through the menus, it's just a matter of, I believe you just use the D-pad to, to select in your menu. Okay. Whereas on Final Fantasy VII Remake, you use the D-pad to switch party members. Because okay. you can swap. You couldn't do that in Kingdom Hearts. You can't play as Donald or Goofy in Kingdom Hearts. You can only play as Sora. But but it's definitely that. And I mean, it's Nomura. So it's the dude that, you know, made Kingdom Hearts. So it's very, it's very Kingdom Hearts-esque. Which I kind of dig because I like Kingdom Hearts. I like the combat. And this is, you know, a much more mature... You know, it's Final Fantasy VII. It's not Kingdom Hearts. And it's got mm-hmm. a much more mature serious story and like obviously the graphics are but on that whole point though and this is a small tangent is it does upset me a little bit i mean there's new games like you have like um like a dragon infinite wealth that's coming out in the beginning of the year or the beginning of this year and uh it's like a i would say it's a triple a jrpg in the classical sense in that way you know what i mean because it is straight up a jrpg but it's it's a Yakuza game, which is not exactly my flavor, because it's a Yakuza game. Yeah, it's like a little outlandish. Well, it's not even necessarily that it's outlandish. It's just that, like, I wish that there were, to the nature of production value or production budgets or whatever for games, it's like there's no, 
there's no Final Fantasy VII remake quality, like graphically or you know production value wise. That is just a straight up JRPG, turn based JRPG, and that does kind of upset me a little bit. It's like the only get JRPGs that come out now have to be like persona they have to be anime styled right they're not like oh this is like you know like final fantasy 7 was when it came out it was like oh this is like super cinematic adult like you know just that whole that whole angle like they don't do that anymore they don't make like they don't try to make realistic jrpgs anymore like i said with the exception of like yakuza but yakuza is not the typical fantasy type shit that jrpgs have like you know like a final fantasy 7 story it's about there's definitely, like you said, like there's definitely some fantastical shit in it. Cause I played uh Like a Dragon, whatever, I guess Yakuza eight or Like a Dragon Eight, yeah. whatever the fuck you want to call it now. Since so the idea, I don't know if you're aware, Like a Dragon is what it was called in Japan. And they called it Yakuza here. And then all of a sudden they did Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the JRPG game. That was like one of the it, it was like a I want to say it was a launch title. Or not really a launch title, it was early ps5 xbox generation title it was one of those games it was cross-platform yeah but it was one of those that launched around i think that time. i think sheree played that on the ps4 yeah that's why i played it on the ps4 pro for like i put a lot of time into it and then i got a ps5 and discovered that the tran the save files don't transfer and so now i'm like oh, that's aggravating yeah it's very aggravating and i don't even have my ps4 anymore because i let cole use it so it's yeah, not that but, I would be, it's not that I would want to hook it up to finish that game anyways. I would like to play it on the PS5. Did you not have PlayStation Plus on that PS4 Pro? Yeah, of course. Is your profile still on that PS4 Pro? Yeah. So you can't upload your no. save data to the cloud and move it to the PS5? No. Oh, well that's horseshit. I guess you're not familiar with the whole PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 thing. I'm not. Okay. Well, it's not in order. Okay, so chalk one up for Microsoft because Microsoft beats the shit out of Sony on this one because they have what's called smart delivery. Whereas any game that you have on the 360, like you can literally download a 360 game on your Xbox uh, Xbox Series X and it, you can download your save files and play them from your, like I can download. Is that because they're doing the Game Pass shit? It's because of their smart delivery on their save files. It's all right. like, it's because it's been the same it's been the same fundamental architecture from the Xbox from the beginning. This is the reason that they have such good backwards compatibility and the PlayStation doesn't. But between the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5, it is up to the software itself in order to facilitate a save file transfer. And so certain games just don't do that. Yeah. Like um like I think I'm don't, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that that the GTA definitive trilogy or definitive edition or whatever is one of those games. That does or does not? Does not. Okay. It might. It might. But I feel like I started a new game on San Andreas because it didn't. And I didn't really... That was a while back. And then when mm-hmm. I started it up recently, I noticed that. And I was like, oh shit. I guess it didn't have that feature. I don't know. I'll have to test it. Yeah, I haven't tested that feature out either. I know that... At least on PlayStation anyway, because I'm not an Xbox person. But I know that like I've been playing Black Ops 4. Yeah, but that was that's a, PS5? that is a PS4 application, right? But I've been playing it on my PS5. That you're yes, saying that there's a significant difference. There's not significant, not that dramatic, but uh, it, there's a difference between a PS4 application and a PS5 application. Yeah, but I think it's still on like my save data from the PS4. 
Yes, I could download the PS4 version of Yakuza Like a Dragon on my PS5 and finish it on my PS5. Oh, okay. But I can't play the PS5 version of it. Well, that's where I was getting confused. There is a difference between right. a native PS5 app and a PS4 app. There's okay. There are several differences. Well, that's you where I was see, getting confused at then. So there are like certain difference. I, I'm not necessarily, I'm not sure why, but like you can't go into like a native PS4 app and then patch it. You can patch it to unlock the frame rate. But you can't patch it to increase the the resolution of the game. You can't patch it to increase the draw distance. You can't patch it to do a lot of shit. Right. That's why there are games that have to do a native PS5 app of it. That's what the whole... You can already play The Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Or like The Last of Us Part 2 in 60 FPS. Right. But you can't. But they can't go in and like make it where it's not at the 1440p checkerboarded or whatever right, it right. was on the PS4 Pro. And so, like, there's. So I'm paying like, ten dollars. Basically, I don't get my save file from my PS4 version, but I'm paying ten dollars. You more than likely will be okay. Okay. I have a, because that's the thing. It's like most of those games are built for that. Yakuza is right. just not one of those games. Okay. Most games have it built in, like I said, but and it's not a problem that really exists a whole lot anymore because we're kind of past that cross-gen area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, The Last of Us Part 2 might be the last fucking game that that's even an issue for. Because there's very few well, other like games. Like Ghost of Tsushima and shit, maybe? That's already, like I said, those are one of those games that I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure that you can just transfer your save file. Okay, that'd be I don't know that, actually. I don't I know, know that, that like, I know that you can with, like, Horizon. You can do that with uh, God of War, Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. You can do that with a lot of those those PS5, like, like I said, it's just the jump from the PS4 because that was a, that's a thing too. Is you have to consider what version of a game that you're downloading. They've gotten a lot clearer about it, but apparently early on, this wasn't like I wasn't really, I didn't have a PS5 until about two years into the generation. But yeah, apparently early on, it was kind of fucking confusing. Like a lot of people were downloading the PS4 versions of games and playing it and being like, "Oh, that was neat" or whatever. And they're like, "Dude, you're playing the you're not even playing the next gen version of it. <laughs> like you're playing the PS4 app on your PS5." They got me again. I've been so bamboozled. Confusing. But that's the confusing thing. On an Xbox, it's not like that. Like, if you download a game on your Xbox Series X, it knows what it is. Yeah. There's no fucking confusion. Well, you, where you, what else are you playing right now, though? I, I mean... Um, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of in a spot right now. I'm trying to debate on, like, I'm, I'm debating on what I really want to play. I started the 7 thing because I was kind of halfway through the game and I kind of wanted to finish it because I'm... Right. I'm kind... I'm kind of leaning towards playing either Final Fantasy 16 again. I also kind of want to play Wind Waker. Right. You were talking again. about that yes, earlier. I'm really going on that. You got Avatar, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm out on that one for now. You're just out on it? What was that deciding yeah. factor? I just, man, I fall into that Ubisoft thing. I just, honest to God, like, I don't love the combat. Like, I don't love the... I don't particularly love... It. I feel like it's a little bit too much. Like there's so like I was in, I was, so I was playing through the story mode and I'm trying to get to the part where you get the Ekron or the Banshee or whatever, the thing that flies. And, uh, I had to beat this mission where I had to like take out this base. And that's what you kind of do is you take out these bases that are polluting the area around it. And I needed to get like a fruit and the fruit wouldn't grow because the place was all polluted. And, uh, so I go into the base and it was like, I, I, I probably spent like, way too long for the average player I'm, I'm sure the average player that enjoys that game was like dude that wasn't fucking hard at all and that's probably true but for some reason for me i just bounced off that shit for too long like it literally took me like multiple sessions where i would pick it up try to do it for like 30 minutes 40 minutes whatever 
get annoyed, play something else. And I did that probably, I would have to say like four times. And then finally I beat it. I got the Banshee thing. I was like, well, this is neat. And I was flying around. I was like, this is kind of cool. It looks really good. It's a very impressive game. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just not interested. Like, it's just not grabbing me. Which I've heard that to be the case for a lot of people. So, I mean, I kind of get it. I was hoping that, because I don't play a lot of Far Cry games, that it would be like my first Far Cry game that's an Avatar game. Okay. But there's just something about it that's just not not grabbing me. I don't know. There's just other things that I would I think I'd rather play right now. That's just that's just shocking to me because I know you were so excited to play it and now it's yeah. like, well, you know, it's just not my thing. Well, it's not. I mean, it's the here's the thing. It's like the missions consist of, "Oh, go pick this fruit or go find that fruit." And a lot of my quests that are in my quest log right now are literally like requiring me to go like, "Oh, I need this fruit and this fruit if I read in the thingy, it tells me that it grows in this particular biome." And then I go to that biome and then I'm looking around everywhere and trying to find this fruit. And then it's just not fucking not appealing to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I know where it's going to evolve from there. It's going to be like, oh, now it's, now you got to hunt this animal. And now I'm going to have to be going through the woods looking for this certain kind of fucking goat. Yeah. You're like, so man, I, I saw that goat. fucking goat. Why didn't I yeah, kill and while it I was seems there? Like instead of that being like a supplemental part of a game. Where it's like something that you can dig into if you want, if you want right. to get into that, or you could just go to the store and buy the new gear or whatever. It seems to be like a central part of what the fuck you do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, because it's Avatar. You're supposed to be like, I'm one with the forest and all that. And there's a lot of that shit, which I don't mind. The music's great. You know, it gives me those Avatar vibes, but I'm just not trying to be like that. I don't know. Like and I said, like, and the combat, once again, like, I'm just not really feeling it. Like, it's yeah. like the whole, like, you go into a base. If you do anything but stealth, somebody will call in reinforcements, and all of a sudden you've got like twelve of those fucking dudes in those suits, and then like, like eight dudes just like surrounding your ass, and you die really fucking quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well, this isn't fucking fun. And so then it became like a bit very deliberate about the fact of not setting off the alarms, being very stealthy, stealthy and yeah. all that. And I mean, that's fine, I guess. Maybe if that evolves over time, and you can get crazier with it. I did see gameplay of it where you can use your banshee or whatever to kind of like fly in fuck people up from the air come in and all that but it seems to me like anytime it seems to me like that the motherfuckers have the most fucking insane accuracy of all time it's like you get out of like cover for like a second you're just like and your fucking health bar is gone you're dead yeah so what the these are not stormtroopers you're dealing with here no not at all not exact not at all they're clearly trained marines or whatever the fuck they are hell yeah dude working for the corpse as i think was they call it yeah but yeah no I'm, I'm not on that one but uh yeah i've been i've been looking for something to sink my teeth into i've got a little bit of spare time ahead of me and so i'm really wanting to like use this because i don't have there's like kind of a lull in new games i'm just waiting for final fantasy 7 rebirth to come right and so that's why i figured i'd chew through seven and then after as playing seven during playing seven i realized that i kind of want to play through 15 or 16 again well do you not like i have a backlog of games i haven't touched and i imagine if i had this kind of free time i would want to as opposed to like playing through a game that i've already beaten i would want to dip into that backlog and maybe and maybe get into some of that do you not have a backlog there that's i really don't man i mean there are games that i have i have purchased with the intention of playing like avatar right but i'm just don't want to play them that's fair you know what i mean like there's a reason I didn't want to play them. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, I have a tendency to like, if there's a, like, if God of War Ragnarok was in my backlog, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to play that. Right. But there's not any games like that. And all the big AAA games that I was really wanted to fucking play, I've played. Okay. Like, I've played them. And if it was something that I was, like, iffy about, like, there's games that I've considered, like, um, I'm kind of in side-eye in the RoboCop game. I think that one's going to be maybe a little further down the line. I played the uh, trial. There's a trial of um, the Immortals of Avion game, which mm-hmm. is like a UE5 game. It was made by, um, I forget the name of the studio, but it's an EA studio. And it's really impressive looking. It kind of gives me, um, when I was playing it, it kind of got me interested in maybe playing Dishonored. It kind of had that vibe. Did you never play either of the Dishonored I did games? Not, I okay. did not. I didn't, I've, I've played them. I've just never gotten that far in them. I'm not in it. Again, another stealthy game. Yeah. There was a game that the reason I, the biggest issue, and this is a fucking stupid OCD issue of mine. When you give me a game, Deus Ex is, I have the same fucking problem with the Deus Ex games. When you give me a game where there's an incentive to doing non lethal through the game, like when you tell me that the good ending you have to go through and not kill everybody, I'm going to fucking try to not kill everybody and I'm going to end up not liking the game. Oh, see, I don't have that problem. Like, see, that's that's where I'm like, I want to get the best ending. And when I know that, like, oh... I didn't even know there was, like, other endings. I played I played this, the first Dishonored. Yeah, I beat that's it. the whole premise, isn't it? Yeah, it's the whole premise. I beat it, but, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a stealthy person anyway. Yeah. So, like, I was already going through it, trying to You were to stealthy and, and murder. Or you were, okay, you were just... You were, but if I had to kill motherfuckers, I didn't care. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. fuck it. And I think, yeah. I think that's okay in that game. I'm not sure, because I think it's about, like quantity right like if you're just going because like the more people you murder i think it like increases the chaos of the world or some shit like that and then you'll get the chaotic ending but if you want to have the good ending you have to go through and like not kill i want to say you can't kill anybody in that one but i don't know i may have gotten the chaotic honestly uh, i think sheree would be the the authority on that one (laughs) she played through she certainly would she she played through both of them yeah and And so she's like i think she platinum that yeah and that would require you yeah all the endings i imagine but uh, no, I I just again I started it and I was like, oh, this is neat. I kind of I kind of like it. I don't know. I don't particularly love Arcane's art style. I don't like. See, the I'm characters. not a huge thing on it either. But I don't like the character models. The gameplay enough was fun for me. That no, that for, didn't sure. Matter, for sure, for you sure. Know? And I I give it all the credit. And here's the thing too. I didn't play Dishonored whenever it came out on the 360. I, mean, I remember I it on PS3. See, I remember when it came out, like being passively interested in it. And I don't remember if it didn't review well or something, but something kept me from playing it. And I just did never pick it up then. And then later they like did the PS4 version of it. And I thought about getting it then. And then two came out and it was supposed to be amazing. And then I was just kind of already out of the loop and I've just never gone back. And then I went back and I, uh, I think I, I was playing on PC. Yeah. And I played on PC for a while. Like not really a while. I know I played through like, you go through like the introductory part of the game and then like the shit goes down and then you go to the part where you're actively kind of like exploring like the first area and it kind of opens up a little bit. And I had some goals. Like I did a few of the goals like around that major city area where you mm-hmm. first start. Yeah, yeah. And like kind of bounced around through there and kind of got the vibe of how it works as far as like it's kind of open, but it has the, um, I forget what they call it. Um, there's a word, there's a there's a term for those kinds of games. Um, like it's not on rails, but it's on rails. Yeah, the idea being that you can kind of arrive at the same point many different ways. Right. Because I played Prey, and Prey was made by uh, Arcane as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't play, I didn't beat it, but I probably got further in Prey than I did in uh, the art in style. Dishonored. 
it was the same that was the same issue i had with it is it has that same art style but it was the sci-fi angle and i like the original prey okay. and so i was like and i know they're completely not the same fucking thing even a little bit basically they made a game and they made them make it they made them name it prey right <laughs> to get to get everybody off their back about making a second prey because prey 2 was supposed to come out forever ago or whatever but um the point being is that you can you can use this certain weapon where you can like basically build platforms with it and it opens it up where you can be very like ridiculous about how you want to get through the game and it's like you can what do they call it man i really wish i could remember what the hell it's called because I'm, I'm i don't know but i i know i know exactly it's gonna come to me it's it's about. on the tip of my tongue it's gonna come yeah. to me at some point because this is right there but the idea is that you can kind of like i said arrive at the same location in different ways right it's like you know if you want to go through the vents if you want to go brute force you know way through here mm-hmm. you want to sneak in that way do you want to unlock the door you know right. all of that and that's kind of how dishonored is and that's saying that's kind of like how you could do the the newest call of duty game too which call of duty the modern war 3 remake i don't know so i remember we were sitting we were sitting here watching like the the trailer and they were talking about well if you want to be stealthy you can be stealthy which is completely opposite of how it was yeah i remember uh, we were watching some sort of marketing right regarding that i don't know if they achieved that i don't know know that game got really bad reviews yeah well we're shitting on it but i don't know if that's why well that's the reason why like i just re-downloaded black ops 4 one i already had it for free yeah and then two, I was just like, well, I've been playing this. I know these maps already. I'm, I never really got into Modern Warfare 3. So that's like, I'll just play Black Ops 4. Uh, did Black Ops 4 have a single player campaign? I don't know. I, I don't think it did. I, don't, I never gave a shit about single player campaigns in Call of Duty. Well, then why do you give a shit about the Modern Warfare 3 thing that you were well, just talking because about? Because that's what they were like trying to sell it on. Yeah, because they were trying to sell their single player. Right, but. I was trying to get. You don't have to, to worry point. about their multiplayer. I was trying to get to the point where you needed to figure out the word you were looking for, and I was like, "Well, isn't that kind of like how they were describing the Modern Warfare Three remake?" And I think they may have said it. I don't quite remember. Well, that's not the point. The point of the fact of the matter is the fact that you can reach the same base goal, and there are several different ways to do it. Is is that essentially what we're getting at here? Is that it's like you could play through it in like several different styles. Right, if you want to be stealthy, you can be stealthy. If you want to go gung-ho, like, action hero style, you can go through action hero style. You know, like, shit like that. Is that basically what we're saying here? It's called an immersive sim. An immersive sim. The idea is that it's a simulation. It's like, it's about immersion. So it's not necessarily trying to simulate something that's real, but it's immersing you in the simulation of the world. And that, like... It's honestly, uh, you could say that Majora's Mask is an immersive sim in a, in a really like loose way, because the idea is that you exist within that world and that structure and all the gameplay takes place within that, the structure of the world of the, the schedule of the time, right? Like, and Dishonored is that way of like, you know, you gotta, you, there's like a million different ways to arrive at this point, whether you want to like use this abilities, like you said, mm-hmm. you, there's different abilities that you can turn, like you can turn into a fucking rats in that, and then a thing you do in Dishonored. I don't remember. You can turn into I probably a rat. never did that unless I had to. And that's what I'm saying is that like, if you want to be the person that turns into a rat and sneaks around that yeah. way, you can just do that. You know what I mean? Like that's the immersive sim of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't I was, recall ever doing that, but there's a the chance. The best description I, yeah. is immersive sim. Yeah. There's a, there's a chance I had to do that and I just didn't do that. 
I don't know. I, mean, I don't know that you would. That's the whole idea of those games. Like, right. Deus Ex, the, at least, um, yeah, well, from the beginning. Like the one on the Xbox? All of them. Well, yeah, all of them. Even the, even the original, yeah, the original Xbox, Deus Ex. Uh, what was the second one? Called? I don't fucking remember what it was called. Invisible War. I just remember always wanting to play it, and I never Deus played Ex, it. Invisible War, yeah, I played that on the original Xbox, and it has that very much, where it's like, there's a lot of, like, oh, you've got to get into this place, and then you, like, see, and, like, oh, behind that couch over there, you can see a vent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then a deus ex, uh, like, Mankind Divided or a Human Revolution come along, and I they might have had some of this in Invisible War. It's been forever, but Invisible War is very much, I mean, this is all based off the original deus ex on PC, and the idea is that, like, okay, there's a, there's a bookshelf in front of a, a crate. You have to have, your, you know, gorilla arms or whatever the fuck they call them, these arms that make it where you're strong enough to pick up heavy objects. Yeah. So you can move the bookshelf out of the way and then get into that vent and then sneak in and get in the easy way. If that's the way you wanted to If go. that's your build. Right. If that's your build. And that right. goes into like fallout and all that's like, and I, I dig that in a lot of ways. It's just, I don't know what it is about those games that just doesn't, I think on, honest to God, it all comes down to the fucking fact that I can't get myself to not, to not non-lethal everybody yeah because i do the same shit in dave sex but that game's i guess more of an rpg in my mind and i don't know if it's like that's what gets me because i i tried to play again it was one of those games human revolution the dave sex human revolution game i didn't play that until much later i think i got it on the wii u and that's another one of those um the best version of that game is the wii u version okay so that's a good one to have. But yeah, that's what I've been playing lately. What have you been playing lately, man? Man, I'm still playing the same shit. I still haven't beaten... Same shit, you mean Tears Zelda, of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Still haven't beaten that. I'm still playing it, though. Have still you made... How much... What, what kind of headway you made? Ah, oh, man. Uh, I'm still unlocking parts of the map that I haven't explored okay, yet. Okay, so you're still on that hole, yeah. unlocking the towers. That's awesome. And I got the big-ass horse... So that was cool. That was like one thing I was really trying to do. I got the big. Was that one of the side quests? Yeah. They're like, there's a big. Well, you had to get it to unlock one of the shrines, I think. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Because there's a big ass horse in Breath of the Wild. I get him. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was hoping that I could just like use your other big ass horse, right? And now that wasn't a thing. Like a quest thing. But anyway, I got the big ass horse. I did a couple other things. That doesn't matter. Uh, Outside of that. The only other couple things I've been playing, which I've said like 18 times already, is Black Ops 4, which I've only been playing that like when I have like a few minutes before I got to So you're just work. you're just playing the multiplayer. Right, yeah. Because right. I wanted to get into the finals, and I just haven't oh, yeah. done that yet. I just haven't done that yet. And the I guess I didn't know that I had to wait on the multiplayer shit to download on Black Ops 4 whenever I was re-downloading it. So like it was putting me in that that Fortnite type shit where you like got the bubble yeah, it's and all... it's getting smaller. And that's not the type of shit I want to play. I just want to go fucking See, that's... do Team Deathmatch. You're doing that in the in Modern War or in Call of Duty. Right, Black Ops 4. That's where like I get massively fucking confused because I don't think... So Call of Duty is kind of like you said the whole Fortnite thing. What I was going to get at is uh, it's like a launcher now. Like when you download Call of Duty, it's a launcher. Yeah. And it's like when you download whatever, Call of Duty Cold War, whatever, it's just a campaign from within that launcher. And so, like, what you were playing was probably just the new version of Warzone, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, that shit pisses me off. And it's the new Battle Royale free right, play right. Call of Duty thing. But, so, 
it downloaded and I finally got Team Deathmatch, so I've just been doing that instead of downloading the finals, which I'm still going to do because I really enjoyed the parts that I played over here. But I don't know, I just know all the maps on Black Ops 4, so that's what I've been doing. Um, outside of that, <clears throat> I don't know if I've already told you that I've been playing this, but I've been, I've been playing an Oracle of Seasons, I believe it is. I can't remember if I'm playing Seasons or Ages. But on the 3DS. So, and I've been making some pretty good progress in that because I kind of do that while I'm out Ubering. Nice. So you just like park it and. Yeah, you know, you're waiting for rides and I can just whip out. I the- love that you're like, I never play my Switch in there, but I'll play the 3DS. But it, this is just because you feel like you're going to break it. What? My, yeah, no. But I'll- actually, on that subject, I don't mean to like pull off pull the subject, but you've now felt my Switch setup. Yeah, I have. With the, with the grip. Yeah. Does that change your feelings about your ability to break it? Maybe if I were to buy an OLED? No, no, I mean just the grip. I don't know. I think I'd still, like, twist it too hard. You don't think that that thing's durable enough to handle it? It's pretty fucking tough, dude. I, I've almost broken, like, whole-ass controllers. So why was why would you not just break the 3DS just as easily? The 3DS is not that durable. Yeah, but I'm playing fucking Legend of Zelda Oracle of Season. That's not, yeah. like, a game that would, like, get me fucking super pissed off. Absolutely. And uh, my understanding is that... um. Like here, and here's the other thing with the DS. Check, but I'm pretty sure Oracle of Seasons and Ages is on the Switch. Oh, I'm sure they are now. That's what I'm saying. Right. So you just you're just it's an older save file. You didn't want to like. Well, no, I I bought them on the 3DS, and then oh, okay. my 3DS got stolen, and it was a whole ordeal to get Nintendo to put that shit back on my 3DS that I bought. Yeah. So that's where I want to play them at. Well, they do that shit though. Yeah. Well, it took forever, but they it's did the it. Count thing now it's fixed. Yeah. Like you know. But anyway, that's the. That was a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Anyway, and also, here's the other thing with 3DS I can do if I get mad at it. You know how, like, when you got pissed off at somebody with a flip phone? <laughs> you shut it. <laughs> you just, you get that click. Oh, I do. That is a satisfying click. Isn't I do it? a lot. Like, when I'm putting it up, I'm like, all right, click. And yeah. It's like set it. Isn't it? It is nice. So yeah. if I get pissed off at the 3DS, I can just. Yeah, just click it. Can't do that with the Switch. There was a game. I think it was... Uh, Although I think I cracked the screen on it doing that one time. Yeah, no. I cracked the screen on mine because I had one of those... Um, they had those little things you could put on your uh, the, the circle pad. Mm-hmm. And it, when I closed the clamshell, it actually was oh, putting fuck. pressure on the screen. And it put a little crack in there. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly how I cracked the screen. I just noticed it the other day. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that'll Here's happen. the other thing. Like, all the gold shit's been peeling off the front of it. Yeah. So that's, I'm like, did somebody sell me a bunk-ass fucking Majora's no, Mask? My, uh, my green one is flaking, too. Yeah. So that was just some cheap-ass shit. You need to watch out for is that battery, though. I've been watching the battery. Especially if you use it regularly. Like, if you start to notice, like, your battery... Bulging? Not even not even necessarily to the point where it's bulging, but when it starts to do the Dying shit... Dying rapidly? Yeah, when it's getting to that... Oh, it hasn't point. been doing that at all. As soon as you do that, don't just be like, oh, I'll just have to run into charging. Like, fuck that. Just buy a yeah. new battery. They're cheap as hell. Well, that's... Like, they're really cheap. what I'd end up doing. Like, I didn't realize how cheap they were until that one bulge, and I was like, I need one. And I looked online. I think I paid, like, $15 for that. Yeah, but is it, like, OEM battery? No, at but... At this like, point, all my shit's shit. flaking off. I don't care anyway. Yeah, who gives a shit? Like, it's not... Like, I mean, honestly, you can get better battery life out of, like, some of them if you just get the right quality one. Make sure you're not getting some, like, crazy cheap Chinese one, but, like... Because, like, for example, you could get the better... Um, there's a better battery you can get for the uh, Wii U gamepad. 
Yeah, that my friend uh, Crackhead did that. Yeah. And it was like, had longer battery life and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up getting one of those for, because uh, uh, the original Wii U that we had over, whenever I lived, whenever Cole and I were living together, it, it bulged. You still have that dev kit? Yep. We're going to have to buy that from him if this podcast takes off. Yeah. No. I'm definitely, that's definitely in the back pocket, Cole. Yeah, Cole. I'm coming for that dev kit. One of these. You need that dev kit. Yeah. For some reason. And I know he'll excel to me because it doesn't have to worry about some like weird, worried about Nintendo coming, kicking down his door kind of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like trying to sell it on eBay or some crazy shit like that. Because that's the right. shit that you'd probably get in trouble for. I mean, now at this point in time, do you think nah, they still I don't give know, a shit? Man. Nintendo, yeah, dude. It's Nintendo. It's yeah, but like Nintendo. you see all these fucking stories about how somebody else bought like like the fucking Nintendo PlayStation from that some auction. That is a far cry from a fucking last, like their last Nintendo console dev kit. Mm, fair enough. Now, at, they're at the point now where they're no longer supporting that platform at all. Right, they're getting eShop there. and all that. Well, the eShop's closed. All right. that it's they're no longer supporting it at all. Right, and so maybe now they won't give a shit. But I guarantee, if you to try to do that before the eShop closed, they'd have been up your ass about that because I don't know, I don't know that it necessarily you could exploit their their systems in any way using that. But like, I don't know, you can't. I don't. I felt like Not people were still making stuff. games for the Switch using that dev kit. I mean, yeah, most likely because I imagine they're. If I had to guess, I'm not that ingrained into that whole thing anymore, but I imagine that Nintendo probably has some sort of method to easily transport or to port your file right. from, is something you're developing specifically for the Wii U to the, the Switch. Switch. Cause they had like a really robust like developer portal and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. pretty, you go in there and we could see games that people were working on. You could share like assets and here, like share screenshots of your games and discuss it and ask questions. And it was like a whole developer community on there. That, and that was something they just like did, like starting with the Wii U, though. Yeah. Yeah. They did that to motivate more indies and third parties to develop for the Wii U. Right. They were like, okay, all these third parties abandoned them and they're like, well, fuck you. We'll go to the people. And then so they started doing that whole thing. But then, you know, ultimately it didn't work out. But I'm sure they made some money off selling DevKiss to oh, people, I'm like, sure. the people like us. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't cheap. Like, no, say, it wasn't that say cheap. us, Ch- Cole paid for it. He paid yeah. like five fucking grand for that thing. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Cole. Can't wait to buy it off you for $300. $300, shit. There's no <laughs> world we would sell that. No, I think we'd have to give him a couple grand for it for Fair sure. Fair enough. But, Hold on, didn't you give him that PS4 Pro? I didn't give it to him. Well, maybe you did. Wink. Right, I mean, I don't... I mean, it's still, <laughs> still got a ways Pro to go, though. right? No. But uh, I mean, he has my PSVR. Trying to get that dev kit. He has my PSVR as well. Yeah, so we already put a down payment on it. Yeah, he's got the whole possession thing. That's the tricky thing. It's always hard to like get somebody to give you money for something they already have. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, figured out though. Yeah, we'll sort it out for sure. But yeah, so you're off. So you're 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 still exploring Hyrule. Yeah, I'm still exploring Hyrule um, after the uh, what do they call it? The Ascension or whatever the fuck. The ascension, whatever the hell it is, whenever like when I, when everything yeah, came up, all the everything ascended, yeah, <laughs> like, ascended when yeah. it came up out of the ground. Yeah, I'm still doing that. You're you're exploring that world, and uh, yeah, I'm finding cool shit in between. I've been finding like a lot of cool pieces of armor and equipment, unlocking the great fairies and shit. Nice. What do you think about that whole change? I uh, I appreciated it. I don't hate it, but the only thing that I hate, and maybe this is something that I just haven't found out yet, but they don't have like 
You know how you could go to the fairy fountains in Breath of the Wild and there'd be like fairies you could catch and yeah. shit? They don't have that there and I'm, that's kind of aggravating to me. Yeah. Um, you could find them in other places. Well, I found them in the sky. Yeah. Right. It's about the only place I know of. There's some other... That's pretty much it. Right. I think about it. There's kind of... The thing about those ones in the sky is that you just know there's always a shrine right there. Right. And then you'll know, oh, this shrine has fairies. Yeah. And then you just warp there. Yeah, it's fair it is. It is a little weird. I'm not sure that that's the case with all of the fairy fountains, but it might be. Because mm-hmm. they are kind of all relocated. They're not in their fairy, right. fairy locations, so they're kind of in a, a new environment. Yeah. But I like the method of, like, unlocking them. I don't hate it. It does get aggravating because it is kind of like one of those go fetch quests sometimes. I just didn't like the idea of getting to a fairy and being like, I need 600 rupees. Be like, bitch, I just bought a bunch of stuff. Like, fuck. Well, yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Rupees are kind of hard to come by. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But you could always, I would always end up like, I would go through, like, this is what I did in Breath of the Wild. I didn't do it in Tears of the Kingdom because in Tears of the Kingdom, everything has a purpose. Right. Whereas a lot of the shit that I had in Breath of the Wild, I'm like, I'm never going to use this shit. Like, I'm never going to use this monster part or whatever, because I don't even make elixirs, which is what the only thing you use monster parts for. Yeah, I've never done in, that. In uh, Breath of the Wild. And so I would just sell all that shit to Beetle anytime I'd run into him. I would always buy all of his arrows. Well, there is that monster parts guy, though. Yeah, but once you buy that armor and you spend all your monster parts and you get all the armor from him, then there's no point in doing that shit anymore either. Fair enough. Like, if you play, like, a lot of Breath of the Wild, I mean, shit, like, I put, you know, probably 100 fucking hours in this, especially if you're playing in, like, master mode, because, you know, the beauty of that, and I'm still upset that there's not going to be a master mode for Tears of the Kingdom, but is that you, it, like, maintains that the same level of difficult challenge as it is in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's something about the beginning of Breath of the Wild, and whether you're on master mode or a normal mode, where you're, like, you do the Great Plateau, you get off of that fucker, and then it's, like, how am I going to cross this fucking river? <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck. And then you just die a bunch of times trying to cross this fucking river. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to go over here and then you get your ass kicked over there. And you're like, fuck this game, man. Like, this shit's tough. Yeah. But then once you get some hearts under you and then you get like some better armor and then like, you know what I mean? Like, things start to go and then it becomes kind of easy. Fair. Yeah. Whereas master mode, like, that shit stays like you're doing that the whole fucking game. You're like, every, you got to earn it. And it's not like unbelievably hard, but it's difficult enough where it pushes back to where you feel like you're you're really earning it. And so like mm-hmm. you've got like a bunch of monster parts. But like I said, like uh like I said, I think I told this in episode uh one or two where I was talking about level grinding right. to kill to get the um to beat the final boss of the DLC on mm-hmm. master mode because you had to kill I never even fucked with a DLC. I, I I haven't beaten Ganon in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's what she said. But uh, to in order to beat the dude, like I had to like level up the warrior, the barbarian armor, and to do that, you have to have like Lionel parts. And so I was farming Lionels, and so I would know like spots where they were, right? And I would go to those spots and I'd kill them, and then wait for a Blood Moon, and then do it again. And like I just Blood Moon rises. Like it's funny because the first Lionel you run into in Breath of the Wild is the one that you do for the uh I think it's for the Zora quest, because it's up on top of the mountain. You have to get the lightning arrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get the lightning arrows from that one. And the idea is that you're supposed to just sneak up there and take them and then dip out. Oh, I didn't and do not that. fight them. Or you can fight them if you want. Yeah, but, I fought his ass. Yeah, I did too. But that dude is just like that's the bitch of the group. Like I'm just like, first it's this piece of shit, because he's just like his bullshit red Lionel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The other Lionels I'm fighting are like gold fucking striped Lionels. I think that one 
because the game scales. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, I did. The game that, scales yeah. based on the shrines or the the vine beast, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you go back to certain places, and that Lionel that was a certain kind of Lionel is now a more powerful Lionel. Right. That one, I think, always remains a red Lionel uh, because it's like a story related Lionel. Huh. Yeah, I can tell you one thing: I haven't done in Tears of the Kingdom. You know those like fucking hydras they've got on the map, just yep. sitting there. Yeah, I haven't fucked. Well, I fucked with one one time and got my ass. Kicked. Let me guess: it was the snow one. No, it was the electric one. Where at? I don't know where it's at. I just fucking came oh, okay. across it. And well, I there's like, one because you. I remember you told me you beat the. Was it the wind? Just yeah, the temple first. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. There's one on your way there. There's like a side quest that you could pick. Yeah, I probably didn't do that. And then it was like it's just kind of flying over there in like a snow field over there in like the north. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I just didn't fuck. And with I had that. a quest to fuck with it, and I was like, oh, I'll try it, and it wrecked me. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Like this is stupid, but then I figured out the trick, and I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, don't trick. tell me the trick. But there is a specific thing to do, and you won't even realize it. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm so fucking idiot. mad. Like, duh, why wouldn't I do that? But it has to do with the new mechanics. I love that. Like, I love that it comes back to that. It's like, oh, think about the new mechanics. Like, they introduced a new enemy, and this new enemy. It's like if you go into like that's the that's one of the things that's so beautiful about Tears of the Kingdom is how you go into these situations with your old Breath of the Wild mentality, like screwing your little ass up. It's like, now you're like, you see a cliff and we're in Breath of the Wild. You'd be like, all right, well, if I can go up here, I can kind of maybe get up over this little, you know, crest of the rock where it's not enough where I can stand there, but I can at least do the sprint thing where if you sprint and just tap it, your stamina refill and all that, Mm -hmm. you can kind of get your ass up there. And now you're looking at it. You're like, well, why don't I just like that? That little part kind of sticks out quite a bit. Just stand under it and fucking stasis up through that. Yeah, so bitch. you know how often like, I forget that. Oh, all the time. I don't, I don't play it all daily. the time. All the like time. Like I'll fu- I'll jump down in a well and be like, how the fuck am I going to? How am I going to get the fuck out of here? This is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, no, I love it. That's what's so fucking genius about it. It's like, oh fuck. And then even on top of that, it's like that whole thing. It's like, okay, well, there's no easy way to get up there, but that's not that high of a cliff, and it's like I could fucking spend forever that or. Strap a fucking rocket to right. your shield and just boost my ass up there, yeah. or a million different other ways that I'm probably more creative mm-hmm. that I don't even think about. Because I mean, really, you get like you go as far as like, oh, I have um, I saved with my auto create thing. Did you get your auto ultra yeah, hand I've thing? Got ultra hand, yeah, yeah. Like now you've made like a hot air balloon, yeah, and that's saved. You know how I got all that shit? I didn't even know that was like those were all going to be like part of quest things that I had already done. But you know, you go back to Pura and all that shit. Yeah. And they do all the tablet upgrades. I don't know if that's how I got Ultra Hand or not. I don't remember. No, 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 that was down in the depths, wasn't it? Yeah, that one's in the Yeah. Depths. Okay. Now I remember that. The auto the auto. Now how I unlocked all the shit with your Pura Pet tablet and shit, I'd already done and didn't realize it. Yeah. So I like kept talking to Pura and they were just like, Yeah, upgrade, 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 yeah. upgrade. And I was that's like, well, that's fucking badass. That's one of the things I really appreciate about that game too, is that it has like like again, like I felt like Breath of the Wild, you would interact with like a new character, and if they had anything to say that was worthwhile, it would be like the one thing, that one quest, that you know, and then that was it. Yeah. But this game, it's like you interact with somebody, they give you a quest, you do a thing for them, you go back to them, you keep talking to them, and it keeps developing, and it just keeps yeah. developing. It's like you're always wanting to go back to places and talk to people again after you've done something, because as you progress things change. Right. And it kind of has that, it kind of reminds me a bit of like Majora's Mask. And I know they did a lot of that in Breath of the Wild. They just didn't pronounce it in a way that was like noticeable. Mm -hmm. Like people had schedules. Like I remember 
you know, like forever in Breath of the Wild, figuring out how to fucking get the ball for the shrine that's over by the Great Fairy that's above Kakariko Village. There's yeah. the ball in Impa's house. Right. I haven't done that. How to get that is like, that's some, it's some straight up Majora's Mask shit. Okay, cool. Where you have to watch people follow their schedules. They go, they do things. You I know like I mean? that. And that's what's so neat about it. I was like, oh, okay. That really explains, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. these people really do have schedules. I feel like they expand on that to a, a level that I don't even fully understand in Tears of the Kingdom because I just beat the game and I played it like a good, like 80 plus hours, but I didn't go like, I did a lot of the side quests. I enjoyed a lot of them. Yeah. Some of them were just, I loved about it. It was like, like there's a quest and this, you know, I, I don't really consider this to be a spoiler, but there's this dude that like, they need wood for a project, like a building project. Right. And in your head, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I've got a bunch of wood in my inventory. Right. And it's like, no, no, they need logs. So you know what I mean? Oh, Cause this is yeah, tears of the yeah, kingdom, yeah. man. Like this isn't fucking like, Oh, here's a bunch of sticks. Right. It's like, nah, man, like you're going to have to fucking figure out how to haul these logs over. I need 20 of the motherfuckers. And so yeah. now I spent like three hours trying to figure out the limitations of the physics in this fucking <laughs> game. Cause logs weigh a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I going to get these logs from all the way the fuck over here, over there without it taking me fucking forever? And only have to do like, you know, five logs at a time or whatever, right. because these fucking wagons can only take so much weight. And like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this shit by hand. I figured out how many things you can actually put together. Right. And all that. I'm like, well, maybe I could fly them over there. Like, can I make like a fucking air or a helicopter? And like yeah. I can maybe helicopter them over there and shit like that. And that was just like this is fucking neat. Like there's a lot of cool quests like that. Cool. That yeah, like, I haven't I haven't gotten to like I don't think I've gotten that deep into the quests there, but like I've I've done some really cool shit. Like if, even just like trying to think off top, like just even the shrines and stuff. And you can talk to somebody who's done a shrine. You know, have you done this shrine? You done this shrine? Well, this is how I did it, and yep. you'll talk to them, and they did it like completely differently yeah that's what we were talking about before is just like that's the beauty of it is like you can't really appreciate that game until you play it do a thing and then look and see how somebody else did yeah oh what the fuck that was genius so genius like you just did not even consider that like i told you the thing about like there's people that are like they can like i've seen videos of people where they'll take an uh, like an object ultra hand it up stays like freeze it with the time shit Mm-hmm. And then unfreeze it and then do the fucking uh, send through it while it's in the air and then leap off of that to get somewhere. Fucking, I, whoa. Like, like I just can't even, like, I mean, I've went as far as reversing a thing because you can do that. Oh, yeah. Day. I reverse a you lot. Just take of shit. it, reverse it up, and yeah. then you just ride it up, you know? But yeah. I'm just like, that's like a whole other fucking dimension of just like, oh, you can stasis through shit like after you, and it's fucking. Yeah, I, I remember when I realized, like, that I could reverse shit that, like, monsters throw at you and shit like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that that's definitely how I'm kicking that guy's ass. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of those, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's obviously the way. Yeah. Dude, and, like, honestly, like, you'll you'll get there, too. Like, I would feel like it's disingenuous to say that they have, like, that this game has dungeons. It is mm-hmm. better than the shrines. Right. You know what I mean? They are definitely better than the shrines, but they're not that far removed. From the shrines. Right. You know what I mean? Or even like, the divine beasts. No, that's what I meant. By the, yeah. That's what I meant, is the divine beasts. Because that's what people bitched about with the first one. But the bosses are so much fucking cooler. Cool. Like, there's they're not all of them. There are some bosses I didn't love, but the final boss in that game is the most amazing thing that they've ever done in a Zelda game. That Like, that's that's one of the things that's kind of upsetting about, like, when we were going on the whole game of the year like, argument and all that, mm-hmm. is that, like, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it was, you know, this is Breath of the Wild, you know, it was a little bit more, but it was like, dude, like, 
there's like some there was some major recency bias during the whole game of the game of the year discussions. Yeah. Because what they did with Zelda, it's like they not only delivered on like a sequel to Breath of the Wild and all the mechanical ways that we're just like, you know, gushing about, mm-hmm. they did the coolest thing story wise that they've ever fucking done. Yeah. Like there are so many cool epic fucking moments in that game that are just like, oh my God, this is the coolest shit ever. And they're pulling it off on this, you know, the stinky switch and all that shit. And I was playing on my original launch model switch and handheld in a hotel room being like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like only that's Nintendo. One, that's one way only I don't want to play Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom is in handheld mode. Yeah. Well, I I don't really that doesn't bother me again, especially and especially now that you've seen it. On my Switch OLED, like right. I don't give a fuck. Well, if I had like one of those cool magnifying Game Boy attachments. Yeah, that would make it look weird, wouldn't it? I don't know if it'd make it look weird. You would see the pixels. You would see the little little pixels. I don't in there. know about that. Yeah, you probably would, because those things were. Yeah, you would definitely see the pixels. You could see the pixels in the fucking Game I Boy. I would try it. I mean, I would try it too, but and I don't know, man. Like the Switch OLED, I think it's it's more impressive than yours. Because remember, dude, I played I played Breath of the Wild on the fucking gamepad, right? Because it was easier. Because I could do the whole point of the Wii U thing of like. Mm-hmm. Because Cole wasn't wanting to play it at that time or whatever, and then he was watching something on the TV or whatever, and I could just be sitting there tucked in the middle. I'm not spoiling anything. Right. I could be playing my game. I don't have to worry about it. Like, playing it in the corner on the gamepad. I did that shit a lot. And, I mean, that's not even... Because that was 480p. Right. Streaming 480p mm-hmm. on the gamepad, whereas it was native 720 on the on the actual Switch. I remember, because Bailey got a Switch, and he would come over with it, and I'm like, man, that looks good. <laughs> Like it did, and now I see it on my OLED, and I'm like, that is like, it looks like dog shit on the original Switch compared to like the OLED. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Like yeah. the OLED, like I, it's hard for me to say that. I mean, it, I mean, ultimately, it is a better screen than my TV. Even, but I have you know, but that's you know, I have a 4K HDR TV. Yeah. You know, it has local dimming. It's LCD though. It's not OLED, but it has local dimming, and so it does all right. It's not terrible, mm-hmm. but playing handheld on an OLED is fucking great, which, to be fair, it's not exactly how I played it either. Right. But I didn't have a choice, man. That's, that's the whole point. I mean, that's, well, it, this is going back to, like, me playing my 3DS in the car as opposed to my Switch. Yeah, I could play my Switch and play Tears of the Kingdom in my car, but I just don't want to do that. I prefer the big screen, you know what I'm saying? And and then here's where here's where... I can play just any other regular Zelda game on the 3DS. Like, I wouldn't play Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask on the 3DS, except for those new, like, remastered versions they did in 3D. That's Full cool. remake, bro. Right. Well, remake, exactly. Did you play those? I did. I, did, I didn't I did beat them. Okay. But I have played them, and I still own them, so. I beat Ocarina of Time. Yeah. But I never beat Majora's Mask. I got pretty far. Yeah. I think I got... I'm actually at the end of it. I think I'm on the last dungeon. Right. But yeah, if it were just like the if it were just like the regular Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask and it wasn't the the entire remake in 3D, then I probably wouldn't play them on the 3DS honestly. No, I I just think that if it were, if it were coming down to playing Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask like not the remakes, then I wouldn't do that on the 3DS. You would do that on the Switch? No, I, I just want to play those on a bigger screen. Like 3D, oh, okay, 3D consider, Zeldas. 
So in your head, it's the matter of it being like, this is a home console experience. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. But I was going to say, regarding the Majora's Mask uh, remakes, um, mm-hmm. there's some significant improvements with that version of the game. Well, I heard there were significant improvements, and there were also like significant like fuck-ups. Like the when you when you got to go as a Deku scrub across and do the hopping to the lily pads and shit. Yeah, yeah, I heard that was like majorly fucked up. I didn't have a problem. With I didn't. That. I didn't get that far in majority. No, I didn't have a problem with it. Like I said, I got really 3D. far to the end. Like they've improved. I mean, I didn't have any mechanical issues like that. There might be like some weird bugs or something like that mm-hmm. that exist in that version that I'm not aware of. And they did expand the fishing thing, and that was kind of hit or miss for some people. Like, now in every region, there's, like, a fishing hole. Like, they didn't even have fishing in the original. Yeah. And this is them. They added fishing, but there's literally, I want to say there's three or four fishing holes that are different, that have different fish that you can collect. That's, like, a whole other fishing game that I don't even know. I don't know if that's necessary for, like, the whole fierce deity thing. That would like be you have to get a mask. But the bomber's notebook is, like, far superior. Like, it actually organizes your shit with a timeline and all that. Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot more... Uh, you can get a lot more choosy with your time. It's not a matter of like, oh, you can you can warp to the end of the day. Like now, you I think you can go by like quarters or maybe it's like halves on it the day. Just makes the gameplay faster. Maybe it just makes it easier to achieve those weird goals where you've got to be at a certain place at this time, so you don't have to wait around for eight fucking hours. See, I don't even remember doing place. that. Like, I don't think I had everything like just timed in my head whenever I beat it. Well, in all likelihood, you probably used... You had a fucking strategy guide, bro. No, I didn't. Yeah, you fucking did. No. Then what the fuck was that thing that you had over at my house? Because you came over whenever I, we were playing that game. You brought... I remember you came over to my house with Majora's Mask to help me get through that fucking game. And I swear to God, we had a strategy. No, there's no... I never, I've never used a strategy guide. Well, maybe you didn't. Maybe I just had the strategy guide, but I remember using a fucking strategy guide for that game. No, I went, I went through it and like, the first time I beat it, I got the first deity's, deity's mask, and I don't. I didn't know that there was like a certain way you had to go about doing shit. I just I don't, did it. I don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying. Like to get the couple's mask, right? Apparently, that was something that was really difficult to do. It was. I don't. I didn't have that problem. It requires the entire. Like it requires like all three days, in yeah. order to get that one mask. I, I never use a strategy gun. I don't know, bro. I'm, that's a tricky. That's a tricky thing. I'm telling like, you. I mean, I'm not saying that you couldn't follow the breadcrumbs and figured it out, but there is some shit you have to like. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall because I think like you know, obviously there are, there are masks that are along that path, and like it would be easy for you to be like, oh, I got the mask. Yeah, it's probably and what I did. It. What I'm saying is like you get the mask and then you stop fucking with that part of the quest. Because you think that that's the end of it. But you don't realize in reality, oh, now that you did that part, now you got to go to this place and talk to this person. And then it starts the next part of it. There's a lot of that shit that you have to just know. Whether it is, I mean, and I mean, it's possible. I don't know if you, did you beat the original Ocarina of Time without Strategy Guide and all that yeah. good shit? Then you might have already been in that stupid fucking cryptic bullshit that they like to fucking do in those goddamn games. Where it's like, you got to know like, Oh, after you do this one, I don't even fucking remember. I just remember Ocarina of Time annoying the shit out of me because it's like, you go here and it's like, oh, the next dungeon is this logical place. But it's like, no, you got to go back to the fucking forest and talk to this person for some random fucking Oh, reason. I know what you're Because you need about, a song. Yeah. And well, it's that, like, you go to the place and you're like, oh, I can't do anything. Why can't I do anything? It's like, oh, because you need this song. It's like, well, how the fuck would I know that? Right. 
So like, before before Majora's Mask came out, my friend Zach and I were like, we didn't even know speed running was a thing, but we would we would both it. like fucking go through and like try to fucking run through it as fast as we could. Like, yeah, swap it, swapping the controller and shit like that. Yeah, and that's then, what I like, did with Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were doing with Ocarina of Time. Wouldn't like, love it like that. It was awesome. You know, what my favorite thing to do with Ocarina of Time back in those days was turn it off. Use the Game Shark. I bet it was. It was I have a game the, shark. You could do the thing where if you hold the R button or something, it would make you float. That's weird. We never used it. That. You know what? We never used the game shark on Ocarina of Time, but we did use it on Goldeneye. Nice. I never did that. Yeah, we did use it on Goldeneye. Oh, I loved fucking with I it. I never did. It was a good time because like, that was back in the day we would like use the game shark. Like I had a game shark for my PS1 and uh, we'd, you would use it to like do broken shit to get like like final fantasy 7 i did all kinds of broken shit like with that game because mm-hmm. you could like unlock like weird characters you could make it where like you had like all the same characters like you could unlike that was an easy way to unlock some of the summons that were stupid fucking difficult to unlock that were just like these challenges for when i was a kid that i just couldn't handle but then you know it, it was like incentive to get you it mean like that me. that one fucking gf and final fantasy 8 it was like in the lamp or whatever, and every time you fought him and died, he'd get harder. It was, um, you know, what's funny is like I can beat that dude really fucking easy. Well, I'm sure you can, knowing how here's it works. The, well, because he uses uh gravity on you, and gravity always takes half of your health. Yeah. And so the trick is there's there's this, there's a very significant trick when it comes to Final Fantasy VIII. One. You have to utilize the junction system in order to boost your strength with Squall, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to find, like, the best way to do it is probably, I, th- I forget which GF it is. I want to say it's Siren has the um, the ability to synthesize uh, item or healing magic from items. I think it's called Item Refine. And you can take tents that you can buy and you convert each tent converts into 10 Kuragas. And so you make a fuckload of Kuragas. You get 99 Kuragas by buying a bunch of tents. And you apply that to your strength stat with Squall. And then another trick is to keep his health in the yellow. Right? Mm-hmm. And so what you probably want to do, what you'll end up typically doing is Kuraga on your health and then like fire or something like that on there because it makes it easier to keep your health in the yellow. And that way, what you can do is you keep spamming triangle to skip your turn. And eventually, if you're in the yellow, eventually you'll get a limit break. And then you can use this residue, coken, whatever the fuck it's pronounced, attack. And you can just use that over and over and over and over again. And so the idea is keep your other party members health full and then just focus on squall and then make sure that, you know, he's in the yellow, keep his health in that yellow zone. And then you go in there and you just fuck that dude up because you want to get his ability as quick as possible because he has the encounter none, encounter half and encounter none ability. Which you can equip that, and now you don't have to worry about encountering enemies anymore throughout the game. No, oh, like just a random. Yeah, yeah. Because that game Fair levels enough. that game level scales with you, right? So you want to you want to fight in order to get AP, but you don't want to get the experience because if you level up too much, then you're gonna get your ass kicked. Right. It's really easy to get to level ninety nine in that game, and I always thought that was weird as a kid. I was like, well, it was really easy to get level ninety nine. We're getting my fucking ass kicked because I didn't really understand the junction system. But once you understand the junction system and how to use the magic, the idea is you go in, you want to draw as much magic from motherfuckers as you can in the beginning. And then there's also another little secret you can do. In the very beginning of the game, if you go to the beach, there's the fish. 
I think they're called like falchions or something like that. Those fish give you like very little experience, but a bunch of AP. And so you can use that to farm out your first initial abilities that you're going to want, like your refined item, that whole right. ability. Um, and there's like a bunch of other, uh, the equip, the strength boosts and things like that that you can equip. Mm-hmm. You want to unlock all those first. But you like you have to unlock your, a lot of your junction abilities, like the ability to junction magic to your strength. You have to like, I think when you get Ifrit, that's one of his initial abilities. But then there's like other people that have like magic and vitality and things like that that you can equip uh, magic to. But you have to unlock those first. And so there's that you can do it that way. There's also the way that people do it where you can um you can unlock a squall's final weapon in the first disc if you do certain things correctly. Like you have to. There's like it's so fucking talking about with the game shark. No, with the regular game, man. Because you can get. How do they expect people to figure this out? That's the beauty of that. That's why I love that fucking game is because there's so many little, because it's all about the systems. It's like, so in that game, you unlock, like you find magazines that give you the recipes on how to make the ultimate weapons and all that. Mm -hmm. You don't need the magazine. You just need the ingredients. Once you have all the items that will, the item will, the weapon will pop up at the item range for finding thing. You just have to have the items. And in order to get those items, there's things that you can do because you can get like, you can get the card refine ability, which I'm pretty sure you get that from Siren, which is the summon that you have to draw from the Elmeret boss fight that's on the top of the, the TV tower. And the, yeah, like that so first, that was another thing we didn't know. Yeah. That we found there's out certain later. certain GFs that, that you have to draw from exactly. enemies. Yeah, and you have to just always be looking. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, you draw Siren from that person and you get the card mod and then you can use card so you can take, you can turn cards into items. And if you get the Quistus card, who you can get from her like little groupies in the cafeteria in the very beginning of the game, if you can win that from that, that's a that's an essential part of a Final Fantasy. Yeah, I hated run. playing that goddamn card game too. I got really good at that too, but um, that's an essential part of a speed run because what they'll do is they'll go there, they'll play that, and if you do a very specific way, like the RNG will land, and you'll always they'll end up using that card. You beat them in the first round. Now you have that card. Once you get the card mod thing, you turn that. That's one of the essential items that you need in order to make his final weapon. And there's a few other things that you have to get that you can get in like the very beginning of like the very beginning of the game, but in the first disc. And then once you have his ultimate weapon, Lionheart or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. you know, you get that and then you boost his strength by typically what you can do. Like, I think it's fire Aga for most of the game. Once you can get fire Aga, because you can do the item refine thing again. Like you can take, you can literally take it to where you're, um, if you want to go this way, you can bootstrap your way into it where you get, um, the uh fire refine um i forget it's just like fire magic uh upgrade or something like that one of the summon abilities the gf abilities that you unlock it's i forget what it's titled exactly but it's where you can turn magic you can turn certain elements of magic depending on the gf like ifrit for example does fire so you could do like you could turn fire you could turn i think 10 fires into one fire mm-hmm. right and so now you can get a bunch of fires or fires turn those into firas and then turn the firas into fire augas right and then there's certain items that you can use those items will then also convert into fire augas and things like that and you can get cards from the game and turn those cards into those items that then you can turn into magic that you can junction to your abilities you know what i'm saying so like if yeah, you know the i hear what you're so saying you, so, so if you know the systems well enough and you know what cards to look for you know, like, oh, I need this card. So whenever you get those, so it incentivizes using the fucking card game now. 
Yeah. Because you're not just getting those cards to collect cards to fucking collect cards. You're well, collecting these cards because you can be like, oh, I can make a bunch of these items with that card. And now I can fucking, you know, I forget what there's like certain like, like the magic stones. Magic stones, I'm pretty sure just make up straight up like one magic stone using the fire refine ability. You would make like five fire augas or 10 fire augas. So if you have a card that you get, it's like a rare card that you get from some playing cards against somebody, mm-hmm. and you can turn that shit into like 20 fucking magic stones, then fuck yeah. Now you've got a bunch of fire auger that you can apply to your strength stat, like I said before, and now you're just going through and like literally fucking beating bosses in like one attack, you know, in your level nine or eight or whatever the fuck you start Sounds off. Sounds like cheating with extra steps. It's just a way to fucking, it's just a way to play through that game. That's how people speed run it. Yeah. Because then you can turn off the encounters. You don't have to worry about it. You're not leveling up. You're not having to do the battles to draw any magic. You can put that, that's how it goes. Shit gets even crazier. It's because now there's like, you can steal items from enemies as well. And mm-hmm. knowing what items certain enemies have, some of those items, you could do the same shit that I just spat out. Right, yeah. So it's like, that's a whole other level I'm not even fucking familiar with this. So I just guess the opportunities for like, tricky speed running and shit is so fucking open with that game where it's not just this cut and dry you gotta just level grind mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to fucking level grind in that game you can just use the system to like fucking to your advantage your advantage to just boost through it. it's fucking it's good shit like i love that game that's one of the things i love the most about that game switching gears let's talk about the last of us part two remastered i know that uh you're a last of us two I'm I'm the fan. Last of Us fan for sure. Yeah, are you interested in playing the remaster? Are you excited about like some of the um, additional things that they're adding into it? So that's that is what makes me excited about it. If it was just an entire remaster, and that's yeah. it, yeah, I'd probably probably wouldn't play it again. Yeah, mostly like so saying that is because even when they did the remastered version for part one, now they're calling it, and then they did it again. The only reason why I even bought the PS5 version at all was so I could play the Left Behind content that I hadn't played before on the PS3. And I'd bought it on PS3, and I own it on PS3, but I wasn't able to stream it. And that's what I was really wanting to do, was stream it. And okay, because you're unable to stream it on the PS3? Yeah, it has like the... I guess you just can't. I guess for it has No, it has that fucking, whatever it's called, lock on the console... Oh. I can't remember what it's called, but you can turn it off on the PS4. Yeah. Anyway, there's only one way to get by it on the PS3, and you have to have like an HDMI splitter and shit, which I didn't know I had at the time, and it was also like, I just wanted to stream it. So I was like, well, it was like $35 to buy it digitally. I was like, I can go ahead and do that just to play the Left Behind series, which was very short and cool, and arguably should I have paid another $35 for that? Probably not. But now if I want to, I can go through parts one and two and they're both going to look stunning and blah, blah, blah. But it's, for me, as, as far as part two is concerned, it's mostly about it's mostly about like all the content that I'm going to get to play that wasn't in the original game. And I'm not necessarily into like the new roguelike stuff that they're getting into. That might be fun for a little while. And, you know, they obviously they cut all the online shit, too, which I never even played Last of Us online on the first one. So. That's like a whole thing. Well, that, let's 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 go back to the the content. Let's start there because I want to I want to bounce back and forth. Right. So okay. like, they have um, yeah. There's deleted levels. They're calling it lost levels. There was right. something before that though. There was um. 
oh, there's just like new gear. Right. You can do like new costumes. There's not right. like, um Yeah, I don't care about the new costumes. I don't think there I, I want to say I thought there was like a developer commentary or something of that nature or something like that that I saw. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe not. But um yeah, so the idea of like well let's just let's go back to the beginning where we're like talking about the remaster itself. Right. What do you anticipate as far as like graphical improvements? Because I mean, like obviously that game was fucking insane looking on the PS4, but like right. But well, I think that I probably outside of just like a frame rate, if they fix, if they turn it like full on sixty, I can't remember if I played it on PS4 at sixty frames a second or not. No, you didn't. But am I? Is that something I'm going to notice if it's in the remaster? Probably. Yeah, because well, the thing is, you can play it in sixty FPS right. on your PS5 right now. Right. Because they already unlocked that. Okay. But you're talking but, about, like, graphically, you think they did something with textures? and Yeah, I would assume so. My my assumption is they're going to bring it closer to being on par with part one, the remake. Right. Because... Uh, there, there'll probably be some subtle differences here and there. Yeah, no, I, I imagine, um, if I had to guess, it will be... They'll Maybe have some more foliage. Mode. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But uh, the reflections and stuff like that, they'll probably turn turn that up. Right. They'll probably have like a native 4K version versus like a dynamic, you know, 1440p to get the 60 FPS performance mode type mm-hmm. of situation, just like they did with part one. But um, I imagine foliage, they'll like probably render absolutely that foliage. They might, you know, they they might go in and touch up models and shit like that, dude. Like just improve. Like I'm sure Digital Foundry will do a nice little video about that. I'm sure they will. All too. that good stuff. But also they're incorporating um haptics. They're going to incorporate the haptics of the PS5, which I, we haven't even had a conversation about how you feel about those or the adaptive triggers. Well, I, I don't think I've been able to experience it on anything that I've played, honestly. Like, I, like I've said to you, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not, but like I have barely even played my PS5. Like I played the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 PS5 version. Mm-hmm. I played that. I didn't notice too much of a difference there. Uh, I started the Kena game. I played that. It was a launch title. I can't remember if that has adaptive trigger. I don't know. Support. And the only other thing, like outside of that, that I played is GTA Five. That has adaptive trigger. Well, I haven't noticed it then. Well, you should notice it when you're driving. I haven't noticed it. And let's have it turned off. I, I don't know. You might have it turned off by default. That's why maybe like in your system settings you turned it off because you didn't like it in one of the games. Because there's like I've there's never some... I've never gone into those settings. Well, then I don't know. It should be on because I mean, you'll notice in uh, GTA Five, for example, you can um, you can feel like your uh, basically your um, your traction with your triggers. So you can From like the tires. Yeah, and so like when you go to accelerate, if you push past like the barrier, like where you have to like push past it, mm-hmm. you'll break your tires free on the road. If you stay in the like the trigger zone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, like before it clicks. If you click, like that kind of breaks your traction. There's a lot of cool... F- Dude, uh, a great example of it is um, in Guardians of the Galaxy, the, Gar- the Square Enix Guardians of the Galaxy game mm. that came out that nobody played. That's a fucking shame because it's a really good fucking game. Oh, that's what I've heard. <clears throat> I loved it. Like, I've played it more than once. I keep one. I'm thinking about going back and playing it as well because it's I, I there was like I beat that on the PS4 Pro whenever it came out mm-hmm. and then when I was one of the first games I beat on my PS5 cuz I get to play it with like full ray tracing and all that. Yeah. And it was fucking epic and I want to do that again. But it has the adaptive triggers and so there's certain enemies that will break your target. And so like you target like you hold the left trigger to like lock onto somebody and then you use the right trigger to shoot. 
And then it has like kind of the Gears of War reload time. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, what like they which can Gears of War, all of them, like where the when you reload the bar goes across the screen, and if you time the if you tap the button at the right time, it will reload faster, and you'll get um like a boost to your power. It's like a certain realistic at the reload. If time. that was in part one and two, I probably did it. I just you know yeah no it's it's been, it's been the original yeah. Yeah. It's the original. It's the essential. Like it's like a main part of the game. Yeah, because McMichael and I ran through both both of the one and two like within a couple of days. Yeah, it's like a very it's a very emphasized part of the game. Yeah, like when you reload, you always want to do it because then he's like reloads faster. Mm-hmm. Like said you get a little bit of boost. Same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the exact same thing. But there's enemies that when you're locked onto them, they can do like a psychic move that like breaks your lock. And so what it'll do in the game, like if you were playing it on any other console, is it just like pushes your camera like you're locked onto a target. Like you've got your lo- like target lock on them, and it just like pushes you away, and so your camera will just like it'll push your camera away to where you're no longer locked onto them, and it like makes you look to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta like if you don't do it again. right, no, it's a move that they can do. Uh, oh, where okay, when you're yeah, locked yeah, onto yeah. them, because the way that game functions is like basically lock onto an enemy and you shoot the fuck out of them. It's got mm-hmm. that kind of arcadey thing going, and so like if you're locked onto the enemy, they'll push your break your lock. Well, on the PlayStation 5 version, because of the adaptive triggers, it physically forces your finger off the trigger. It physically pushes your finger up to break the lock. So it's like a whole, like, yeah. So fucking bad. But it's like, it, it does, but it's part of the game. Yeah. It's like the whole idea is it's like, it's like they're getting into your controller. It's right. like they're physically breaking your lock. You're like, you son of a bitch. Like, calm down, Hideo Coach. It's not really, yeah, right. Shit. No, and I love that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, I love, like, um, in the Ratchet and Clank games, they do some, a lot of cool stuff with that. Um, even a Resident Evil uh, Village, they do some stuff. Uh, Call of Duty, <clears throat> they say that every gun is supposed to have like the, the real, the real trigger action of the kind of gun that you're shooting in the game. That's interesting. A lot of people turn it off for competitive reasons because you don't want to have any resistance yeah. whatsoever. But far as like just cool immersion, like that's like cool as fuck. Like you feel it. Like you really feel it in the okay. triggers. But um. Returnal is really good about it as well. I thought about buying that. If you, I mean, if you're not into roguelikes, I don't recommend it. It's not necessarily I'm not into roguelikes. I just haven't, like, gotten into them. Yeah. That game, you know know how, like, you know, basically the way it goes is that you play the game for two hours, you die, and then you are all the fuck. Well, so I've I've played games like that. I don't hate them. Yeah. Like, they're fun. I like like those on, like, a multiplayer level. You know what I'm saying? Very single player. I don't know about single player. That's why I'm not so excited about the roguelike features in The Last of Us 2 Remastered. I mean, I might yeah. like them. I don't know. Yeah. But I think what interested me the most in that, and so I guess we can segue into going to that because, I mean, there's really not much else to right. say. As That's far what as, I was... I'm excited about the Lost Levels. Right. I'm excited about that Absolutely. Prospect, checking that out. And like I said, there's some developer-related stuff. I always love that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the, what is it called? No Return? I don't know what it's called. I think that's what it's called the roguelike mode right Anyways, um what interests me about it is that the idea of it kind of reminds me a little bit like there was a fun there was a really fun aspect and this is like uncharted when you play it in multiplayer and you could play as the different characters mm-hmm. but they didn't really have like unique abilities associated with those characters it was just skins basically yeah but this is really cool that like this is obviously not multiplayer but i love the idea of it being um like you have different characters and they have completely different skill sets. Like the way they were talking about um, Abby, obviously being that she's like brutish. Right. She's like a lot of her stuff is about melee. And like you can, as you, so basically you go she's into like more room. of a berserker type. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have different uh, like 
skill paths that you can go through with the different characters. So you don't have to build her up to necessarily be that way. If you exactly. want to be stealthy, there's different options. You could. Uh, yeah, exactly. Presumably. Like they said that like with hers, like one of the abilities that she unlocks, if you go down that route is that like she gains health whenever she kills somebody with a melee attack. Mm-hmm. And so it incentivizes using melee, you know, close right. combat things. Uh, whereas Ellie's was that she unlocks a rifle super early. Right. And then like, you know, the left thing with the snipe, the snipe, uh, sniping people with a bow mm-hmm. and then uh yara having lev with her and right her being like kind of a, ultimately probably a weaker character but having like an assistant with her at all times and right like, who the fuck th- knows now do you think in playing as her do you think you're like having to save your your partner a lot in those instances maybe i'm not sure if you, i don't know if like the whole lev thing is just like works like because in those games well i guess you do have to save every once in a while yeah for the most time they're they're self-contained i imagine you probably will have to yeah but i I don't i wonder if like the idea is that just creating that balance obviously Mm -hmm. that she's just not exactly kitted out because that's not really her character in the game right and like a big part of her character in the game is having lev there to protect her yeah help her out but um i really wonder like tommy because tommy remember he was the sniper right yeah that fucking oh i know yeah so i wonder if he's gonna have like some badass sniper rifle and who even knows? Because like I said, like that Luis guy, mm-hmm. I imagine all those, like Mel was one of the characters. Like if Mel is a character, because I saw her in that screen, yeah. like, then you guarantee the fucking Luis is a character. Absolutely. You know, and so I'm really interested to see what all the other characters you can unlock and what their different abilities are. And that's where it kind of intrigues me because, and also like they didn't really, like they went into it in that video, but I don't know if you noticed that, that we watched a video earlier, but I don't know if you noticed that they talk about when you you beat like a round there's like a hub there's like a base area that you go to that where that's where you can upgrade and you it's like you're in between runs like mm-hmm. like hangout zone that's where you can like get a little upgrade action going and all that was that part of their like you could do like set it up for like daily runs and stuff like that I don't know if that's how they're going to leverage it, like as far as like having like daily runs, because it's not a multiplayer thing. Well, no, they said that you could set it up to just do daily runs. Maybe, because I mean, they had the mods thing too. I just don't know the incentive if it's not like an online infrastructure. You know what I mean? Like daily, like your dailies on an online multiplayer like well, shooter. I don't, I don't know. That's just what they said. Yeah, I just don't know what that means as far as like. I don't know what that means either. Because when you're talking about those dailies, typically that's for like some sort of currency that is used to buy things for some sort of online. Well, maybe that's how you get like higher bonuses or something. Maybe. By doing those well, daily they were, runs They were saying, what they were getting at too is that they were saying you can use the mod system. Right. To also boost mm-hmm. your, the points that you're getting that you're using to unlock new characters. Right. Things like that. So that part of that whole loop of it, and this is my biggest point, like, the the last of us part two has the some of the most incredible fucking combat ever put into a fucking video game oh it was awesome like oh. crawling around through the grass and all that shit was insane like it felt so good it looked insane so building like an arcade roguelike thing around that is kind of that excites me more and we're not going to talk about this today but that excites me more than the god of war roguelike right thing that they brought out because even the much yeah. i like the god of war combat it's very much action arcadey and it's cool, but like The Last of Us Part Two, that shit is so like grounded and just like unique. Like, there's something about like laying in the grass and gritty. You're like laying on your back and you have your bow out and you're like laying in the grass and you see somebody like walking and just the way that she shoots the bow from mm-hmm. like laying on her back and then you like hit them in like the throat and yeah. they're like gurgling and you're just like, oh my god, that was fucked up. Yeah, like. I mean, that's, you know, it's just, it's so fun though. Like the way, and if, 
if you see somebody doing like i remember some at some point stumbling across like a youtube video of like the hardcore mode like whatever it's they call it the hardest mode on that game like playing it because it's like it's uh insta death or uh, not insta death but um permadeath right that's what i think the mode is called permadeath mode and they're playing it like on like the hardest difficulty or whatever and it's just like seeing somebody that's on that level that skill level playing that game and the way that you can it's insane like just jumping out of a window diving into the grass going immediately into like prone Mm -hmm. crawling over here grabbing this person you know just it's just incredible like that high level play of like diverting people over here so they can kill somebody over here and just like watching them just like work (laughs) well going into that like once again that's kind of shit like i don't have time to perfect like if we took this back to where like i was a, a high school kid yeah or in junior high or something and i just had all the time in the world to sit down and play video games yeah i would i would definitely definitely be more into that type of shit yeah but and and just to reiterate once again if this podcast happens to hit some kind of level where we can fucking sit down and just play video games and shit like that you know yeah then yeah i could get i could get into that type of shit but i'm just there to play the fucking game i'm not I'm not, you know, doing master modes or any fucking shit like that. No, and I don't think I'm not. I'm not equating that to being any sort of master mode. I think it's just a way to get one to in, to justify the, you know, whatever the whether you're purchasing the game for the first time or you're paying ten dollars for it. Right. It's, Which it's is also still, super. Well, that's the thing is, like, I mean, dude, like, you're gonna pay. You paid ten dollars for the upgrade for Ghost of Tsushima. It didn't come with. Well, actually, that's a lie. No, that it was more with, than ten dollars. That's why I never well, bought it. It was. It also came with DLC. It came with an entire new island. Like it was an entire deal. Or maybe maybe because I let Cherie borrow my Ghost of Tsushima, maybe she used the ten dollars thing or something. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, when I was trying to upgrade, it wouldn't let me upgrade for ten dollars or whatever it was. Weird. I I wouldn't I wouldn't know. You might have to look into that. But um I'm trying to think of the other games. There's a couple other ten dollar upgrade games, but like they didn't really offer that much like i don't even think there is an upgrade path for the uncharted lost legacy collection i think that was just 70 dollars. i don't know but it was also both games it was the lost legacy and then um uncharted 4 which that game again like this is i'm using this as kind of the barometer to see what they're doing with the last of us part two i mean the last of us part one is a good indicator as well but as far as like because the Last of Us Part One was a remake of a PS3 game that was remastered for the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy were PS4 games that were pushing the graphics. That are graphics are comparable, not not quite on that level, but comparable to The Last of Us Part Two. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. the upgrade from it from the PS4 to the PS5 is noticeable. Like they did improve a lot of things. You know, it takes like the the scientist to sit down and like look and show you like oh this is you know right like when the rendering like this the screen this. Yeah. side by side yeah. shit yeah for sure i mean i watch i eat that shit up and i'll definitely be watching one of the last of us part two when it comes out yeah whenever the remaster comes out i'll definitely be watching videos on that and i'll probably be playing it as well because i i did platinum the last of us part two i didn't platinum the part part one i haven't even beat part one the remake yeah i, I never played it I never... pretty far but I didn't even buy the remake. I got it for free from the PlayStation Plus shit. So um, I never I never really played it. I was just like, oh, that's if I want to. Are you talking about the remake? Which ones are you talking about? Because they haven't. On PS4. It. I'm talking about the PS5 one. Yeah, Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? You just haven't played it? 
I've I've played it. I just haven't beat it. Oh yeah. Well, I haven't even played that one either. I just I did the Left Behind shit, and that was it. But you bought it. You yeah, know, it was yeah. like thirty bucks. Yeah, that's why I think I got it on sale for like thirty bucks. It yeah. was seventy. I know that's why Launched I did for seventy. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna no fucking, fucking do that. No fucking way. But I mean, that being said, I I think I no, I do own the remaster on the PS4 because that was like my PS4 that I got was the re the, the Last of Us remaster version. Oh yeah, and it came with it. it. Came with it. Yeah, and I did play it. I mean, I played it. I think if I'm not mistaken, I borrowed the Last of Us from you. Whenever it came out, you beat it. I you might have. I'm pretty sure that's how I played it. But I got it back, so I don't know if that's true or not. No, you definitely got it back. Because um, I remember I, that was like the only fucking reason that we used the PS3. Because they had a PS3 for a very short amount of time. I think it was like that, and I put Resident Evil 2 on that motherfucker. And that mm-hmm. was like it. That's all I had for it. But it That was, was the last time I played and beat Resident Evil 2 was on the PS3. Because I bought it on the PSP. And for some reason, however that worked out, it was like backwards compatible. Yeah, it was cross. Yeah, it was awesome. Cross buy on. So I just ended up playing on the PS3. Pretty sure it's in the Vita as well. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. No, it was it was good. Like I mean, but like I said, I remember not like I remember liking the Last of Us part, the original Last of Us on the PS3, mm-hmm. but not loving the ending because I and also it was the context because I was playing through the game, I went through that whole ending sequence, and then uh, uh, I think. Bailey or somebody else showed up and were like there while I was playing it. And then like, we were like, we were kind of talking and then that whole ending sequence happens where you're like talking to Ellie. Yeah. And then it was just like credits. And I was like, Oh, well fuck. Like, like I was just kind of, I just, I think in the mode, like if I had been like engrossed, like, you know, like finishing the game kind of situation where there was being disturbed, I might not have hated it as much. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. I thought it was like, mm. well, that was abrupt. I don't know what all the fuss was about that game. Uh, and like going back and playing it again, I was like, oh, okay. And then I played the remaster on the PS4 and was like, damn. Because playing that on the PS4, it was 60 FPS, 1080p, mm-hmm. and it looked gorgeous on the PS4. I mean, especially. I when thought I, it looked great on the PS3, but yeah, no. Yeah. But like playing it on there, like it got rid of all the jaggies. Like the the models look cleaner. It looks super clean because it was native 1080p. Yeah. On a 1080p TV. Like all the, you know, it just looked, it looked great. And then, yeah, so I was one of those that like, you know, I don't understand why they're remaking this shit, but after playing it, I get it. Like there's a lot of cool shit. That's one of the first games I played with the Tempest audio stuff. Like I have the, I got my, whenever I got my 3D Pulse headset. Yeah, that's another thing I haven't really experienced, I don't think. Because the only thing I've used my headset for, and it's not the PlayStation brand, I think it's like ROG or some shit like that, Rogue, however you want to pronounce it. Well, that was one of the things that has, like, all that audio stuff built into it for PS5. But I've only used it for, like, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Yeah, which you wouldn't get any of the benefits right. of that with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that's a definitely one that you should check out because they say that that is, like, essential for beating it in the harder modes, like, in the harder difficulties. The Last of Us? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> well... I don't know that, but I know there are like certain things you got to be like listening for and shit like that. Yeah, no, like, and it's like a whole other experience because you can like literally be like, they're right there. Yeah. You can just hear people and it's like, it's a whole different experience. Like knowing like, oh, there's a fucker over here. There's somebody mm-hmm. in that room over there because they do really good job with like the ambient like sound. Because that's something that's interesting too is that people don't ever talk about this is um, there is like people use ray, you can use ray tracing for audio as well. Oh, huh. 
Yeah. You can use That's ray tracing to me. bounce them to have audio bounce. Like, so now, you know, your audio source is coming from like that room inside that hallway. And even this factor as much as like, it's in that room, in that hallway and the doors cracked. And so how the sound reverberates through that room, off the door, through that hallway, down to where you're at is completely different. That is wild. And so me. they can use rays, ray tracing in order to calculate that. And so get like the fuck out of town. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm like all in on the whole tip. It's like, I didn't really give a shit about like the first game I think I ever played that actually had shit to do with the audio was that a uh, Hellblade. Okay. And we talked about that where mm -hmm. like, it's the whole, you know, you can hear people yeah. walk around you, but that's in your head or whatever. But yeah. But that's not really the point. So, but you're not really, so the rogue, so here's, here's my question. And this will segue into our next okay. topic is, uh, it seems like, and I mean, I don't, you know, I assume they've been working on this for a minute as far as the roguelike thing. Maybe not, but it seems kind of funny that they released, they announced The Last of Us Part 2 because I was under the impression that this Last of Us Online thing, if it wasn't intended to be a live service thing that was going to be extended on for years and years and years, that they were going to tag it on to The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Yeah. And it was going to be just like the online mode comes with that much what they're doing with this roguelike mode but it seems like the 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 ambition of this online project was a lot bigger and the intention was for it to be like a destiny type thing and yeah ultimately the topic that we're getting into is the fact that that shit was canceled yes and so that's just not so. happening anymore for all the reasons of they recognized apparently that they would have to support the fucking thing which right you know i'm not saying that that's like a, a dumb oversight to like not recognize that you're gonna have to support this thing for a long time but i can understand like but weren't not... you saying they were like sending bungie in there to like well that's the thing is that they sony bought bungie with the intention of using because they're on sony's on this live service initiative right it was started by fucking jim ryan assumingly he's the big champion of it but he's also leaving like i think in like april of this year mm -hmm. is when he leaves like he's already announced that he's leaving and uh, so I don't know if that initiative is changing. I don't know how much of it was being driven by him. I don't fucking know. But the idea was they bought Bungie in order to use their expertise to lend to all these different live service projects that they're working on. And that Bungie went through their studios that were working on these projects and suggested that they fucking, like, this is all speculation. But, right. But it seems as if they went to Naughty Dog and said, hey, this isn't going to work or you're going to have to do this or like gave them the reality or yeah. And then they were like, yeah, that's not what we want to. Exactly. On. Because I mean, yeah. they, that's what they essentially naughty dog said was like, we realized that if we wanted, we would have to be a last of us online studio mm -hmm. instead of making the next first part, you know, like, and I'm hoping that that whatever this project that they're not just, they've just not just been fucking focused exclusively on this online project this whole time. And then now I have to wait forever for the last of us part three or well, I don't even know if it, cause I mean, I don't know. I mean, we will probably have to wait forever for the last of us part three. I feel like if they're doing it in the logistical way that they would ideally do it is that they're timing it to where it would line up with the last, where the season, the whatever season that they're finishing this last of us part two story right. is, you know, coming to its end and it'll yeah, coincide. Let's hope we're not getting game of throned over here. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, I don't know. Like, well, the thing is, he won't be because, you know, George R. R. Martin isn't literally producing the fucking show. Right. Like, he didn't produce Game of Thrones. He was on it in the beginning helping write, but, like, the showrunners were those other dudes, uh, David Benioff or whatever, 
mm-hmm. whatever the fuck their names are. But um, the point being is that like Bungie comes in, maybe they see that you know it's not getting there. They give them the cold hard truth, and then they decide to cancel it. But my question was regarding that: Do you feel like, do you feel like the roguelike thing has anything to do with the the online thing? Do you think that there was like, do you think that there's taking like concepts that were intended for this online game? Like, what if this was a mode? Well, let's that let's was go in ahead. the Last of Us Online. Let's go ahead and say that I do believe that they were taking that aspect because here's here, and this is from comicbook.com. This is one of the things that I wanted to put in there real quick. This is kind of how they like closed the article out. Was that that Naughty Dog had also noted that it'll take its learnings and the technology for what they called the Last of Us Online and apply it to their future games. So they they didn't mention mention anything about future games or how they were going to salvage the future multi projects, multiplayer projects, but that their main focus is going to be like the single player games. So maybe in the future, like say we do get the last of us three that now that they can take all the stuff they learned from what they were going to intentionally do for the last of us online multiplayer stuff and just kind of route it into that. Yeah, no, I mean, I ultimately, fuck, I wish they would have just done that in the first place. Because, I mean, that's my argument about this whole canceling thing. It's like, why? Why does it have to be this ongoing thing for years? Why can't it be? Like, because, I mean, dude, people are still fucking playing The Last of Us online. Right, and aren't, aren't, aren't the original still playing Red Dead online, too? The original? Right. Maybe. I'm not sure about that. But I know that The Last of Us, the original Last of Us uh, online shit is still going. Mm-hmm. people are still playing it and it's like i get that they want to be able to monetize the fuck out of it and have this thing where they're constantly selling like season passes and things and people are right. spending money on currencies and all that shit i get that but and i mean ultimately i get it that the well how's the, how's rockstar able to do this because i well they're their own solo company right rockstar rockstar i mean no they're owned by take two right and Take Two owns like a bunch of studios. They're not like Sony Entertainment owned or Microsoft owned. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, they're definitely not a first right. party studio. But they they can take the time to build this huge online multiplayer thing and then sink money into it and all this fucking shit. Why isn't it? Well, like, dude, even like, a thought that Naughty Dog could be able to do the same thing, especially if Sony already owns Bungie. That's an extremely complicated. Yeah, but that situation. Then, then Naughty Dog would take dude. Fucking Grand Theft Auto Online wasn't built in three years. It um, was built over the last decade. Well, I'm aware of that. Remember, but, whenever Grand Theft Auto Online came out for for whenever GTA Five came out, and then the online service launched like a few months after that. Right. It was, it was total dog it, shit. It wasn't dog shit, but it had problems, and then it got right. better, and then it was what it was, and then it's evolved into what it is. You know what I mean? And they they literally the whole fucking you're actually you're making the point for naughty dog because rockstar outright said you know sorry for you guys that wanted dlc for fucking gta 5 but like we're too busy on this gta online shit they were too busy on that and they were too busy on their next big project which was red dead 2 yeah and so that's why they didn't because that's one of the big things that people are saying they're like they're really hoping that they're building the idea of having single player dlc into gta 6 and they're not going to just go down that route of having like a story and then just 
Because, like, I would have loved to have some fucking single-player DLC for that game. They did a bunch for GTA 4. Right. That was the best part of GTA 4, you know, was their DLC, apparently. But I never really played it, and I guess that's the whole point, is that... I I mean, I, I've seen numbers, and they're like, you know, we're talking, like, 25%. You know what I mean? So, like, you sell a game, whatever it is, and you get your initial sales. Grand Theft Auto right. obviously gets stupid fucking sales. But they're only getting a quarter of those sales on the content, the DLC that they're making for it. So how much is it worth it? Right. You know what I mean? Ultimately, you know, it's like one of those situations where... Especially when you're making money hand over fist doing the online stuff. Yeah, that's ultimately what it is. And that was where, like, the last or Naughty Dog had to take, like, they had to make the fucking creative decision. Do we want to become an online studio? Right. Because that's what happened to Grant. That's what happened to fucking Rockstar. I mean... If it wasn't for the fact that they were all fucking all hands on deck for the Red Dead Redemption 2 and that single player whole fucking crazy experience, they probably would have lost a lot of their best people Mm -hmm. because people aren't going to stick around to work at a company that's not doing what they're passionate about doing. They're going to be like, hey man, I want to make a single player badass story driven game. I don't want to keep making fucking assets, Mm -hmm. new cars. I mean, that's even like, you know, it requires different kinds of people. Like, you know, maybe they don't need the same people like, you know, making fucking new animals, right. new assets like that. They're just making cars and like the occasional. Cause I mean, like it's obvious that Rockstar, you know, they were working on some shit. Like that's why I, I feel strongly that whatever it is that Naughty Dog is next single player game is that they're a ways into it. Surely. Hopefully. Fucking Surely. hopefully. Like Jesus, I hope so, man. I hope it's not like, cause I mean. Well, that was probably what it, the, ultimately the decision came down to was like, Hey, we're already balls deep in our next game. And we have this going on too. We're going to have to shut one of these two fucking things down. Yeah. And you know what? We are more of a creative. Well, I mean, they, they wasn't that necessarily online. Like, cause they said like they could have released it, like they could release it, but it's a matter of supporting it. Right. And if they release it, they have to support it. And, and I'm just like, I wish that they hadn't started with that model, even though I get it. Like it's, you know, you would be dumb if you're in their position to not chase that shit because like, that's the difference. It's like, you can say like, okay, you can make a game for, you know, $300,000 or $300 million. Right. Mm. And then make 700 million on or whatever. Right. It's like, okay, we made a billion dollars and that's a fucking, that's a, that's a huge reality is it's probably like, we made a game for three hundred million over a period of five years, and then we're making a turning a profit of like a couple hundred million at when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And that's like in a perfect world. And that's if you don't just fail right. and lose money. And so to do that and the difference between that and spending the probably considerably like a say presumably minuscule amount of money that it would take to support a game like Fortnite. Or even a game like Destiny or whatever, and make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off of that shit. You know what I mean? The profit margin is just so much more significant whenever you get into these live service games. Mm-hmm. And it's like if they could just get one, it's like gambling. It's like if you could just hit once, right? Then now you're good. And that was their ideas. They were going to throw a bunch of them at the fucking wall and hopefully find one that sticks. And that's why they hired Bungie to help them sort out which one would stick. Mm-hmm. And apparently it wasn't. The Last of Us Online. Right. Presumably. And then also they were like, they were like, you know, you could probably make this work, but you're going to have to do all this. 
you're going to spend the next two years after releasing it on expansions and all this shit because mm-hmm. they were trying to make it. Who's to say they couldn't like dedicate a team that's not working on their next IP? Well, I mean, people aren't, you know. That's a huge gamble, I understand. Well, I'm just saying if like. If it did take off, then why wouldn't you just assign a whole nother crew to it and be like, hey, here's the outline. This is what I mean, we're doing with it. Because you're talking about like. One- it's already bringing in the money. Because you're not talking about that, that was their whole point. It wasn't necessarily that they wouldn't make money off of it, it was that they would have to use that talent elsewhere. They would lose talent to work on that project. Well, that's what I'm saying is why wouldn't they just hire a whole team that's outside of their individual teams that they use on their single player campaigns? Why wouldn't they just hire another team just dedicated to that? Because you're, I mean logistically you you can say the words hire a new team but like what does that entail you know naughty dog the ground naughty dog is a studio right and they have a building and that building has so much room in that building and i'm not saying that this is that they have a fucking room issue at naughty dog but to hire a new team that costs a fuckload of money to hire a new team of people a new team of artists that all have to like you know because like these companies like that make these kind of games like you don't just like you can't just hire a new team of people and be like, all right, get to work on the next Uncharted and it's going to be like the next Uncharted. Right. Like it takes well, a we've quality. Seen that. We've takes, seen that. It takes a development of culture, you know, over time, workflows, dealing with the tools, dealing with the, you know what I mean? The, just the dynamics and all that and they work well together and like this is a team of people. Mm-hmm. They don't just have like fucking artists. They can just be like, hey, we need seven more artists and they're like, here you go and there's artists and they can just make your shit or whatever or whatever it is that you need. Creative designers, whatever the fuck it is. Like, there's a finite amount of these talented people in the industry Mm -hmm. and then there's also the aspect of how much money are you putting into it and is it worth the risk and then like, like you just said, like, they could take, like, why couldn't they just, you know, because that's more money no matter what it is, whether it's, hiring more people, whether it's spending the money or whether it's taking people off of other projects mm-hmm. to work on it, no matter what, whatever you do, it's less that's going towards that next thing. Right. And they wanted to make the creative decision to be like, hey, we don't want to be a fucking online team. Because what if, well, like, think about it, like, think about if it is successful. And now they got the people upstairs, Sony, being like, hey, motherfuckers, why are you focusing on this single player shit? All our money's being made over here. Yeah. Cause it's all suits, man. It's all execs. Oh, you're and shit. right. You're right. You know what I mean? It's not always creative motherfuckers that are making those decisions. And as long as they're like, we're making the money, we're making everybody happy doing our single player thing. If we fuck that up, if we start making multiplayer games that are just as fire and they make even more money, then that's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it was the whole fucking, I mean, to turn this back to me, but like it was the whole concept of me going on tour. It's like I could have went out on tour with X band. I'm not going to name any names, but I could have had those opportunities. Like, but I recognize that even though it was like, oh, we only need you to go out for a three leg tour by doing that. That's what I would be doing. Right. Because I would have to give up my house gig. I would have to give up the, like, I would have to like step out of like the, like my market mm-hmm. and go out there. And so whenever I got off that tour, I would more than likely be jumping onto the next. Oh, right on to the next, yeah. And that was like not what I wanted to do, even though like at the time it was like, oh, it's three months or six months. And it's like, okay, I can just do that and then be good. And it's like, but then after that, it's like, what am I going to do? Right. I'm going to go on tour again. And that's what I'm going to do. And I just didn't want to tour. So fair enough. So like I couldn't do that in my 40s. That's fair enough. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if I were the suits, which obviously I'm, I'm no in no position. Yeah. 
you know, to say how shit's actually working, how money's allocated at all. I just yeah, and that's the like, thing is those suits are the same people that have no insight as about they have they don't know what the fuck you're about to say. They don't understand what you're about to say. Right. So go ahead and say what you're gonna say. But what I was gonna say was is just essentially like if I were the suits, why wouldn't I just be like, Okay, cool. Well, we can just hire people in and throw it in this team. Obviously it's making money, right? Obviously it's making money. Well they they haven't yet. That's the thing. Well, that's the other like And you realize that a lot of these like as far as like hiring people and all that, like you don't know you're gonna come out with a Fortnite. You know? That's the that's what I was gonna it is a gamble. It's always a gamble. And it's not to say that Naughty Dog isn't the pedigree to do it, but like I said, there is the psychology of maybe they didn't want to do that because what if they did do it right? It's like the yeah. psychology of like why I don't like to like put money in a slot machine. Because I'm afraid I'm gonna win. And then if I win, I'm gonna be stuck in that fucking cycle of thinking I can win. Right. And if they succeed at multiplayer, then the people that get to count the money are going to be like, hey, keep doing that. And they're going to be like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, too fucking bad. Mm -hmm. Like, do that or fucking find another job because that's making us way more money than that other shit you were doing. Yeah. Even though they were making a shitload of money before, it's all relative, man. It's just like why, you know, Fortnite is, Fortnite is the most fucking popular game on the fucking planet. But, you know, Epic is also having mass layoffs because they're fucking apparently imploding. Yeah. Like how? How is that possible? You guys are making stupid Spider-Man costumes. And I mean, yeah, they're, you know, you got to pay licensing and all that stuff for that, but like it's not exactly the most like graphically intensive Spider-Man costume I've ever fucking seen. Mhm. Mm and people are buying the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like the fuck out of everything that you're buying or you're putting up there. Like it's just but somehow you couldn't make that work. You know what I mean? Like it's all Well, the how many people have actually bought Fortnite as a game? It's it's free, right? Yeah, it's a free game, man. Yeah. But all this content they're putting in is like... Dude, there's so much money that gets spent yeah. on fucking currency. It's ridiculous. Because of like parents accidentally fucking not monitoring that their credit card's tied to their fucking kid's PlayStation. <laughs> the kid fucking drops like $1,000 on Fortnite shit. I've heard that story from from people i know yeah like, like people i know being like that motherfucker kid got me for like 400 fucking dollars before i realized it fuck that fuck that shit it's crazy the amount of money that you can that is possible because when you think about the abundance like how the sheer volume of shit that's available to buy on that storefront and to get to that level and to get to that notoriety because i mean they're not selling you know a fucking abby skin mm -hmm. for the last of us they're selling fucking spider-man or Thanos. Right. You know what I mean? Like, can the can Naughty Dog compete with that? Well, sure. Or, or do they ride the hype of like, oh, Uncharted 5 or The Last of Us Part 3 and people right. are like, oh, fuck, yeah, fuck, yeah. And like, they can build that and blow it out and like, here it is and people buy it and then they can fucking re-release it three more times over the next decade because mm -hmm. that's what they do now. Like, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many things like that where like, you know, you look at, um, like, look at The Last of Us Part Two. Right. They spent fucking five years, however long they spent making that game. It was immaculate. It came out. People fucking, people bought it. It was critically received well. Some people, you know, I would say like user, the user score was far different than their critic score. The critic scores were like in the nines. The user scores were like down the, like the fives and shit like that. Like people hated on it, but it still sold like gangbusters. They made a bunch of money off of it. They let this dust settle. They do the part one thing. They resell that. 
now they're selling it again by upgrading it again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, I, I remember at one point in time they were like heavily discounting The Last of Us 2 because of all that fucking shit that transpired. Oh, I'm sure. It's hard to know. You know what I mean? You can anecdotally mm. look at the store and be like, oh, there's all this fucking, all this hate on The Last of Us Part 2 and now, you know, four months later it's on sale for 60% off, but The Last of Us Part 1 was received very well and I got that bitch half off. Right. And it wasn't that long after it came out. You know what I mean? Sony is more mm-hmm. more inclined to do sales. They're definitely not Nintendo when it comes to that shit. Like they're not afraid yeah. to put their shit on sale pretty pretty quickly for the most. How much part. money? Like okay, let's let's say theoretically Nintendo decides to take this business model as well. What business model are we talking about? Like where where they decide? Oh, we can discount our games and we'll just fucking make hand over fists money off of that, or we just keep them at the price we put them out at. Maybe offer like fifteen dollars off occasionally, you know. Like, do you think Nintendo would hurt themselves, yes. or would they be making a shit ton of money? No, I think they would hurt themselves. Why do you feel like that's the case? Because the Nintendo consumer understands that the value of that game is not going down, so I might as well buy it for full price. I might as well buy it day one. But does that does that translate to digital as well? I mean, it did for me for a while there. Yeah, I mean, do I think it should be the same? No, I think that there is a kind of a little if iffy about that because the whole idea of like, should a game cost sixty dollars in store when I'm getting a physical cart for the physical retailer and all that shit, but then paying the exact same amount for that thing right. digitally? No, and I think that it would probably. I mean, not that they need to do anything to boost their digital sales because it is the predominant seller. Seller mm-hmm. is digital sales. Um, it would probably. I mean, it would make me feel better about it, but. No, I don't think that. I think that Nintendo would definitely be hurting themselves by offering cons- consistent sales. Like, I think whenever you go onto the eShop and you see fucking Mario Odyssey on sale for 20% off six years after it fucking came out, and you go, ooh, I already have that fucking game, but I still went, ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's the Nintendo yeah, magic, man. Yeah, that's true. They have trained us to understand that there's value there. Like you're gonna pay fifty or sixty dollars for Smash Brothers Ultimate because mm-hmm. if you're gonna you're gonna buy you're gonna buy it. Mario Kart Eight, prime example. That motherfucker has never been on sale, not once probably. Like, look at the console. Fuck, did you ever consider that? I uh, well, no. But did they... you ever consider that? Do you, how many consoles have you ever known that have never dropped their price their entire fucking lifetime? That's fair. With the exception of consoles that failed before their time, like a Dreamcast. I don't know if they ever price dropped it, but I imagine they did. I imagine they were forced to price drop it at some point. But the Switch is not only has the Switch price not dropped, but they're still outselling fucking everything. I mean, for the most part. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. That's never happened before. Never, not once. And in fact, you say like, oh, the PS2 is the highest selling console of all time. They had several refreshes. They had right. several price drops. Switch, not once. They have different versions. They cost different prices. You can get the 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 light, you know, and it's cheaper, but that motherfucker's never been like has never had a price drop. Not once. Well, I feel like we also live in an age where we have a lot more collectors now too. There are motherfuckers that are fucking uh, what do you call them? Digital creators, content creators. Yeah. That have gone out 
and just because they are collectors have bought like every iteration of the switch console oh for sure specifically to have every iteration for sure but that's a that's switch a niche console. thing and i mean that that is that is a niche thing but i'm not saying it's not somewhat i mean it could be common amongst people but the point being is that all these other consoles have had price drops the ps4 had a price drop i don't know if the ps4 pro ever had a price drop but i don't know if that necessarily even fucking counts because the thing about the ps4 pro is that the ps4 pro was hard to get from the beginning no absolutely yeah like and so i don't think they never had to because they didn't make that many of them they really mm-hmm. didn't like but the ps base ps4 the motherfucker got a price drop and a slim model yeah you know what i mean that coincided with like the slim model of the switch was the light and that's the only justification but you literally lost functionality with it and then right. they have a premium model of it with the oled so it's like yeah like how nobody's ever fucking done that before well, they don't have a handheld on the market anymore either and this is something I've been saying like since <clears throat> forever, and especially like during the the Wii U era, wherever they were having such a difficult time with sales and and all of that stuff. And that was even with the 3DS and stuff. I was like, well, 3DS market went up, and I, the first thing I'd I'd said was I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking about like the future generation of consoles, and this is before a switch was ever announced or a ps4 or like any of this shit at this point in time i was like well if for some reason N- nintendo is having this hard of a fucking time selling like home consoles they're going to go straight to handheld is it because their handheld market dominates in every generation it's ever been it yeah and why would they not make that business decision it's and I kind of, I kind of almost saw it coming when they did have like the gamepad and stuff. I was just like feeling like the technology wasn't there. Yeah, I mean that seems to be that seems to be what Iwata's plan was, right? Because that was the switch was finishing his. Oh, absolutely, plan. yeah, yeah. But I, I've been saying that before I even knew any of that fucking shit. It's just and, a smart fucking business decision. And honestly, I mean, it could have been a matter of the technology or whatever. But like, I don't think. I don't think they would have been rushed or forced into that decision as quickly, like to releasing the Switch and all right. that, had they been smarter with the way they built the Wii U. Because, I mean, it's funny to me to think about, like, like you could say just the marketing of the Wii U sucked, but ultimately the problem with the Wii U was the fact that all the third parties abandoned it because of the architecture of the fucking thing. They'd had, right. They didn't have enough RAM for people. They were pissed off about that. And they were pissed off. It was a power PC architecture and it was different. Whereas like everybody else was going like, we're doing X86 mm-hmm. the way everybody's fucking, everybody's working in the same shit. Just makes things easier. And like, they didn't go that route. And so had the Wii U been able to compete at least like architecturally to the other consoles, I don't think they would have been forced into that as quickly, but like what was the whole, nobody even knew that there was a new fucking nintendo console i remember being at work i remember at the time when the wii u came out it was whenever i was like back you know working with like um uh chris the guy that likes to argue with you at work all the time i'm not gonna use his last name yeah but um i remember saying that specifically about like the wii u and they're like what the fuck is that and i was like it's the new nintendo console and everybody's like what there's a new nintendo console and i'm like yeah it's called the wii u and it's like oh you saw that shit in the store you were like is this like a tablet mm-hmm. for my wii like i don't understand what the fuck this thing is you kind of had to be in the know a bit, but then there wasn't anything to be like, you know, obviously there wasn't like a fucking new Zelda. 
Right. The only Mario's that they had was like Mario 3D World, which ultimately, you know, it's a good game, but it wasn't a Mario Odyssey. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't on that level. And there was a whole, like, I remember that whole era of the fucking Wii U where it wasn't just, it was catching up with software. Like I watched all those Nintendo directs with Iwata explaining Mm -hmm. that like we underestimated the workload and the increase in development time that requires to do HD game development. Right, yeah. And it took them a while to catch up. And that was, you know, that was Mario Odyssey. That was one of those games. Mm -hmm. Those games were all meant for the Wii U. Right. Like, they were, that would have been it. Like, I mean, honestly, fucking, in Nintendo's mind, Tears of the Kingdom would have been a Wii U game. Absolutely, You know what I mean? Because they probably didn't intend on it taking fucking 10 years to make two Zelda games. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but they didn't realize that at the time. They were like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to fucking make a new Zelda and it was going to be like a three-year project. Now, this is this is going to go to be going on another tangent. So remember where we're at right here so we can come back to it. But <clears throat> do you think that now that they have the forethought into this now that they've they've had this problem before, do you think that all the games that have been coming out on the Switch... Do you think that they have made them to where it'd be easier to move them over to the next generation, the console? Yeah, they already did that. They've already made statements about that. Right. That's why they started the Nintendo Switch or the Nintendo Online ID thing. Yeah, but I mean... It's now all account-based. Now now it's easier for them to go in and retexture things or remodel things. Are you talking like 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 a presumably a Switch 2 like upgrade? Right. Um, see, that's where, that's where things get interesting, because, um, the whole point I made about the PlayStation 4 thing, it's like, I don't know, I don't know the architecture of, like, I know that there is a, a, a difference between a PS4, uh, native app, or a PS5 native app, mm-hmm. and that what you can do to, like, upgrade that game, you know what I mean, as far as, like, on a PS4 native app, you can unlock the frame rate, but you can't increase like the LOD. You can't increase the resolution. You can't do things like that. So when it comes to like the Switch 2, you know, could Nintendo go back? I don't know. Like I, it would depend on how they 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 develop all this because if the Switch 2 is like has some, something built into it, like the smart delivery thing that the Xbox has, then yeah, I, I imagine they could do a lot of cool shit like that, and it wouldn't be an issue. Well, let's say let's not even let's not even talk about that necessarily, but let's talk about when they moved from the 3DS to the new 3DS, and there were specific games that you could only play on the new 3DS that you couldn't play on the original 3DS. I think it'll be a little bit. Um, I think it'll be a little bit smoother than that. That was a they were that was like an experimental era, right? But do you think not they exactly were experimenting that with out. that because of the shortcomings they had previously? Well, I mean, that's why they made the fucking new 3DS. Right. was because of that very reason. Right. Like, I forget sometimes that I have a new 3DS XL. It's not Mm -hmm. just a 3DS. Right. And that there's different iterations of it. Because, I mean, fuck, there's there's a a 3DS, there's a 3DS uh, XL, and then there's the... The th- yeah, because they never came out with it. There is no, there is no new 3DS in America. Right. They only came out with the, the new XL. 3DS XL. Yeah. And then they came out with the 2DS. Mm-hmm. And the 2DS is the new 2DS. It's not an old 2DS. Right. Not the three old 3DS. Yeah. And then there's the 2DS XL. Yeah. Too many, too many fucking models. 
Yeah. But that's where, you know, it's Nintendo. But um, I don't think, I think they'll be smoother about it. I think it'll be cross-gen games. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, like we were saying, like Metroid Prime 4 right. is a Switch game and a Switch 2 game. But then at a certain point, it'll get to the where, you know, we're leaving the old gen behind. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll take Nintendo to do that. I mean, fuck, you know, this whole this whole last generation is a weird no, absolutely. indicator and all that. I don't think they intended on dragging out as long as they did. So, but it's also Nintendo. They do whatever the fuck Nintendo wants to do. I think it'll ultimately depend on the same thing that that made them do so many cross platform or cross generation games. This generation is that the numbers. Like it's just like if there's twenty million switches out there and or a tw- I'm sorry twenty million Switch twos out there in the wild, and there's a hundred and twenty million Switch ones, then yeah, probably Luigi's Mansion Four is probably going to come out on the original Switch too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably, but if it's like the fucking Switch 2 comes out and it's just like it's at a trajectory that is beneficial for them to just prop up the sales of that, you know what I mean? The new platform, mm-hmm. and it's beneficial for them to have those be exclusives to the new platform, then I think they'll I think they'll go that way. But I think in the beginning, for at least the first year or two, at least, there'll be a lot of cross-platform games. Because I think that was the whole intent. Like, they've already made uh, had interviews regarding the whole why they implemented the new online system and how in the future it's not going to be so... Because they've talked about that. Like, people have asked... Like had There have been interviews with them talking about what their plan is as far as next generation. And all they've said is that their primary concern is the tricky nature of migrating this user base from the switch to the next platform right like they're not being completely fucking idiotic about it like they seem to have been before where it was right oh well you know because i mean i say they're idiotic but the wii u was completely backwards compatible with the wii like in ways that oh yeah that the switch wasn't Mm -hmm. like you could use fucking wii remotes on the wii u and all that and like but that was the thing too is that some games somewhat well i guess no games required it but it felt like some games required it well, Nintendo's always been really good about like previous gen peripherals. Nintendo made peripherals moving Not really. over to the next generation of consoles. At least I mean, in, at least since fucking at least the Wii. Right. Well the, the Wii GameCube was, moved. Like, that was they, it. That's what I'm saying. From the Wii, because the Wii had GameCube's backwards compatibility. Right. And had GameCube ports. Right. And then the Wii U. Right. And then that's it. Well, did they not? Well, the GameCube makes more sense because they got the Game Boy attachments, and even on Super Nintendo, they had Game Boy. Well, attachments. the Game Boy attachment wasn't like um, that was like um. They've always had that kind of fourth. That was that's a why, cross. That's why they always had those serial ports on the bottom, whether they use them. Yeah, or Yeah, no, that's the a real thing. Purpose. I mean, yeah, like the they've they, always had that in mind, though. Yeah, well, because they're all about the modularity kind right. of situation, but no, I would say like I I don't see like I don't see it being like a like a supporting line because you're talking about like com- like cross like shaking hands with the with the handheld market you know with like the super game boy mm-hmm. or my game boy player right gamecube there but like as far as like backwards compatibility you go nes to super nintendo like you're not playing any there's no compatibility between the nes and the super right nintendo. there's no compatibility between the super nintendo and the nintendo 64 there's compatibility with the GameCube to the Wii and the Wii to the Wii U, but then there's nothing obviously with the Switch. I mean, 
Right. I will say that I think it's funny that people people describe the Switch as being like them abandoning their old ideas in a way of like Nintendo going back to the way things were. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Things got motion controls in it. It's got like touch all of screen. it. It's got touch screen. It's got it's yeah. all of it. It's the only thing it doesn't have is two screens. But I mean, you have right. that with. I mean, you can't do the dual screen experience thing because of the way it's. Didn't they have? Didn't they have like a thing where you could have two switches, like kind of together? Like isn't that what one two switch kind of shit you could do? Or there was did? some games like some party games where you could do yeah. shit like that. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's not something that you could like build a game around. You couldn't build enough. like you couldn't make like zombie U that requires you have two switches. Right. You know what I mean? Be like, oh well fuck you. Or like doing the or like you were talking about like having a DS support. Right. And like that would be really badass. See, that's yeah. another thing that we don't have. Do you think that's something they're thinking about when they're moving over to the second switch? No. No. They don't they don't want to bring DS games no. to Nintendo online? No. I don't know that it's, I mean, I want, I think it's too much of a hurdle for them to sort out. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Because of the dual screen aspect. I'm saying I, yeah, but why, the why, implication couldn't, is, why couldn't we use the Switch the same way, or at least the Switch 2, the same way that we use the Wii U gamepad? Because that requires you to have it docked, but not docked. Yeah, um, until you move to a Switch 2. Okay. Where they could obviously put something in the dock. Okay, so you're basically just saying it would be like a a Wii U. I don't know. That sounds like a Wii U. Right. So, I mean, in order for it to, to render things to your TV and render things to a screen either requires it to be a streaming device... Or it requires you to have double the hardware, which is double the costs. Right. Or half the power. Right. They're already putting chips in the docks now anyway, right? For the OLED and shit. Uh I maybe. I'm not sure. It's nothing that's not like dude. What do you mean by chip? Well, I, I just know Do that you mean do you mean like a fucking NVIDIA Tegra GP or an Integra uh, No, NVIDIA? not at all. Tegra APU? Absolutely not. Because that's what it requires for it to render Zelda Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom on your Nintendo Switch. And if you were to have a game that rendered it on the Nintendo Switch as well as your TV, it would require enough processing in that box, in that dock, to do both. Unless it was processing it all at the dock and then streaming it to your tablet, which is just a Wii U. Well, let's think about it this way. So how how much? There's how, probably some Nintendo geniuses in there being like, "You idiot! You forgot about our third option." It's like some shit I can't even comment. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, you fucking." But here's boy. what I'm thinking right now: the processors that are in the original Switch. Uh huh. How much cheaper do you think they've gotten since the since the Switch at the market? And we'll never know because Nintendo hasn't dropped the price on that motherfucker. Exactly. They were cheap before they were selling them, man. But could I? Let's just say they were like a couple generations here. old when they started making yeah, it. Hypothetically, here, if all we wanted to do, and I we're going on another fucking million year long tangent here, yeah. But could they not just put the original chip from the original Switch in the dock with some streaming capabilities, with the new beefier Nintendo Switch Two, and not give me the DS experience for a four hundred dollar price point, maybe four fifty. I mean, no. 
fuck no. But um, I also think about like what you're talking about. Like you like do you know how fucking complicated that is the program for? No, I don't. Like that sounds absurd. Like you're talking about programming software to run on two devices at the same time to be like an integral part of how it functions the game to be communicating with two different devices at the same time like this is rendering this part of it this is rendering another part of it yeah. do they not do these with the, the cables and like, for not, the fucking not the nintendo advanced the fucking game boy advanced with the cables and shit that was different though that was different because the Game Boy Advance was just like a glorified fucking map. It wasn't like you're fucking rendering the second screen of an action game and you're doing all your swipe attacks with the touch screen over here and then it's doing something different on the TV at the same time that's all like integrated in, on a, in a DS fashion or a 3DS fashion. Maybe I'm just thinking about how things would be in a And you're literally... And here's the thing too, and this is my point from the very beginning, is that all of this... It's to literally just have some DS ports on the fucking Nintendo Switch Online. Like, there's no fucking way they're going to do but it. But it would be amazing, wouldn't it? It would be amazing, and the Wii U was your every opportunity for that, and I'm sorry that that went out, you know, the fucking window. But, you know, that is what it is, I guess. Well, well here's the and I don't thing. know how the fuck we got from The Last of Us Online being canceled to the fucking, this hypothetical fucking pipe dream of a fucking Nintendo console. Well, number one, because I'm a hypothetical person. I mean, clearly, clearly, Mister, I hate speculation, but um, but I'm not saying like I've been looking at all these things, all these leaks, and blah right. blah blah. Did you not see the the patent that showed the? No, dual, I didn't. You asked me about that shit. I saw the that patent, there, the dual there was thing, like yeah. at one point in time, but that's yeah. not like what brought this conversation forth. Yeah, no, no, I know that. I'm just saying that you did bring I'm it up. I'm not saying, well... I, but to, to be fair, when you brought it up, I didn't know if you were going down that road. Absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, oh, is he going to go back to this? Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't, I don't... See, that's why I hate motherfuckers that do that type of shit. But they're all like... They'll make an entire episode about how like they think that this is going to be what they're doing and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. I'm not doing that. All I'm saying is like... Yeah, uh, RGC... I want to get to a point to where like we're like, well, what would keep them from doing that? And you're the logic... You're the logical sense here that's saying, well, this is why that wouldn't happen. I just think that that would be idiot. fucking... And I mean, if we're going back to the point before of why the Wii U failed, that seems like a recipe for disaster, disaster for them. I think their best bet is to do exactly what the Switch is, but beefier. And it has enough hard hardware or enough power hardware-wise that developers are happy with it, that they find it easy to port their games for. Well, here's another thing, and this is why I'm going on another hypothetical here. But this is why, like, whenever I heard that they were putting an actual chip in the dock, I was thinking to myself, well, why wouldn't they do that, like, as kind of like an external GPU thing to where when you did dock the switch, that it would then be like, oh, it has a GPU inside the switch as well that would push it and give it the power to be able to play these higher-end games that you're seeing on the PS5 and the Xbox Series S. Well, a lot but of you couldn't do that in handheld mode, but you could play these games in docked mode. A lot of people made that argument regarding the the current Switch. Like, why couldn't they do that? Right. Like, have a dock that had, like, a GPU in it. You dock it. You pay 200 whatever 
whatever it is, two hundred fifty, yeah. three hundred dollars, or whatever for this GPU, and then you or this dock that has a GPU in it. You dock it, you get the ability to have four K switch or whatever. Right, it's very possible. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever do it, but it's possible. But that would not accomplish what you were talking about. You were talking about basically they would have to sell another device or include this device that has the the capability. Yeah, I'd use my Switch Lite to render. And not to mention, you're talking about what's rendering to your 4K TV, right? And so that is going to require something more powerful than what's in your Switch, presumably, because your Switch, I would assume. I would like to think that the new Switch is going to be 1080p, you know, handheld. Yeah. And then the dock mode would be 4K. Not right. full 4K. I'm sure it'll be 1440p upscaling. checkerboard. Because they're already, right. um, like, probably some AI upscaling or whatever. Right, yeah. the NVIDIA shit. Yeah, sure, whatever whatever the fuck they end up using. But, yeah, so I see something like that. But I just, again, you're, it's not going to have that functionality. It's, again... Would they go and buy sell that? Because what is the what is the selling point to that? Unless it is, we've got this whole slew of new dual screen games. I mean, it would definitely so be purely in. nostalgia based. It would be a hundred percent just to have DS ports, mm-hmm. not even 3DS ports, because half the fucking most 3DS games didn't even use the dual screen thing that much. Fair enough. It would be like a fucking menu at best. You know what I mean? Like for mm-hmm. the most part, it was all the action was on the top screen, yeah, 3D and all that shit. So I think you're just shit out of luck when it comes to DS love. I mean, that's it's, fair. That's fair. I don't know. You know what I could see them more likely doing because they're already kind of going down this road with like the game and watch and stuff like that is doing like a 3DS classic or a DS classic. That would be rad as fuck. That you could buy that had like you know 20, 30 games on it. I would buy that. That would be cool as shit. I would buy the fuck out of that too. I could see them much more likely doing something like that. But they've even said like that the 64 is too much for that right now. No shit. That they because they did the PlayStation Classic, but the PlayStation uh so the the PS1 is just a 32-bit console whereas mm-hmm. obviously the 64 64-bit. And so they still they're still not quite there, they said. Technology's not there. Not yet. We don't have the technology. Not yet. To get to get that level. But I mean, we're almost, I mean, I say that, give it two years. They could be working on it right now. They're right. Waiting. But I don't know. I don't, do you think they're not on all other fucking tangents as we're on going on Tangentville off this fucking Last of Online, <laughs> Last of Us Online cancellation <laughs> shit. But do you think they'll make a, a place or a Nintendo 64 a Slim or Classic or whatever? It, and one that's one of those things that feeds purely on nostalgia. Well, obviously they killed it with the first two. Right. I don't know why they wouldn't. Now, here's the thing. Like, was it beneficial to Nintendo to put those things out? I mean, it was literally like a limited release thing. Same thing they did with the Game and Watches. It's all limited release shit. It is limited release shit. And also on those SNES and NES classics, um, those came out before Switch. Or around the time of the Switch. Because the reason... No, they didn't come out before at all. I remember... I'm almost positive that the that they did, because... No, because I, I had my Switch since day one, and I didn't buy an NES Classic until probably like a year or two into the cycle. I, I remember, remember exactly. them saying um, that the reason that they stopped making the SNES Classic is to keep up with the demand of the Switch. Well, that could have possibly been it, too. I don't... I don't know that for a fact necessarily, 
but let's just go ahead and look at when the NES Classic came out because I think that that all they stopped doing that like right before the Nintendo Online shit. And uh, November tenth, twenty sixteen. Yeah, and the, this is so stupid too. Right. The Super Nintendo Classic released on my birthday of twenty seventeen. Right. So the Switch is already out at this point. Absolutely, was already out at this point. But I think it says they produced and sold about two point three million NES classics. And then, bam, um, bam, you bam. were. Am I what wrong? You were incorrect, sir. Fuck. So, um. God damn, I hate being wrong. Yeah, no, it may. You were right about the SNES Classic, but they were very close, and that was my point. Okay. The NES Classic came out before the Switch. The Switch came launched in March third of twenty seventeen. The SNES Classic launched of June. Okay. So a few months after that. Fair enough. And that was the thing, is they made their initial sell. And then my point of that is, is that the online system did not exist. And right. so I think that's why they might not make one, is because they realize, hey, why sell this little boutique thing that people are going to buy in stores that's going to be at the manufacturer when motherfuckers are going to pay us, you know, right. well, $15 a month. Let's also think about it this forever. way, too, because... At the end of the day, if I can't have GoldenEye on my Nintendo 64 Classic, I'm probably not going to buy it. Yeah. Even if it has Ocarina of Time, Super Mario 64. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know why. I mean, just to go on, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. I don't know. That's that's a whole Microsoft Nintendo thing they got to figure out. No, it's not. What do you mean, no, it's not? You know that GoldenEye is on the Switch, right? Yeah, I know that. But that's something they already figured out, and a lot of that had to do with like licensing shit too. Yeah, I'm saying is that it happened right there. Well, no time like the present if they've already got shit worked out. Why would they do it, it though? Is my point is that they could sell this Nintendo 64. I'll tell classic. you why they should do it because I can't even get Nintendo 64 controllers for my fucking Switch. Well, that's a whole other thing. You could, but you just can't find them in the store, right? Exactly. So what's the difference between that and them releasing a fucking Nintendo 64 Classic that you can't buy in the fucking store? Whenever they can literally just make a subscription off of you forever for digital goods. Fair enough. That's my point. Well, fuck them. Give me my goddamn Nintendo 64 controller. Because, like, I pay for the expansion pass or whatever. No, and it's I do, like, too. And, I, like, like, you know how often I play that shit? Never. No, I'm, I get, like, <laughs> but I don't know who does because um, I just put all my friends on my family plan. Yeah. You can have like eight people on that shit. Why didn't you put me on your family plan? You didn't then? ask, bitch. Fair enough. How many people you got on that family plan? I don't have plan? that many. I got like Chuck, Cole, and Brittany. Shit, I might need to get on that. Yeah, How much I'm... would I have to pay you for a year? I did it for free. All right. Well, I'll just be nice. They just bitch. keep getting me because I do the yearly <laughs> thing. I'll just be like, fuck. It's got like $120 taken out of my account. These motherfuckers. Yeah, I'll be you, you might, that's what you'll have to pay. That's the price is that you're going to get an annual text message for being like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck all you motherfuckers. Y'all all owe me. God damn it. Here's $25, Jeremiah. Surprise to me, motherfucker. Then I can save the rest of that money to whenever Nintendo finally puts the N64 controller on their store. I might actually have money to buy the son of a bitch before it sells out in two minutes. Right. Well, um, just for the sake of uh, us moving on with our lives, let's, uh, Let's go ahead and go into our next topic here since okay. uh since we've uh 
spend a good hour talking about potential future Nintendo plans or whatever. Well, I but, just uh, love yeah. Nintendo so much. But yeah, let's uh, let's roll into our next topic real quick. But yeah, let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about this uh, Death Stranding film. Yeah. And what? Let's talk to. Let's let's hear what you have to say about this film. Uh, man, honestly, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Obviously, let's hear some, let's hear some details. Obviously, right. he's working with A twenty four. Yes, which is interesting. They to make me. a lot of really cool. Yeah. Films and uh, typically moody, right? Either like a like a moody drama or horror. It seems like, or do mm-hmm. they just do horror? No, they have some more drama type films. I feel like. Yeah, you're probably right. Apparently, so the partnership for the Kojima Productions in A24 was announced with a very expensive t-shirt. I don't know what that means. I don't recall seeing this, but Kojima is the original game's director and writer. And uh, he goes on to say this about the movie, you know? There are a lot of game adaption films out there, but we what we are creating is not just a direct translation of the game. The intention is that our audience will not only be fans of the games, but our film will be for anyone who loves cinema. Uh, The film that they are creating is going to be part of a Death Stranding universe that has never been seen before. Achievable only through the medium of film, it will be born. And then he continued, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be an innovative approach to storytelling. And Kojima Productions has been doing whatever they've been doing for the last however many years. Um, so all that being said, I think it's a very interesting concept. I wonder what it's going to be like. I didn't. I didn't finish the game. I feel like I got maybe like I'll say fifteen to twenty five percent of the way through, and it wasn't necessarily that I put it down out of boredom or anything. I just. I ended up getting involved with other shit. I think that was also around the time that we were working on the Lemniscape film. It was like right when I was started to play that game and then production with that. We we only shot for like three days total. But like everything else outside of that was just like Wait. A lot. Are you suggesting that making a short film is a lot of work? Not at all. I would never say that. But it's a lot of work. So anyway, well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> ultimately, making movies is tough. Yeah, ultimately, shit. Ultimately, I set it down and I didn't end up getting back to it just because all the other shit that was going on. So because you thought it sucked, be honest. No, no, I didn't think it sucked at all. I was having a great no, I time. Beat it. I beat it. I beat it. Like, dude, I felt like I was just getting into like, the action part I, of the game. Yeah, I mean. You know, like where, where, like you actually meet, like we're the, the run for motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. There's running for motherfuckers. I had just gotten into that part of the game, and I was like, "Oh, it's about to get good." And then we went right into production for this film, and I was like, "Yeah." Did you play it long enough to understand anything that was going on? I don't believe so. Okay, so you don't really have a grasp of the universe as it is. I don't. I don't believe that I do. Would you like a general? I mean, you might as well. It's been long it's enough. It's not. This is like this isn't this like is, a spoiler thing. No, it's something that they tell you over time throughout the game. But it's also something that you just have to like kind of spend some time wrapping your head around. Right. Like that's kind of like it's not like a necessarily a mystery because the I won't go there. There are things you could spoil about the game, and I'm not mm-hmm. gonna do that shit. But uh, basically, the world 
I don't know how. Like, I couldn't go into the details. This might be a fucking spoiler for the game because it might be some big revelation later. But um, basically, the world is merged with another reality. And these entities, the BDs, I think is what they're called, the things that are like the fucking things that are floating up. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The invisible things that you're avoiding right. or whatever. They're like interdimensional beings. And like we've crossed because these uh, dimensions have uh, merged. There's like, for example, like a person, a body, like a dead body. If it, if it bonds with a BD, it will like explode like a nuclear bomb. That's what those big craters are. That's what that is. Okay. And like you are somehow or another special in a way that I think it might describe and it might explain in the game, but it's really fucking complicated, but just like base level, you have the ability whenever you die, you just kind of resurrect, mm-hmm. but you also create one of those big fucking craters or whatever. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations. So that's yeah. why it's like when you die, you, you can come back or whatever. But like if you, your body can explode like that, one of those craters or whatever, I think, I think that's what it is. But either way, so that's why like body disposal is really important. You do some missions like that where you got to like carry bodies. Yep, you got to get yep, rid of yep. all that shit. That's like a very important part of the story. But then there's like all of the interdimensional. That's where all the weirdness is coming from. You're you're talking about different realities that have merged. Right. And now the powers that be, what is left, is trying to rebuild. And I'm sure you got far enough to that part where they're trying to rebuild the connections. Like oh, yeah, trying, yeah. No, that's what yeah, I was saying. Like, yeah. So, like, I spent, I don't know, probably the better part of a month, like, off and on in between playing the game, but it was long enough, like, there weren't, so, like, the intervals weren't so long apart that I didn't, like, I couldn't keep up with what was going on. Well, another huge part of it, too, the reason that the world is so fucked up, the landscape and all that, is because part of this interdimensional merging thing that's going on is the time fall. Mm-hmm. And that's where the rain actually causes things to age rapidly. Right, right. And when it, and it rains, yeah, regularly. So these are like the small little things I remember. But I felt yeah. like by the time I was able to get back into the game, yeah, there would have been so much that I'd forgotten, and I would literally have to start back from the beginning. And that's why I never picked it back up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much about that because I did similar the similar thing. I I don't know if I got as far as you're talking, but I got reasonably far. And then I put it down because I wasn't into it. And I put it down for a long time. For yeah. Like, it took me probably a year to pick it back up and play it because I just wasn't feeling it at first. I mean, I was. It was all right. But I was just kind of like, I got into the cinematic aspect of it. I love like the the nice cinematic shots and the music mm-hmm. comes in and all that production, that Kojima shit. Right. But like the shit is very ridiculously abstract. Like the end of that game is the longest cutscene ever. It's like an hour long plus of just like... I might get shit for saying this of fucking nonsense. The most like nonsense shit you've ever heard. And like a fucking Mario pun that just made you think like, was this all a fucking game joke to you, Kojima? Like, do you take anything fucking serious? Like what the fuck dude? Like what the fuck? Like, I mean, they're making a fucking sequel of it, but literally he makes a fucking joke about like, princess peach like a princess on a beach or something like that and it's like some fucking some play on language shit that he just makes this offhanded fucking joke norman reedus's character in the most ridiculous scenario and you're just like what the fuck dude like what is even happening it's like the equivalent of him like looking at the camera and like winking 
Mm-hmm. It's like that cheesy. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and there's like the monster energy drink plugs. That, yeah, that, that I remember that. Yeah. Funny, you know, there's weird shit in that game. And it's like, I get it. It's Kojima or whatever, but like, it's like, let's just say going back to this is if, if I were to pick it back up again, I don't feel like starting off where I'm at right now would be been, I would want to start back from the beginning and just like, sit I just down meant, were you it. like, let me ask you this. Were you at the point where you could like start to build roads? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well then you're reasonably far. I don't know, man. Like I still feel like just that's like, that's the task. Like, you know, the story up to that point, you'll remember it. Well, I'll remember as I'm going through it, but, but like, like the thing is, it's all so fucking vague anyways, man. Like most of it's about the smaller stuff, but you can't have to understand what the fuck is going on in the first place until the very end of the game. And then you're still just like, okay, like a lot of it comes together. Some of it comes together, but mostly you just you're chopped up. You're like, oh, there's just some fucking wacky, crazy shit. Going Would I be on. better off just going through and like watching all the cutscenes and not playing the game? No, I mean, no, I mean, not, no, because I think that undermines what the game is. And honestly, right. you should go back and play it now. One, because you can play the, the definitive edition or whatever on yeah. the PS5. And it'd be interesting to see how much of the world has developed. See, I was thinking that too. Like, but because- this is something I didn't realize not to cut you off that, that the amount of shit that appears in your world is relative to the amount of likes that you get. Like of other shit you've done? Well, you get likes from doing other shit. Right, yeah. And you get likes for doing missions in the game. Okay. So you get missions for doing the in-game missions, but it also does coincide with the online thing. So if you build a ladder and somebody likes your ladder, then you'll get, you'll get, you'll see more ladders in your world or whatever. Right. Not specifically ladders, but other things. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. So if nobody's playing the game now and I'm just going through like, and it's I'm still not getting there. fucking likes. The, I, the, the stuff is still there. Okay. Because those game files are still there. That data is still persistent. Yeah, but nobody's there to like my shit. That's true, but you still get likes for doing like, that's like another way to incentivize right. side missions too. You can get a lot of likes by playing the game offline, but yeah, that does, you are at a disadvantage. In right. That. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea behind getting behind the zeitgeist of a game. It's just like, if you were to play fucking Elden Ring now, there's probably a shitload of people still playing Elden Ring because it's from software, but you're you're missing the zeitgeist. It's definitely gonna be a little bit more difficult to find somebody to summon into that beat that boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, not everybody in the fucking world is playing it right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that shit's necessary. You, the notes that you get are probably a lot more spammy than they were in the beginning, where people right. were actively trying to help each other, and now everybody's just trying to fuck you. And so every note is like, you know, jump off here for secret item, you know, and it's got 10,000 likes and you're like, yeah. well, it's gotta be true. Right. <laughs> I feel like the only way I could be Elden Ring in the first place, if I had like a fucking strategy if a, guide, if you grew a pair of balls, well, that too, but no. I would no, literally you, have no. to have a strategy. No, guide. There's certain parts of those games. Like don't waste your time with trying to fucking beat your head against the wall. Yeah. Like if you're like, you don't know where to go and you're tired of fucking around with it. Like, dude, I don't fucking, I don't fucking care, man. I ain't got time. To not fucking use a strategy guide, man. I just, I'm, I'm just sorry. So like, anti strategy guide. Yeah, well, that you know, you know, that's you know, it's a very stupid fucking problem to have for somebody that can't fucking get themselves to play video games in the first place. That's fair enough. Like you were creating more barriers for yourself. So for should no I, I should just reason. fucking get a strategy guide from the beginning of every game I play? No, dude. Does you, why would you buy a strategy guide? You have a phone in your fucking pocket, well, like. Just Fair play enough. the game, and when it gets to that point, you're like, man, fuck this. Don't fucking be afraid to be like, all right, fuck it. 
unless it's some new game. And like, cause I've done this where it's a new game and I don't even want to risk knowing how many chapters there are. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that unless I'm just like really fucking boned. And I'm just like, motherfucker, like I'm going to get very specific with this and hope to God it's one of those inquiries where it's like pops up at the top and it tells me the answer at the top of Google. And I don't have to go to IGN and mm-hmm. see that, oh, this is chapter 16 of 19 chapters and I'm fucking right at the end of the game and I didn't know it. Yeah. Like, cause that shit pisses me off. I'm not really into that. But on the point of the movie though, as far as the universe. So now that we've, we've established the universe, it's about. The, right. Well, they're also saying that the movie might ditch the game's characters entirely. Well, no, I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Right. It's not about the characters. It's about the universe. The universe right. is one. I mean, it is death stranding. It is a fucking world. Mm-hmm. And the the Death Stranding is set in the United States. The idea is that you're making your way across the United States. Right. To reconnect everything. So they could easily, you know, go to another, obviously it's a whole planet. So they could go to another country, you know, it's, it could be literally about whatever the fuck is going on in Europe. Whereas like, you, you know what I mean? Cause like I was thinking like the world, cause in Death Stranding, you are the son of the president. Right. And so if it was about like the rebuilding of America, then it would have the same characters. It would have to, Mm -hmm. if it was anything about that, unless it's a smaller, smaller story, you know what I'm saying? It might be that it might just be a world of like our story of survival within that world and not trying to tell such a grandiose, you know, story that actually has like weight and repercussions to the world because that's the way Death Stranding is. You're not just existing and surviving in that world. You are doing things that are actively affecting the world and changing it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Do you think are they going to do like a, like a smaller thing? You think it'll be like, cause I mean, the way they describe that is it's different. You know what I mean? It's not that it's a different it's a side of the world that we haven't seen before. Correct. Like said, uh, man, that, that's hard to speculate on without like anything else to go off of. Like, maybe if there were, like, a trailer or something. Yeah, fair enough. We could speculate. Well, I mean, that. I could, you know, I mean, just we could fucking just really pick it apart. But A24, I think that gives you a lot of insight into what it's going to be as well. Like, obviously, this isn't going to be Dune. You know what I mean? A24 yeah. doesn't make movies like that. They right. make smaller, not really smaller movies, but you know what I mean? Like, smaller movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be probably, I think it probably will likely be more of a, an intimate survival kind of story of somebody surviving in this world rather than somebody making like the fucking, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like the avatar, like the, this is the main protagonist of this entire world kind of thing. Yeah. Like it is in Death Stranding because Norman Reedus is kind of like the hero. Right. Saving the world. That's fair. That's a fair assumption. I just think that like without anything else to go on, like I, Literally, all I could do is speculate. Yeah. And being, being is that I don't have any more information to go off of. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We just know that it's going to be a crazy concept. And the fact that it's probably not going to have anything to do with the game that you already played outside of just like the main concept. Yeah. Well, and specifically, like, you know, they say in men notes, like, the idea of it being a part of the universe that we haven't mm-hmm. seen before. Well, we've seen the United States. Right. We've seen BDs, the baby thing. I forget what the fuck. I think they're called BBs or some shit. I can't remember. That sounds correct. But yeah. yeah, there's the babies and then there's all that weird shit. And then so it's like, 
there's parts in the game that you probably didn't get to where it gets into like this whole war thing, which I can't even wrap my head around that. That's like a whole thing that might get into spoilers or whatever. What? I mean, that was in the middle of that. Remember, do you remember the trailers? Yeah. In the trailers, the earlier trailers, they showed uh, like tanks and like some World War II type imagery. Mm -hmm. The soldiers, well, I guess it wasn't World War II, but there were soldiers and all that. There was one where Guillermo del Toro was running. Right. And there was like the fucking, he had the baby, and then there was Mm -hmm. like the tanks and all that shit. So it leans into that, and that kind of leans into that overall story and all that shit. So. Yeah, no, I've seen seen some of that in game, but. Yeah. But I guess my point was, is I guess they could lean into shit like that, like telling a backstory. Yeah. Like that, maybe. But again, I think with A24, I think it's a pretty safe bet that it's going to be like the road, but set in like Death Stranding's universe. Yeah. Or The Last of Us, you know, that kind of yeah dystopian, somebody trying to survive, you know, smaller, you know, large, like smaller stakes, but still like a gripping narrative. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of like overall implications to the you know to the overall universe or significance to the characters or whatever well, obviously they haven't talked about who's directing the film and all this shit do you think they'll bring guillermo in i mean that is interesting i mean he's right there right but i don't know maybe does guillermo want to do it does guillermo do movies for a24 i don't know i think he just works on whatever the fuck he wants to work yeah on. i just don't know does he have like a like a consistent producer like no. you know what I mean? Like you know something. Let's, like, let's think about how this all came up, and this might be a small little tangent we go on here too. But the fact that he was working with Kojima on PT originally, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, that's what led to Death Stranding, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't he work on the is it the movie? Right, it's a movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't he work on that? I mean, why isn't he working on that that other project? Because he's got fucking. Jordan Peele. Apparently, there's a bunch of other people, too. Yeah. We don't know that Guillermo del Toro is not one of them. That's true. Probably a good, distinct possibility that he is one of them. But I don't know, man. You're not wrong there. But anyway. I don't know. I guess it depends on how busy the motherfucker is. And, like, the thing is, too, like, what should be Hideo Kojima? He doesn't want to announce it or doesn't want to have Guillermo del Toro because he secretly wants to do it. Because that's the joke about Hideo Kojima is that, like, he secretly wants to be a filmmaker. Right. It's like there's nothing stopping you from being a fucking filmmaker, bro. If you wanted to make a movie, you could have done so a long time ago. Absolutely. Just say it. Just do it. Yeah. Somebody will fund your project. No yeah. doubt. That's all I have to say about that. I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah, I don't I don't either. But I don't either. Let's go ahead and move into the Tekken date. Tekken eight. The Tekken date. The Tekken date. The the old Tekken date. Yeah. You gotta sure there's some sort of double entendre somewhere in there but no uh the tekken 8 demo that you know i've played it you haven't really played it no i haven't played it but, but... it's a good excuse for us to talk about tekken 8 though because i'm pretty excited about it i don't know if you're a tekken kid or you weren't a tekken kid i never i never was a tekken kid uh and to be fair i wasn't like huge into fighting games in general but during that during that era of time when i played a lot more video games i played tekken 2 and maybe I don't I don't feel like I played storylines a whole lot in fighting games either. Like I knew about the storylines and shit like that. Like but to me that's not what the fighting game was about. And honestly, I could have cared less if there was one. Like even with games that I did enjoy, like Soul Calibur and Soul Blade and Soul Edge. Yeah. Like the storyline didn't matter to me. Yeah. I was there to play the fighting game. So I'm curious though, what does that point have to do with Tekken? 
I mean, that's kind of a big thing with the with Tekken Eight. Yeah, with Tekken Eight, I would say right. Yeah, that's the thing they started probably around six. Right, but, but the original but, Tekkens didn't really have stories. It was know. just the arcade mode, and then you would. It was kind of um, the best way I could describe it is the twisted metal philosophy, where it was like you beat the tournament. I mean, I guess they did it in Mortal Kombat as well, where you beat the tournament with the particular character, and then you get their ending. Right like what they would do if they won or right. what they did next. And Tekken was way more fucking ambiguous than that. Like there was some of them, there was just like literally just like random cutscenes of just like people dicking around. You're just like, okay, cool. Right on. I don't know yeah. what the story is on that one, but there was apparently a story mm-hmm. that they're trying to flesh out now more. Like when you play the, I think it is in the demo, it goes through the story from the beginning to fill you in to this point. Like Tekken 8? Yeah. So I literally have to play Zero Tech. Well, that's what they're doing with the arcade mode, too. Well, that's a whole other kind of... Well, I don't I don't even know. Because there's the arcade mode, and then there's that arcade whatever mode. Right, yeah. That, well, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, but that's for, like, competitive playing. Well, that's what I would be more interested in. If I were to get yeah. into Tekken, especially at this point. Yeah, like, and I... Who cares about the storyline? Well, the, that's become very popular. I mean, I'm not... I, I completely disagree with you, but I'm also, more, I like stories in my games. But that's something that, like, the more Mortal Kombat games are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Street Fighter's doing it. I know that they didn't with the Street Fighter before this last one, but I haven't really played Street Fighter Six, so. I know it has a single-player campaign mode, but essentially what it is is that you build a character, and you go around just like, you're a legitimate Street Fighter. You just run around and beat the shit out of people. You just pick fights with people on the street. Oh yeah, dude. Street fighter stuff. That sounds badass. I mean, that's basically what you do. Like, I mean, you know, and you build a, a character that's a custom character, but based off of like a palette. Yeah. Of another character, you know. You somebody, somebody in the studio was like, "Hey, what if you were like an actual street fighter?" Right. No, that's what they. No, I mean, like going around just like starting fights with people on the legitimately, street. Legitimately, yeah, yeah. No, that's literally what you do in that game, yeah. and like. I thought it was cool when they first like announced it and they showed that like running around the street and I was like they finally fucking did it like it's finally yeah, a street baby. game. But uh, like I just so so my history like as far as Tekken goes for me man like you know there was Street Fighter two that was very mm-hmm. common in the Super Nintendo household and I didn't I liked it enough but I didn't love it. I guess the point was that that and Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat two specifically it was all about like half circles and like moves like that it yeah. was all about like half circles to shoot a fucking you know ball of fire or whatever right and then tekken came along and it was about like no it's you know hit back back square and then roll into triangle circle and then you know or go like you know what i mean it was about rolling into combos less than like than like hitting like you know spamming the punch button right. and then doing like a half circle to shoot a fireball just at the right time it was like tap these buttons in a certain order to certain rhythm and you can do like crazy combos and it wasn't until like going to tekken 3 this is something you're probably not familiar with there's a character eddie gordo who's known as like that's the that is the character that will teach you how to play tekken like okay. and they, they introduced him in three i'm sure that there's other characters that kind of do the same thing, can do the same thing in Tekken 1 or 2, maybe. 1 was a little bit jankier than, than 2. 2 was, like, 2 was pretty solid. I fucking. thought it was very fluid when I played it. Which one? Tekken 2. Yeah, no, absolutely. 2 is definitely on par. Like, I mean, 3 kind of took it over the top where it was like, damn. Like, and then 
Dude, I mean, like, uh, like if you look at the graphics on like when they jump from Tekken three into the PS two era, like, yeah. you look at it and you're like, that's like you look at a screenshot in a magazine and you can like see the detail of their like their six pack and it's got like all that crazy detail and it looks good. It looks really well rendered because at those times, I mean, they're only rendering two characters in a background. Yeah, they did really good shit with the Tekken games on the PS two. Is my point graphically? Like they've always been pretty graphically impressive games. But anyways, my whole point was is that like that was the that was the fighting game that got me into fighting games. It not even necessarily got me into fighting games. It got me into Tekken. Right. Because there's no other fighting games like Tekken. Like that's always been my shit. Like I don't like, um, I don't I I, I don't dislike the Street Fighter style. Like if you get like Marvel versus Capcom, it's very similar to that. Right. Yeah. But then they changed Marvel versus Capcom to be more, more Smash Brothers like, where now instead of it being like doing a half circle or doing this, you know, back, back forward or something like that in order to do a special move. It's every character has like a special button and every character has a regular attack button. And if right. you, you hit those special button back, like if you hit back special button, it doesn't move. If you do forward special button, it does a different move, you, mm-hmm. you know, like quarter or whatever the fuck, it's a different move that all that. And that kind of kills the, kills the flow for me. And so that's why I'm not like, I don't particularly love smash brothers for that reason where all their moves are the same in that way. It's like, if you want to do every, every character has a side smash, right? Everybody has a side, you know, all these different things. It's like, that's how you do your moves. Tekken was like, there are characters that you might not ever be able to play in Tekken because you just don't know their flow. Like you just can't like one of those characters for me was always King who was like the wrestler dude. And I would always see it in replays where you could do like, you could, uh, like combo the, the grabs like the tiger guy yeah 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 and he would do all the combo grabs where he'd like grab you and then he like flip you over and grab you yeah this like way. jeffrey and virtue fighter and then do all that like i could never fucking figure out how to do that like it just did never work for me and i even do like i used to do the training mode where they have like they teach you the combos mm-hmm. and i still couldn't fucking do it but anyhow i feel like and on your subject of um the story part of uh tekken i think this is the first Tekken. I mean, maybe seven was this. I didn't really play seven because it just didn't, for some reason, didn't appeal to me yeah. when it came out, like what it was doing and what people were, how people were talking about it. It was far less excited about it than I am eight specifically because the story mode in uh, in eight looks nuts. One, it's a, it's a UE five game. So it's an Unreal Engine five Tekken game. And it has this cool story mode that seems like they're kind of taking it to another level and they're incorporating that arcade mode thing that you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to me too, because it's another version of a single player game where you're in the arcade. There's other players in that yeah. arcade that are, you know, characters within mm-hmm. Tekken. You know, there's that one kid that apparently looks like, like they were talking about in the, that video we were watching that looks like Kazuma. Yeah. Yeah. That plays as Kazuma, you know, yeah, and like, right. he's like your rival. Right. You know, and Kazuma's obviously the main bad guy of the game. Mm-hmm. Hachi's dead. Apparently. I don't know if that's going to be a, a twist. Guess we'll find out. My understanding he's dead. He's not going to be in the game playable. That's not going to happen. They've already said that. And they're going to bring him back like Cervantes. I mean, maybe the next game, right? Like maybe that's how this game ends. It's like, oh, maybe he's not dead or whatever. But like mm-hmm. from my understanding, they're like, no, he's dead. And in fact, there's another character that's a new character that's a girl that seems. Uh, yes, yeah, I did see that. In that the, seems to have adapted thing. her his fighting style. It seems like they've kind of altered his fighting style a little bit, but then made it like that. Would, that would be an interesting take. No, I hope that they do because that's a that's woke gaming. I feel for like you. you you just create a gap because. 
Tekken is about fighting styles. It's like when they introduce a new character, it's never a palette swap. It's not like fucking, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. They're like, oh, we'll give this dude a freezing ability, this dude a thing, but then they're the same characters, palette swap, you know? Yeah. They all do high kicks. They all do low kicks. Whereas in this game, it's like an entire fucking martial arts fighting style that they adapt into a fighting character, and that's their character's specialty. Mm-hmm. Like Eddie Gordo does like the, I forget what it's called. I mean, I'll fucking, I would never know. I'm not a martial arts guy, but it's like a form of fighting of kick or um, a martial arts where it's like, um, it looks like break dancing, right? Break dance fighting. I mean, there's a word for it, but like he basically, you know, like he's like rolling around on the ground and like doing like mm-hmm. these crazy kick up flips and just kicking the shit out of you just like, cause he's rolling around on the ground. And that's what, that's why Eddie is like the cheap character, but it also, because the way that works it teaches you the flow of combat. It teaches you how to roll into your combos. It's like, in this game, instead of being like, you know, punch, punch, kick, or half circle punch, right. it's like, you do a sidestep, and then that sidestep, and then you go into a punch, and then that punch, now you can go, you can go three, to, you know, like two different directions with it. You can go into a low kick, or you can go to a high punch, and then that will trigger you and put you into another stage of that combo. And then now you can go a different direction, one of the other directions with that. And as long as you're maintaining your flow and you know where you're going like obviously you'll run into dead ends down those mm-hmm. paths because you have to know where the flow of that right. combo goes but once you know that you know like oh you go you know low punch high punch high punch low punch kick low kick high punch but you know and know that role yeah and like once you get that down next thing you know you're doing like fucking 15 hit combos where you're just like dancing across the fucking stage and you're like this is insane and it's all these like you might see moves that you've only seen twice because it right. was like the fucking 16th hit and it's, you know, in this 20 hit combo or whatever. And if you can get to that point, then he does this cool ass fucking move. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's quite possibly the reason why I never got into Tekken. Yeah. It's one of those games that like the more you put into it, the more it gets right. back. I was like, I'm the button masher. And like, yeah, the, the only, the only fighting game that has like a similar thing to what you're talking about that I ever really played was Virtua Fighter. Yeah, I hear thing, some, like I hear there's similar. I never played Virtua. Where you like change your stances and shit, and that yeah. opens up for other combos and shit, and you have to know what stance you're in. Or yeah, it doesn't like necessarily that. have stances in that way. There are characters that do have that kind of right. implementation, but it's not necessarily like that. But yeah, it's a more technical because, like, again, I feel like you know, Street Fighter and those kind of games. I mean, they've changed. Obviously, they've evolved yeah. considerably, but I haven't played them, so I can't really. I mean, Mortal Kombat kind of, it's still very much the old Mortal Kombat, though, where it's like, if you keep tap, tapping the punch button, you'll keep doing this. Right, right. Whereas in Tekken, it's like, if you hit high punch to low punch, you will do like a different thing that you would it do. It opens it up for a combo. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And like, and that, this keeps rolling. And I guess you can still button mash, but you have to just kind of feel your way through it. Right. And it's all about, like I said, it's all about that flow. It's like, instead of like rapidly pushing the buttons really fast, it's about like, my favorite thing is to do the two fingers thing where I hold the controller in my lap and I use two fingers on the buttons rather than like try to use my thumb mm-hmm. because I can roll faster between like X and circle or, you know, circle to square using two but- two fingers than trying to roll with my thumb and trying to like have my thumb all over the fucking face buttons to kind of make it happen. But... That's that's fair too, but I think I mean between that, the arcade mode. There's like another arcade mode. There's obviously all the online suite. 
the rank stuff that's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to have like crazy tournaments. I'm not saying I'm interested in any of that, but I am think I'm interested in watching this shit. I mean, if it becomes popular enough, like that's that's something like I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to either because <clears throat> like what what really turned me on to the little arcade mode they were talking about was the fact that I could literally go through that and learn how to play Tekken, which is something that maybe I didn't necessarily have somebody around me that was like the best at Tekken or some shit like that. They were probably button mashers like I were. I don't know. I didn't play it that much, you know? Yeah. And the only Tekken that I remember actually playing was Tekken 2. And also, which that would happen to have been at an arcade. I didn't know anybody that owned Tekken 2. I don't think I've ever played Tekken in an arcade. I I, I think I definitely did. I don't think I ever have. I'd be really interested, especially now, to see it because I have it in my head because I know the PlayStation, the original PlayStation version so much. I'd like to see like how much better it looks mm-hmm. in the arcade because I imagine it does. I imagine it looks better. Well, I mean, probably to an extent. I I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to tell you. If I played Tekken 2 on a console, it may have been well five times in my life. The biggest, the biggest selling point of the well i guess it's not the biggest selling point of it but one of the big things about the sega dreamcast was it was the first console powerful enough in order to do like true arcade port. right that was like a big deal house of the dead and shit house of the dead soul caliber right like it was basically a fucking arcade machine crazy taxi mm-hmm. all these oh, arcade it was yeah it was an arcade sure. port i remember playing most of those games but in they the weren't like at the mall but they were like arcade quality like right. they were on that level. Mm-hmm. That was like a big deal. So I don't think that, I would say that it was most definitely that the PS1 versions of those games were probably pared down if I had to guess. I'm, but I mean, is surprised. it noticeable? Probably when you're there playing it on the actual cabinet, it's probably just yeah. a little bit clearer. The models look a little bit smoother, probably better frame rate maybe. Maybe. Who knows? It's dedicated to the to that game. That's what I mean. You know? Like yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it's, you know, the Dreamcast would do those games and be like 60 FPS, but I don't think the, the PlayStation was doing a lot of that. I don't know, though. It's been a minute, man. I played the fuck out of that, man. Like, all of it. Going through Tech and Force mode, which really, I feel like Tech and Force mode was the genesis of how we landed here because they had the Tech and Force mode, which was like the closest we ever came to, like a story mode. Okay. And it was like you're playing through these levels, and it was like very much like a Final Fight, but you're playing as a Tekken character. And you literally like pick up chicken to refill your health and shit. But, you know, you go into a zone enemies come out you beat the shit out of them but you have like tekken level combos yeah fighting dudes and then you know, kill all the people on the screen you go to the next screen side scrolling yeah straight up it was like a 2d it was like it was like final fight style where you right, can move yeah, up and yeah. down but yeah it was 2d side scroll you move from like left to right and then um i didn't really i played four i didn't play i played tekken tag tournament one but that was very much just old school arcade mode maybe a few like that one had i think I want to say it was Tekken Bowling, I believe. Yeah, where you you could bowl. You can't was, see the look on my face, but yeah, it was. I Tekken. was very confused. Yeah, it's Tekken this Bowling concept of Tekken Bowling. It was in there on that whole era, like because they had like the Tekken volleyball game that was in three, and then so I guess it wasn't Tekken like Dead or Alive volleyball. No, this was like you're basically beating the shit out of each other by punching the fuck out of a ball and launching it at the other person. And then if you hit them with it, they'll take that damage. Who the fuck thinks of these things? I don't know, but they were. It's back. Tekken, Tekken volleyball. Well, is I, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited as shit about it because now we can beat the shit out of each other online like that. Because I don't know if they. 
I don't know when that has been in the game since three. I don't know that it has. Surely somebody out there knows. I don't know, but uh, Tekken Four was great. Uh, Tekken Five was great, but I don't think they they had many much of a story mode. It was just arcade mode. And then six came along, and they basically expanded the Tekken Force mode to make it like a full single player game. But you played as one character named Lars, and it kind of went through a story. And then I'm not sure about seven. I'm not sure what seven did, but then this one is like they're taking a note from what Mortal Kombat has been doing. Where Mortal Kombat, I don't know if you played any of the new Mortal Kombat games since 10. Was that the one where they started doing no, nine, all the horror nine. characters? Yeah, where they started the NetherRealm Studios and they mm-hmm. started with Mortal Kombat 9, which was just Mortal Kombat. With that, you play through the single player story. It's basically just like a movie, a Mortal Kombat movie with characters and all that. And then you would fight certain battles you know what i mean but it was like driving through the narrative like you're playing through as johnny cage it's mm-hmm. like now you're playing as johnny cage and then it's taking you to the story as johnny cage shit's happening that's following johnny cage's character and then you'll get like three fights you know what i mean like throughout that little interstitial yeah and then it'll jump to katana and now it's telling a story but you know naturally through like this the, the you know this the feather from Forrest Gump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it lands in front of Katana, and now you're like, okay, now we're Katana for a little bit. And that's how they've been doing those games since nine. And I think that's what Tekken is going to do. I think they're stealing that from from those games, which I'm totally into because they can tell like a cool fucking story that can be set in like cool set pieces and do all the cool shit mm-hmm. and then tell like a neat story if it's a neat story. And you get to play as all the characters, get a little taste of all of them. So then you can go into the arcade mode, and then you. Right, play. it's kind of like a, a tutorial as you're you're playing through the game. Essentially, yeah, yeah. that's basically what they did with the Mortal Kombat games. It right. just has you touch on all the characters, and it forces you to kind of get gives you a little idea bit of which skill character with them. you prefer. Yeah, and it kind of forces you pushes back a little bit, you know, so it makes yeah. you get a little bit of taste of them, so you get a real idea for them. Yeah, and it's also telling like a cool story. That's you know because the story in those Mortal Kombat games are pretty fucking sweet, and I mean. Tekken has always had the potential. They just never really, it's always been so fucking ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what well, he's throwing his dad in the fucking volcano, and now he's the dog volcano, he's throwing the son in the volcano, and now he's throwing that the was grandson. That was Tekken 2, in the wasn't it? Two was, okay, I think the first one is Hihachi throwing Kazuma or Kazuya into the volcano. And then mm-hmm. two, it's Kazuya throwing Hihachi into the volcano. And then in three, I think it's Jen throwing Hihachi into the volcano. Yeah, I completely, completely forgot about that until you just said that. I was like, why why do I know this? Yeah, because it's this whole yeah. thing about throwing their fucking, something about throwing people in volcanoes. Yeah. It doesn't seem to do shit to them. Obviously But not. apparently Hihachi's dead some fucking how, because throwing him into a volcano doesn't do it. But something else did. And I guess that's what happened in 7, and I didn't play 7. So I think they covered it in the little video I watched, but I don't fucking remember. Because you know, well, we were talking about other shit whenever it was actually on, and you were off. No, no, no. I'm talking about the video in the demo. Oh, okay. because when you play the demo, you can just start the the campaign mode from the beginning, and in that, it gives you like a little intro thing. I think it might be optional if you. I, I think that's what it is. I think it's in the main menu. It has like an optional catch up kind of thing, and it, you can start at Tekken in the one. demo. Yeah. Oh, that's badass. The demo is basically just like a trial of the full game. Is the full game out now? No, it comes out soon. I want to say, I want to say, probably by the time anybody is listening to this podcast, it'll be no, out. possibly. I don't know. 
I think it's in February. I'm almost positive it's February. That's fair enough. But, um, I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. It's just, I've always, like, loved the opportunity to talk about it. It's January 26th. Well, so it's not February. It's supposed to, you know, it's almost fucking February, but, you know. I probably won't be getting it when it first comes out. Well, actually, I probably will. I'll probably be getting getting around to playing it around the 1st of February, because I'm pretty busy around the end of January. So... But I look, I really look fucking forward to it. Like, I can't wait. I'm on the fence about whether or not I pick it up. And I was the same way with this, was, what's the newest Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat 1? Yeah. So I played a little bit of that uh, with some friends. And it was fun. But I don't feel like that's a game like that I could play by myself without friends. Yeah, fair enough. Whereas I feel like I could definitely get into this little arcade mode that they were like hyping up yeah because you have like virtual friends right and then like a virtual rival exactly you can just kind of live in that world yeah that'd be cool just be like dicking around the arcade being like fuck that kid i hate that fuck. and then all of a sudden i become the best tekken player yeah that'd be real sweet wouldn't it a little virtual world yeah in the virtual world. and i think that that is where it has the the because i'm glad you mentioned this the whole i forget what it is specifically but it's like um it's not necessarily ghost data but it's like I think they do call it ghosts or something of that nature, where you can fight an AI that adapts to your play style, mm-hmm. and apparently it's the most like advanced. competent, the most advanced AI fighting AI ever. They say probably, like it's that fucking crazy advanced. And people that have like played it and they're like, I can attest to it. Like it's like playing a like real it, human it's being. Gonna know exactly how you fight. Well, it, it adapts, yeah. Like, it won't just, you know, you can't just, like, you, you, you lean on a certain attack, like, it starts to right. learn your counter. Like, it works it works you. You know what I mean? It makes you a better player. That was the whole idea behind right. it. Right. Was to take somebody that's mediocre and by pushing them in the right ways, making them have the, easing them into the environment of playing online. Yeah. Because for people like me and people like you, I, I can do all right. Like when I got into Tekken, uh, Tekken Tag Tournament Two online, like I got to the point where I could get, I could fuck some people up. Yeah, but it can take me a little time. But there's people online that just wreck you, and like that. But getting that immediate pushback the first time you go online, you're just getting demolished repeatedly. Like you're gonna get bored. You're not gonna want to play it. Right. But if the ghost can like ease you into it, get you to that level where you're like, oh, I can beat that ghost ass. He can push back pretty hard, but. I'll get that son of a bitch. Now yeah. maybe you're ready to play online. Absolutely. And I, I kind of feel like this is on a little small tangent. Let's not go on this forever. But that's one of the things I really liked about Mario Kart 8 as far as the ghost data shit. Because you can literally go through and pick like the top tier Mario Kart player and try to follow that guy's ghost. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, I can't do that. But then you go down some. And all these people are doing the exact same thing. So once you finally like make your way up to that, then potentially you could you you could become a really good Mario Kart eight player. Yeah, no, I think that was the whole I think that was the whole idea behind it was instead of trying to aggregate or host that many fucking ghosts, mm-hmm. that much ghost data. Because I mean I guess they could do something similar in the leaderboards, but like you can't really it's not a course. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to be like learning and adapting, fighting you. And so like, they just found an AI way around that, which is fucking. That's pretty. And then I don't know 
God, I'm going to talk out of my ass on this one, but I'm pretty sure, or it'd be cool if they did, that it's kind of like, um, so I don't, we're going to go into the subject here later, but there's another game, Dragon's Dogma and Dragon's Dogma 2. Yeah. That utilizes a feature where, and it would be cool if they did this in Tekken 8, where my ghost data, like you could fight my ghost. You know what I mean? So like, like I can just go through my friends list. Yeah. And... Yeah. And it would be that ghost that I've been fucking fighting. So kind of like an amiibo. Similar. Yeah. 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 The whole amiibo thing. Yeah. Like but I don't Smash know. Brothers. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember the whole amiibo thing. You could level it up to 50 and it was, I weird. never used it cause I didn't never use any of the amiibos. Yeah. I remember, That's what um, supposed to be able to do. Yeah. I remember Cole had his animal crossing amiibo and like his villager was like a little fucking badass. Yeah. I and mean, you could use them to fight online too. Yeah, you could do that whole thing because uh, yeah, they'd and, I be think, like your partner, basically. I want to say that um, maybe maybe Chuck had one. They were both like training up their amiibos. Maybe they made them fight each other. I can't remember. That would have been interesting. But I mean, I'm sure. Like, I mean, dude, Namco helped work on Smash Brothers, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of this tech is probably comes from that. Well, I, I would say absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a good fucking distinct possibility. Why the fuck wouldn't it? Yeah. You know? But yeah, no, I'm excited as fuck about it. And I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Think about that concept of, like, was Seven, I don't know what it was. I mean, it could have been, like, developing the features, getting, like, I mean, think about, like, to build all the new assets at that resolute, of that, that quality. Because the last one we had was Six, and so now this is, like, a next-gen version dealing with all these new crazy high detail assets and developing all that. I, again, I can't speak to seven. It wasn't bad. People liked it. It just wasn't for some reason, didn't hype me as much as eight, but I think about eight and I think about like, this is a Namco that has worked directly with Nintendo Mm -hmm. on arguably the best smash brothers that they've ever made. You know, I'm going to say it's definitely leaps and bounds above brawl. I fucking hated brawl. I'd never wanted to play it again. Like, yeah, I played it a but handful learning, of times. Learning from Nintendo how to to balance build, shit, to build no to build software with true value, right? You know what I mean? Like Smash Brothers has always kind of been that. It wasn't until honestly, I mean, fuck, dude, the one on Wii U was kind of the one that that dropped the ball in that regard. I mean, they had a lot of stuff, but like, I mean, you could fucking spend forever. Like the original Smash Brothers, the cool thing about that is like you talk about the value proposition of getting Mortal Kombat One. And Mortal Kombat 1 has its story mode, and it has, like, the... Uh, I don't think it has the crypt thing anymore. That was a thing that they did in the last ones. But it's yeah. got something similar to that, where you're using the currency that you get from playing online or playing ar- arcade or beating the beating the arcade mode or playing the single-player campaign that you can use to buy new costumes, unlock late stages, concept art, mm-hmm. bullshit like that. That's the kind of progression that you can lock yourself into that loop. But with... um smash brothers the old smash brothers like there was so much to do in those games even though it was just like you know it's just like a multiplayer fighting game like back in the day with tekken you would like you'd beat you'd beat the game the arcade mode with the different characters to unlock more characters once you unlocked all of the characters it was about you know stages and then unlocking their endings right for like the tekken theater thing Mm -hmm. and that was it then you were done there you got to do different things. Like if you want to unlock, like for example, in Tekken three, if you wanted to unlock a Dr. B who was like the last character to unlock, you had to beat the Tekken force mode. You know what I mean? There's like a bunch of characters you had to unlock that way. And that's cool. Like that's what they used to do. They don't really do the unlock characters that way anymore. 
But my whole point point was is that that here's a Namco that's building a Tekken with hopefully the amount of value that like your Smash Brothers and stuff like that have, where it's like they're not just throwing in an arcade mode with multiplayer versus right and then like Tekken volleyball or whatever the fuck or Tekken bowling and then being like, There you go. There's your game, you get your endings on They're like, here's a story mode, here's an entire arcade story mode, and here's um Here's a, like, so yeah, here's a story mode. Here's another, like, you know, like a small arcade story mode. Here's the, the, all the online features, which obviously that's, you know, just a new concept in general. Yeah. They've got the Tekken ball mode thing. Um, there's something else I'm fucking missing. Top of my head. But yeah, they have the standard arcade mode as well. So it's just like having that value. It's like, it's, it's cool that they, they put that much into it. Cause like, again, I think of Smash Brothers. And, like, even, like, the new Smash Brothers, the World of Light thing, like, there's just so much to it. Like, I think that that, that's, we live in a world now where, like you said on one of our previous podcasts about paying $70 for a game. You know what I mean? Like, this attacking game is going to be $70. Right. Like, what am I paying $70 for? If it was just a fucking arcade mode and some versus mode... Like that would be fucked. Like that. Yeah, would be I, I can definitely agree with that for sure. But let's talk about the insomniac hacker situation, where 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 it says that more than one point three million files were out in the wild. Yeah, this is definitely a topic you have more knowledge about than I. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a lot of files. I don't know if it really is, but no, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of information that got leaked out that you know I wouldn't imagine that they wanted to be leaked out. Well, let's just go ahead and, and say here there was like personal staff information. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start from the beginning. signed by Marvel and Sony. Yeah, let's go from the beginning though. Okay, so yeah. what had happened was is that they got hacked and then these this hacker group made a statement saying, you know, we, we've we hacked. There was a ransomware thing. They're like, we want, I forget the amount of money that they wanted. It was a 50 Bitcoin, which 50 at the Bitcoin. time was around $2 million. Yeah, so they wanted about $2 million. Insomniac, I don't know if they actually responded or if they just, you know, just didn't respond and then they just let it what, it what it says here in the article is that Sony reportedly refused to meet the Okay, demands. so they 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 actually yeah. actively refused. Which makes sense, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like I've also heard stories of like a lot of these ransom ransomware attacks happen a lot more often than you realize. Oh, I'm sure. But they often typically kind of go, you know, behind closed doors and most of the time, a lot of the time the companies just pay mm -hmm. because you know it saves them a whole lot of grief and it's just like for them it's like two million dollars and they probably have insurance for it to be honest at this point well yeah then why wouldn't they just fucking just be like it. all right here's your fucking two million guys well that's the you know, a lot of people make that argument of like yeah they don't like it's like you don't want to publicly you know play into these things because it just incentivizes people to try it again in the future yeah, but if but, it's not public. But well, that's the thing, is this was. This was very much public. Like they're the like the ransomware group came out publicly with their whole thing. It wasn't yeah, was like Residia, I believe the name of the group was. Yeah, it's not like they contacted yeah. Insomniac or Sony behind the doors and be like, hey, we got this info, like pay us or we're gonna fucking release it to the public. They did that publicly. And I guess the point is is that like, you know, on Sony's side it probably was like a show of force, but the 
the employees whose information was leaked might right. argue that hey fuckers like well now they're probably having thank a, you that two million dollars was worth me having my shit on the dark web <laughs> right you, well now they probably to. also have to like pay those employees the information was released about, you know what maybe I'm saying? i don't know that's like pff, who the fuck knows with like arbitration and employment contracts and shit like you can't even like if there was some major ever since the fucking the sony hack that happened last time Right. You, it is, it is, you will, you cannot sue Sony for anything. Yeah. Cause I took those free games. No, it's not you. It's the terms of service that are written into the, cause they put ar- arbitration into the, all their shit. And arbitration is to say that you can't sue them in an open court. You have right. to take it to an arbitration court. And then they can like stipulate all the details of that within right. the terms of service. And so like they're aware of that now. So I promise you, if Sony got hacked tomorrow and your fucking everything got stolen, they, there's no legal recourse for them. We're sorry. Yeah. So I imagine when it comes to employment contracts and like losing people's information, they're probably, they probably protected themselves. Well, you, I had to guess unless it became a thing where it was very egregious, like language in the contract and that got taken to like the Supreme court and the Supreme court was like, yeah, you guys suck. And, right. You know, there's a big class action. Not even necessarily Supreme court, but it was ruled in a court. This contract is fucked up. This isn't legal. Well, a good enough lawyer. Yeah, well, you know, who has the better lawyers, right? The the developers working on these games that got their shit leaked or the fucking, <laughs> the people that can gamble with $2 million like it's nothing. Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. They're just like, you know what? Fuck them. I'm not going to give them the money. I don't like the way they talk to me. But yeah, so a bunch of people's information got leaked, which that's really sucks. And then pretty much all of Insomniac's business dealings until like, like 2029 or something. Oh no, 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 no. It's their, their release slate up to the end of 2033. It was 33. Yeah. 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 And I, I looked at that slate, like I looked at it and you know, there's some stuff on there. Yeah, apparently also listed was like fucking estimated development budgets. Yeah, for sure. And it also included a bootable build of Wolverine. Yeah. That was a, that was a, the, the build. Yeah. It's probably not like their latest build. No, not even close. Like I said, I saw a screenshot. I'm assuming it was from that build and it looked very, very early. Mm -hmm. But it was about what I expected from that game. I assume that they're much further along in that game than whatever that build was. But who the fuck knows? Right. But um, the thing that's interesting, because I have heard other publications talk about it and they got into the whole subject of like how, how damning was, you know, this leak you know, the different leaks that have happened in the past, like the, like, uh, like going back to the biggest leak that we've had recently was the, the Microsoft FTC leak. And that was Microsoft did that to themselves or somebody did somebody either at the FTC, but it was, I think that was proven that it was on Microsoft's end. Yeah. That they uploaded the documents without redacting all the information to their fucking website. Right. By the time they noticed it, it was too late. It was already out there. And it like, it detailed, like a lot of things and like so you could say like oh i don't know if it's necessarily a big deal but it it most definitely is a huge deal because these companies have competitors like and now their competitors know what they're up to you know what i mean like now they can look at like specifically maybe not necessarily somebody like insomnia because competing on like game software development is like yeah you have to worry about like ideas being stolen or whatever like if you had some great genius new idea for a game concept and that got or a mechanic or something yeah but like you know we're talking about like spider-man and wolverine and these kind of games you know what i mean like 
You can't be like, oh, Insomniac's making a new fucking Wolverine game. They already knew that. Well, Ratchet and Clank's in there too. Yeah, but I'm saying is like you can't be like, oh, Insomniac plans on making a Ratchet and Clank game after the Wolverine game. Let's beat him to the chase. You know what I mean? You can't do that. You can't make a Ratchet and Clank game. You know what I mean? Because they own it. It's not the same thing as being like, for example, using Microsoft as the example of them like saying like, this is what we plan on doing with our new console. This is when we plan on releasing it. Here's a picture of the motherfucker. This is what it's probably going to look like. And then now Sony's just got to look at it and be like, well, we know what to do now. And I mean, if that's if they want to believe it, if they want to believe it and not know, think it's because I mean, like Microsoft immediately came out and been like, yeah, some of this shit's old, you know, take it with a grain of salt, you know, especially when it came to like game releases, because there's a bunch of things that got announced. Like, what the new id game is going to be when the, like I said, the whole dishonored three thing that people are still like, people were wondering if dishonored yeah. three was going to pop up at the game awards because of that leak. Another big game. Like we talked about this during the game awards thing of what I wanted to see there. What I expected to see there was the oblivion remake because that was in those documents. No, that's fair. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, Oh, they're making a fucking oblivion remake. Like, hell yeah. Like that sounds cool as shit, but that didn't happen. But it's, there's a very good possibility that it is happening. I fucking hope it is. I hope those plans didn't change. I'll buy that shit. Buy that shit in a heartbeat. Actually, I won't buy that shit. I'll play it on Game Pass because right. I have Game Pass. I don't have to buy that right. shit. <laughs> like, but you know, my point. So, yeah. I um, It is very damaging for them. Like, it really is. It's very unfortunate. But, but on that whole front of like, yeah, it's it, the most unfortunate thing, I think, is the fact that people's people's information was personal information was right that really sucks i mean it's one thing to like hurt like a multi-billion dollar corporation you know Mm -hmm. that does suck especially if it's your team if your team playstation you know yeah like well that sucks i love playstation but yeah i'm on to this next topic here because i actually am pretty excited about this one not necessarily the topic but the game itself dragon's dogma 2 indeed so I'll let you start, like, what your history with the Dragon's Dogma series is. My history with the Dragon's Dogma series is not very vast, as you could imagine. I mean, it sounds like everything I say when I start off with, oh yeah, all these games that you've played that I haven't played. That's pretty much how this one goes, too. I am noticing a pattern. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I did start to play it. Dragon's Dogma. And I was playing on a plasma television which has very, very deep blacks. The deepest. The deepest blacks. And for whatever fucking reason, when it got dark outside, you couldn't see shit. So I couldn't play the game. And that's pretty much my experience with Dragon's Dogma. Cherie played it later. She really enjoyed it. Did she play the same version as you, or did she play the Dark Arisen? I don't know. Because they did like a... They did like a, a definitive edition, essentially. Essentially, yeah. It's like they added some sort of DLC. They changed some stuff. There were, I remember when that game first came out that it had some some issues, like nothing major, from my understanding, from what I remember. But I remember what I, I want to say. This was after Skyrim. I'm pretty sure it was after Skyrim when Dragon's Dogma. It may have very well been after Sky Skyrim, but I don't. I don't honestly. I don't remember a whole lot about the game outside of the fact that it got dark outside and you had like torches and shit that should have been illuminating stuff and they weren't really illuminating shit for me. So 
I mean, it's very likely that you were um, contending with an early bug in the game because. Um, Are you saying I'm not the only person that experienced this? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that the fact that you were using a torch and it still couldn't see shit because there are some games that it's like I was going to ask you if you thought it was like a an intentional thing. I thought it was intentional. Yeah. But you said like when you would light a torch, it was still dark. Yeah. It was still too dark to see. For me, yeah. And I feel like that wouldn't be it. Maybe I should have messed with the contrast settings or something. I don't know, but I felt like that was like, that's a tutorial they do it at the beginning of every game you start, where you like set the contrast settings in the gamma and all that. Yeah. And so I remember doing that, and it was like the way I was supposed to be playing it. Interesting. I mean, I like you said, I didn't know, like, I would assume likely you probably could have just turned the fucking brightness up but if it could have been if it was that pitch black because there's games like um like arc for example it's like one of those games like when you're playing that game and it turns nighttime if you don't have a fucking torch like you ain't seeing shit right like it's built that way intentionally and then that dragon's dogma could have very well been attempting to do this was before something arc. similar well this was before arc right and it was after skyrim and so that was one of the reasons that i didn't get is like Everything was coming off out of the shadow of Skyrim. You know, it was like, oh, you know, it's a good game, but it's not as good as Skyrim. All of those things, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of made me steer away from it. It had some issues at first. And then by the time the Dark Arisen version came out, which was like an improved version as far as content, bugs, and all of the the like, I think they added some stuff. Um, I just was already checked out. But it definitely grabbed my attention because... I don't know if you remember this part of it. It has the whole Shadow of the Colossus grab mechanic. Where, like, if you're fighting a griffin, you can, like, jump up, grab that bitch, and then just... Right, yeah, no, yeah. Out of it. And, like, you know, you have, like... It's more versatile right. than Shadow of the Colossus, because all you had was a sword in that game. Like, this is your, like, an RPG. Like, you can straight mm-hmm. whatever. But... Well, since we were just on the subject of the Insomniac hack, wasn't this part of, like, Dragon's Dogma 2, wasn't that part of the Capcom hack? Um, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so, so this was back in 2020 when Capcom suffered a devastating data breach and it revealed a number of unannounced games including Dragon's Dogma 2 and Street Fighter 6. Uh, international law enforcement finally apprehended the ransomware group responsible in October. Mm. So, Yeah, no, I'd, I'd missed that. Or unless I, I just forgot about it. But well, like, it was like was... four years ago now at this point almost. I was most excited to hear that they've been working on this game apparently since they released the first one. I didn't know that. It's a very ambitious game. It's the Capcom's first $70 game. Because everybody else has moved to the $70 price. Yeah. But Capcom hadn't yet. Which, I mean, they probably could have justified with Resident Evil 4 remake, but they didn't. Because, I mean, <clears throat> if you think about, like, you know, length, you know, that game yeah. is, like, twice or longer twice as much as long as a Resident Evil 2 remake and that was a full $60 but no it's very like it's intriguing to me like if you like watch that trailer I know you were saying that you watched it earlier but like they're definitely like turning it up a notch like it seems like they've very much polished it this is in the RE engine which is you know very pretty impressive engine like if you've seen any of the shit they've released lately like you're talking about the re engine that they've done started i think it started with resident evil 7 okay 
So every game that they make basically now is, but I mean, even, um, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch, mm-hmm. that's an RE engine game. You know, I'm not like super so, familiar with it. I know. I just meant as far as like how scalable it is, you know, because you look at that game and that game, you know, it's it's more impressive than like a PS2 game or something like that, but it definitely doesn't have the same kind of like art style or the general aesthetic of something like a Resident Evil or Devil May Cry 5. That mm-hmm. was also an RE engine game. Or even Dragon's Dogma. Yeah. More of like an artistic, colorful thing. But Dragon's Dogma is very much more of a realistic looking RPG. Right. It's not like Final Fantasy 16 or anything, but the fact that you can like, in that trailer, I don't know if the trailer that you watched um, was the one with the the, the Colossus. Uh, so basically what happened in this, it was like a gameplay video. It wasn't necessarily a trailer. Yeah. But they ran through like, six or or so of the you watched you watched the most recent i think it was ign yeah like a like a like a gameplay right yeah so like they get they got to play like, like 10 hours of the game or something like that and then they were showing you like the different encounters you were going to have with these beasts essentially and they were showing different classes and stuff like that as well but it looked it looked like a very very fucking cool concept i didn't like i said dragon's dogma is a game that i didn't necessarily play but i don't remember seeing anything like that in dragon's dogma like even even gameplay videos that came out around that time you know what i'm saying yeah did it did it show a lot of the the grappling shit i was talking about yeah it definitely showed a lot of that like where you could jump off of cliffs and like like land on land on them do like the whole like yeah like you grab like a bird and the bird would take off flying and then you jump off it and like you fight a cyclops, you climb up to his head, right. stab its eyeball and shit. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. It was very cool, and I feel like they've probably fleshed that out more, but a big part of Dragon's Dogma, this is a really unique part of it, and this is what I, we were talking about Death Stranding earlier, and this is why I was bringing up Dragon's Dogma. This is a feature that was in the original that I can only assume that they're fleshing out even more with two because they are they have the pawn system. I don't know if you remember or if you're familiar with any of that or even understand, even know what I'm talking about, the pawn system where you basically, you create like party members, essentially you'll create a pawn and then that pawn, you like develop its class and then it will run around with you and it will level up alongside you. But pawns can be used in other people's games. So if my pawn is on uploaded or whatever, I don't know if it does it automatically. I imagine in the new one it will be a lot more seamless even than the original because, I mean, this was a... They were doing this shit on the 360 and the PS3. Mm-hmm. But, like, so my pawn could go and, like, you could use my pawn in your party. And then you would, like... Not only will my pawn, like, level up or, like... Not only will you get the benefits and the, the... I guess you would say, like, the personality traits of the character build of the pawn. You know what I mean? Like, if I... Because your pawn will, like, replicate your behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you fight a certain way, your pawn will fight that way. And then that pawn and will, in turn, be in your game. And they'll be fighting similar to how I play the game. Right. But not only that, but whenever I bring my pawn back into my game and say it was in your game in an area, like, you were in a cave that I haven't explored. Yeah. And if my pawn is now in my party and he explored that cave with you. When I'm in that cave, my pawn will know shit about that cave and will tell me. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and it was like, the idea was, and I've heard people make this comparison, it's not an original comparison, that it almost seemed like that was like the original Strand game. 
the whole concept of yeah. the strand game of like people working together in that way. It's like, because you use my pawn in your game, I now have additional information about regions that I haven't explored yet because they know about it. Yeah. Like that's cool as shit. And I really hope they flesh that out in the sequel. I'm assuming that they will. The video that I'd watched seemed like they were kind of showing that, but they weren't talking about that's what was happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, there's very likely that like by watching multiple videos, you would have a better. Right. Cause it is, I mean, I, I remember reading a lot and watching a lot of reviews of Dragon's Dogma when it came out because I'm one of those people that like strongly considers buying this game. Like, and I know I thought about that game a lot, like, mm-hmm. but I just never pulled the trigger and bought it. And I probably watched, you know, dozen or more reviews or read a dozen or more reviews of that game trying to decide whether or not I wanted to drop the money to play it. And I never did. And I almost regret it. I have it on the Switch now. I keep thinking about going back and playing it. It is neat. Yeah. But it's an undertaking. It's like, do I want to go into this 80-hour RPG on my Switch? Like, especially when the sequel is, like, right around the corner and it looks way crazier. And it's set in a parallel universe. So it's like... You don't even have to have Exactly. It's one. totally setting it up as, like, basically this is a reboot. Yeah. Like, don't worry about the first one. Like, this is an alternate universe. Things are different, but the same kind of, you know, I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. Start this whole party over again. You know, RE engine graphics on a PS5, you know, all these new features. Hopefully, I mean, again, they've been working on this game since the original. So I imagine. And if you looked at that, like that, the video I was talking about with the Colossus, like that shit looks really impressive. Like, I was really impressed by the by the scale of everything and the way that the Colossus can like, like kind of push its way through these environments and just knock down bridges. And yeah. And it also seemed like it was like targeting specific party members too. If it like, I think if you go back to the 18 minutes, that's the one I watched, I think. Yeah. Did that have the, the Colossus thing that I was talking about? That one? Yeah. It had the Colossus in it for the sure. Big, the big ass Colossus, the huge yeah. Colossus. Thing. Yeah. But yeah, just like, Seeing like seeing what the original was like and like how it is fun to play because it is really fun. It's got like a frenetic kind of thing going with the the combat. It's a little loosey goosey, you know. You're kind of just like swinging at a motherfucker. But mm-hmm. like, this game looks like it's tightened it up considerably, and like the scale. Yeah, this this right. losses yeah. thing, and the way it can destroy buildings and shit like that. Like it seems like destructible environments. I don't know if that's all like a very scripted thing. Like, I don't know how many colossi that you run into throughout the game or whatever, but I know that running around fucking up goblins in the original, just kind of running around the open world, fucking up goblins was a good time. Yeah. Is that basically part of a grind? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it's very just straight up RPG. It's just imagine like an RPG with like a combat system developed by Capcom, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than like, you know, fucking Bethesda, which that was the shittiest part about it is it's like, man, if they had been able to nail like the storytelling aspects, like the Bethesda kind of gets right. And then have the combat of like a Capcom Capcom game. Like that would be the shit. So I really hope that they took the time to like flesh out the story better. Cause that's, that was the thing about the original dragon's dogma is that as like a game, like the loop, the gameplay loop, it was solid. It was fun. But you're not exactly being propelled through the game by the story. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's story beats that are interesting, but for the most part, it's it's very just generic, fucking grindy kind of loot or, uh, you know, 
fetch quests. Right. You know, you're just doing fetch quests to get more experience, to get more gear, to get to kill the next thing, which I hope that they, I like, I really hope that the story is fleshed out in a way. Cause I mean, I'm probably going to get this shit. Any, I mean, I don't know if it comes out and it gets like, let's say if it comes out and it gets like a seven, I might hold off. If Fair. it gets like an eight, I'll probably get it. What about seven and a half? How are you feeling about seven? I'm going to hold off. When, if it gets in below the eighties on Metacritic, I'm probably going to hold the fuck off because if it does do that, it's probably because of like issues that will be like patched in, later in the fucking darker risen two. Right. <laughs> now, now check this out. This was really cool. How they're using like the environment to their advantage. And yeah. Stuff so like what that. he's doing, he's throwing a barrel to make the rock, this dam explode to wash out this enemy. Yeah. Which that, that's the kind of cool shit that I, you know, I don't think that was a thing in the original, all this environmental stuff. And these are the things that I'm hoping that they've been, sorting out like as far as like building into this world and into these environments over the last fucking eight years or however long they've been working on this game apparently because this is something that they've just been working on in the background for a long ass time Mm -hmm. you know so i you know i don't want to get my hopes up you know it looks good though it looks really good i imagine it's going to be a good time i mean i love my ps5 like i love the snappiness of it i'm sure it's gonna have all those things because i even like playing certain open world games like it completely changes the pacing of games whenever you zip across the entire map in like eight seconds yeah that's fair enough and this is one thing in this whole gameplay thing that i was like i was looking at but i was like why is this fucking guy with this big ass ox why is he just like randomly just sitting there chilling like is that dude in your party what's going on here I have absolutely no idea. Um, the ox, no, the ox does not have a name. Yeah, I don't know why that dude's hanging out. They just like because the other dudes with health bars, those are your pawns, right? And I mean, some of those pawns might be one of those pawns is your pawn, and then the other two pawns are probably pawns that you recruited. So that could be like like that's dependent upon probably. Yeah, like the idea is their that, badge, maybe. What do you mean? Like as far as like identifying which is which. Well, they got the badges next. Yeah, to yeah, them. I don't. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I don't know. Yeah, obviously. But that might be their class actually. Now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's possible too. But I think the idea presumably is that like one of those pawns would be mine, one of those pawns would be yours, and like we're playing through the game separately because there's no there's no conventional co-op. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Like at least in the original, there wasn't. Like you couldn't just jump into my game. But because we're using each other's pawns, we're still like informing each other. Because my pawn is taking information into your game and vice versa. Right. Which I really, again, I really hope they flush it out because they, they actually talk. Like they actually talk. Yeah. They would literally be like, oh, I think there's a path up here ahead to the right or whatever. And there'd be like a path up there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's the shit they programmed into the game. I'm really hoping that they really flush that shit out because even like what we saw with the putting, using the bomb to blow a hole in the fucking dam to wash right. that thing. That could be a situation like that where you're like rolling up to a boss and you're like going to fight this dude in a certain way. And then your pawn is like, Hey, just so you know, there's a crack up here in this dam. If you want to like blow it up. Right. Be like, oh, give shit. You some kind of advantage. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just due to the fact that my pawn is in somebody else's game and I'm playing into that whole system. But obviously it's could also just be completely unnecessary. But, 
I know that these games do have a tendency to be fucking difficult. I know that's what I've heard is the Dragon Dogs Dragon Dragon's Dogma One is not an easy game. Mm-hmm. Which you know makes sense. Capcom's always kind of never really been afraid to throw on the difficulty. Right. I'm into it. But yeah. No, I'm really stoked about this game. It comes out in March. In March? Yeah, man. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about that. Fair enough. Yeah. And so I mean that's our that's our final topic. So I guess yeah. we can wrap this shit up. Well, let's wrap it up. Might as well. Well, I appreciate you joining me here on this festive, festive episode, speaking to the to the bunch of shit that we talked about here. I don't think of anything particular. This episode doesn't particularly have like a a major through line, and all of our episodes up to this point have had like a major point, right? You know, our first episode was our introduction. Our second episode being the GTA Six trailer third episode being the game awards so if you haven't seen these or listened to these episodes you know you can always yeah always go check probably those out. find those somewhere yeah. if you have you know another four or five hours of your life to waste listening to us ramble but you know <clears throat> we're here we're gonna keep doing it we're here for you and for our own enjoyment yeah but yeah and um we're gonna we're gonna do it again next week i hear absolutely I hear the word yeah. We'll have some new topics to discuss. Boy, howdy, will we have some new topics to we discuss. We will have new topics to discuss as the world re- comes back. I was just thinking about all the topics here. we could discuss. And there are a plethora. Yeah, no, we could keep going, but I don't want to. Absolutely not right now. I've been going for a considerable amount of time. I know you don't probably, well, I guess you probably are aware of that, depending on how. Just know that no matter the length of this episode that you're looking at right now, we recorded for longer. Oh, just, absolutely. Just know that no matter how long this thing ultimately ends up on the actual internet, uh, we were here a considerable amount longer than that. Anyways, it was a pleasure. I hope it was a pleasure for you. Oh, absolutely. For Thanks you, for Nate. having me. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you for episode five. Yes, five. We made it to five. Can you believe it? Well, we we might. We got to make it till next week, but we'll, we will. We will make it till next week. We will. I have faith. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.